Hey, you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble falling asleep. Well, welcome. I think I hope you're in. this is the right place for you. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here to put you to sleep. Uh, we do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights and press play. We're going to do the rest. And you might say, well, geez, what's that? Just for the first couple of times here and the first, you know, or I've come here for, you've explained the rest, but I still don't understand it. Or, you know, humor me, Scooter. This is when I like to fall asleep when you try to, okay, well, I'll try to explain the rest. But basically, I'm going to tell a story. I'm going to try to distract you from whatever's running through your brain, whatever your mind's racing about, whatever's got you tossing and turning. I'm going to try to distract you from that. I think that's, I think that's it, uh... I mean, there's a theory out there that you can only think of uh, two, you know, one thing at once. And I don't know, you know, they say multitasking is not good. I've proven, you know, they say paralysis by analysis. I say paralysis by multitalysis. Oh, no, wait, that was a podcast episode that I never made. Paralysis by italicis. Maybe that was poetry I wrote. You know, I, I was trying to write a uh, haiku. It was, uh, it was if, you, if you're sensitive, close your ears. But then I said, oh, well, how many paragraphs are in a haiku? It was about uh, condom rappers on the street. And I said, I think it's three things, but I don't know the paragraphs. But it said, another condom rapper. I, I guess I forgot to write it down. It's like another condom rapper on the street. Something witty, insert here. At least, the, you know, and then something related, you know, punchline related with, you know, twisting around there. So that's that was my haiku. It was about condom wrappers on the street. It's a, it a good thing, you know. But also when you say, geez, why, why can't, you know. And they said, well, I was in a hurt, you know. I, didn't, I couldn't believe my luck. And I say, oh, boy. So that, that uh. Where was it? I guess that I got distracted there by haikus. And my, if this is your first time here, you might say, good gracious, is it? And I said, well, it's labeled explicit. I said, condoms aren't really explicit. They're, you know, just, anyway, better move on from the condoms. Okay, I got that idea. But this is what we do here. Normally, we'll, we'll, we'll take less knee-jerk asides or meanders. But this podcast, I'll take some meanders. I'll take a lulling, soothing tone, even when I say condoms. I can say it in a, you know, more, or I can say it in a more condoms. We're going to be talking about condoms. And then, you know, and then I'll say, you know, Oshkosh, but gosh, is there a condom packet, pocket, a packet for a pocket? That could be, that's my next, that'll be, uh, so be, you, after Scooter burned out of the podcast, he started doing haikus as a busker. And this was that was his condom phase, which chased everyone. You know, they couldn't make it through the intro because he said, kept saying, condom, picket, packet, pocket, poke it. Oh, boy, that was in, unintentional. But yeah, I can say I'll try keeping a lulling, soothing tone. A little bit silly here, clearly, we're a little bit silly, a little bit off the beaten path. But all in good intention, even my uses of words like condom and condom. You say I try to keep it in a way that puts you at ease. Now, if you're clearly in the anti-condom camp, 
I would say, uh, well, geez, that's too bad, you know. And then he said, well, maybe I should stop talking about condoms. I already told myself twice to stop talking about it. For some reason, I can't. And but, but sometimes everyone's, a lot of people, not everyone, a lot of people's brains get like that at bedtime. You say, geez, what's with the condoms in my brain? You know, you say, well, geez, you didn't try to snort a condom, did you? And I say, well, once, and that was a bad idea. You know, didn't get very far, luckily. But you might say, well, what's with the talking about the condoms in my brain? Or about something else, because all of a sudden you lie down and you start thinking about stuff. And you're like, why would I start thinking about that? Why is it now? Why am I worrying about that? And you're like, well, I just want to get to sleep. Holy moly, I just want to get to sleep. And that's what I'm here for. I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to, like I said, lulling, soothing tones, pointless meanders. You know, I didn't even touch on what you use a condom for or STDs or anything, but, you know, with any useful information. Or how you say, well, I'm a haiku fan. And I was hoping you'd touch on haiku construction. Or you'd say, I, I'm an ignoramus like you, Scooter. I don't even know what a haiku is. I was hoping to learn about it. Well, yeah, I'm sure there's podcasts out there, you know, about, I know there's sex-positive podcasts. I know there's grammar podcasts, and I know there's poetry podcasts. This is like where we say, well, we'll, we'll you know, refer, we reference those things. But, in, you know, in a, in a point, in a point, in an indirect, nonsensical way, in order to distract you. I'm your boyfriend. I'm your chatty, you know, you say, well, geez, that guy's a, it's an interesting fellow. That's what a lot of people say about me. But I'm also safe and, and, and with good intention. They say, he comes over and he, he just starts talking. And Larry, Mary, and I, we all get in bed, you know, we're, we're, we, we lie down. And he's your boyfriend, and he just talks on and on about, you know, nonsense. But he, he, he doesn't even make himself at home. He, may, he makes us feel like we're at home because we are. But even when you say make some, you know, make yourself at home, it, it, he's, that's a little bit of an imposition. He's no imposition. It's almost like he's, he's, he's sublimated from a human into some gas, the most boring gas ever. You know, same density as air, maybe? I'm not sure, because I, I don't care. And I said, was that a haiku? Or was that a hybambic petameter, or I damn, whatever it is, petameter? But he, you know, he, he just, he just, he just chatters us to sleep. He's our boar friend. He's our boar bro, bro. He's our boar cuz. He's our boar sib. He comes over and then, you know, he's gone like a, a misty man of senselessness. But we're, we're asleep. We say, geez, is Scooter still here? And somebody says, well, I think I see a, a wisp. And then usually Jerry says, will a wisp? And then I say, well, that was just like something Scooter would say, hon. And then we all fall back asleep. And then we, in the morning, we say, was that, and then we say, well, that's our boyfriend. He's like a sublimation of, you know, you see, common sense sublimated. Welcome to the Sleep With Me podcast. I'm glad you're here, and I hope I help you fall asleep. All right, so we're talking uh, season season one, season uno, season solamente. 
or so you know the only season of metastasis it's also a fourth of july night when i'm recording this in uh, episode three and we're still you know i'm still figuring this out so this time i'm going to run through the metastasis episode twice because i watched it last night and then i get then i'll watch it again tonight uh, so let's run through what I got on my first no, no subtitles. This time I said gee, I didn't get a lot of words. You know, this time I didn't get a lot of words, but, you know, it's because I was paying attention to other stuff. So it starts out, you know, they're cleaning Jesse's house. They're saying, hey, let's let's make it, well, it says, hey, let's make this place look, you know, spick and span, buddy. And Jesse says, sure, sure, prof, sure, prof, prof, and there's really good music going it brought up an issue for me that I didn't, I don't know if I'll look into it or not, but it's like, uh, it's it's confusing buying a mop, I, I would say. And I don't know if anybody agrees with me on that. Like a pro- prop, proper mop, I'm saying. And you say, well, geez, you could go a couple issues with mops. This is being, we're off track already, but uh, most commonplace I would think to buy a I have my dogs walking around. Fireworks, you know. Uh, the most pro- pop- popular place is a supermarket. Worst, probably the worst place to buy a mop. But probably, probably a hardware store. Probably the best place. But then, if you buy a proper mop, you need a proper mop bucket, right? Because you gotta, you need to squish out, and you need a lot of leverage. You need something that can handle that amount. You need a good mop head. You're gonna have to. So you, you need space. And for a lot of us, space is at a premium. Also, proper mop bucket is heavy as hell. That's why janitor's closets have are equipped to deal with a proper mop bucket. A home, not really. And then a mop bucket, you got spillage. Now, I can say, as I, you know, have been a janitor, so I know what I'm. T- I know I know what I'm talking about. I probably mopped. One of my morning jobs was in the apartment buildings I worked in. Was cleaning. My first job when I got to work was to clean the two semi-public restrooms down in the lobby before the day started and help vacuum and mop the lobby area. Uh, But that was like, I think we started at 7 or something. So I know what I speak of, but in my personal life, I'm, you know, just like a lot of my mop, my mop life is a mess. But they were using proper mops. I said, geez, this, this Jose... This will say Miguel knows his mops, or Walt does, but it was just, you know, Jose's house, so. So just a little bit of a mop, but it wasn't a tirade. Mop, mop took, you know, hey, let's, let's, instead of, let's take a look down that mop, mop, mop lane. Hear what Scooter has to say about that. No solution offered by Scooter, I know. Well, yeah, get a bigger house. If you're building a house, say, hey, can you put a janitor closet style Sing in there, because I'm planning on doing some proper mopping. You know, not any of this weak-ass mopping. Or pushing, you know, geez, don't, this will become a type of just pushing the dirt around, you know, or getting the surface level of dirt. But let's not, you know, let's not go, we don't need to go down, you know, oh, well, did you want to drive down to the lower mop circle? No, we better not do that right now. Walt, once again, he's cleaning the house. He's got a proper dress shirt on. And I say, well, geez, well, his voice, 
I said, I think there was a voice over at some point. I said, man, Walt's voice sounded deeper, but maybe I made my volume. I was listening before the first two episodes, I listened on my TV speakers, but then I switched my speaker speakers. Tonight or next time, maybe I'll listen on headphones. Uh, then we're back at class. I don't remember this effect on the show, so I'm looking forward to it. I'm breaking back, but there's like this green flare, a little greenish bluish filter, lens flares. While Walt is teaching, this time his students look pretty engaged. They look like good students. Then we're back at the cleaning, and Jose Miguel is so sick of cleaning, he gets sick to his stomach. And then he really glares at Walt. He really gives him a look. Like, why are we cleaning my house right now? Don't we have better things to do? Why are you forcing me to clean? And I would say, well, you know, I'm being uh, obtuse about this. Walt just wants him to have a nice, clean house. And then we see some nice white shoes. And then Cielo's painting. Walter Jr.'s helping. And her sister-in-law is helping. Or her sister. Actually, it's her sister. And then Walt Jr.'s like, I think he's going out. He's like, and they're like, oh, a chica. Is it going to be a chica? And they put sister in root, root, root squiggly line. I don't know what that means. Uh, but she, she was there putting her two cents in about everything. And then after Walt Jr.'s gone, she's talking about the weed. I could tell that. Maria. And they say, dose trace may. I don't know what that means either. But she says, Walt Jr., and then she gets all mad. Maria, she must I think she's Walt Jr.'s godmother. And she's giving this, this stare slash glare. And Cielo says, hey, come down. He's a boy. He's a teen. This is kind of a throwback scene to another famous movie by Quentin Tarantino, where they're washing, washing each other. I mean, not with the hose. They're hosing each other down. So they say, hey, we cleaned. We don't want to get any cleaning products on your nice, clean house, Jose. And then Jesse goes up to his room. He pulls his stash out, his hidden stash, which was humongous. He said, man, that's a lot of math. And he, Jesse starts getting high. Now, meanwhile, this episode kind of is about, seems to be about Walton, the crazy eight's relationship, a lot of it. And then Jesse's kind of uh, say, geez, maybe Jesse's an addict is what we're starting to wonder. Or Jose Miguel in this case, I'm sorry. But Walt goes down the basement, Ace yelling at him. And then he says something, and I think he says, hey, I bet he's upstairs getting high, I can smell it. And Walt's like, what? And he says, yeah, why don't you go up there and check? And then Walt busts Jose smoking in the bathroom. Smoking in the jet, Jose Miguel's bathroom. He'll be smoking in his bathroom. But I wonder if it was a bluff by Crazy Eight or he could really smell it. Uh, but he's really yelling at Jose and that gets really slapstick. But with that Breaking Bad level of slapstick, that slapstick with a frown at the end or something, or you just go, hmm, that was slapstick, but, hmm, I'm feeling something. Because try, Walt tries to flush it, and then Jose grabs it, and, and then he throws it out the window, and then they race downstairs, but Walt gets into a coughing fit, and Jose grows, grabs his mess, jumps in his car, but Walt's not feeling so hot. And then Jose tries to drive off, and Walt's wrestling with him, and then he's yelling at Walt, and I think it seems like he almost used some shaming technique on Walt, like, 
you, this isn't, I don't know. We'll have to see the next time through. Or maybe because Walt didn't clean up his mess, you know, his job. But Walt looks a little ashamed. And then we have Maria. She's shopping. She's on the phone talking to her husband. He's at some kind of bus. A little bit of police throwing her weight around. And she's talking about worrying about Walt Jr. on pot. And and she's on her husband's case. He's like, hey, don't worry about it, it seems like. And he's trying to tell her to calm down, and she she tries the old saw. She says, me a more. And then he gets all, said, is he nonplussed now, Henry? I don't know. And I said, said, she tries to try. I don't know what that means. Oh, she tries to try shoes on with no socks. And the lady's like, this is a fancy boutique lady. And she's like, my feet are clean. Don't be getting up in my grill. And then the lady, the lady of the store has to step out and uh, Maria steals the shoes. And then we see this park. It's got graffiti. It's got prostitutes. It's got drugs. And it's got great music. And they say Lugar twice. I haven't been paying attention to my Spanish words. And then I, como tien me, no, no, seguro, seguro, tambien. But Henry's, like, showing Walt Jr. all this and talking to him. He's talking about the drug business, and I think he's talking about uh, whoever Nancy Reagan used to say. What is that called? You go down that road. I forget what it's Gateway Drugs, I think. Ultra Cosa. That means other house, I think. But then... uh, Walter's distracted by a process, and Henry's like, hey, let me call her over. He's like, Wendy, get over here. And then he kind of harasses her, kind of bullies her, I guess, about her teeth or makes fun of her. He says, hey, something about her teeth shows Walt Jr. her teeth. And then he says, okay, you know, I just made funny. Can you back me up about this? And then whatever she says, it contradicts Henry about whatever he was setting up about gateway drugs. Like she's like, I don't know what she said. And then I notice his glasses are entirely opaque, like almost like matte sunglasses. I said, I've never seen sunglasses like that except on like RoboCop. It's Henry's glasses. I don't know if you do yourself a favor and check them out. I said, how could he see outside of those things? It was like an optical illusion. I mean, they also looked like they were made from cheap plastic, but that was a cool effect. I said, where do you get those? And then we have Jose in his room. He's kind of freaking out. He looks like he's had too much mess. And then Wendy comes, he kind of sneaks her in the room, the same Wendy from the drug den. He's all messed up. Then we have Walt as a toilet. He's writing down like a pros and cons list or something. I said, what the heck? And then he calls Cielo, which I'm like, dude, are, what are you? I thought you were a scientist. And she, she's like, what? She goes, okay, what, what are you, what? And he's feeding her all these lies, clearly. She's not buying any of them. She's like, Walt, they have, we have caller ID, remember? And then she busts him, and he just keeps digging deeper. And then she's like, forget it. She hangs up on him. And then Crazy yells for Walter to come downstairs. Walt makes him another sandwich, cuts the crust off. And you say, okay, Walt's getting a little soft with this guy. And he coughs when he goes downstairs, and he passes out, drops the plate, drops the sandwich. some point, Crazy Eight stands up, and then Walt wakes up. I think he said, like, how long is he out? And then he says, no, I don't think he said, not very long. 
And then he cleans up, and a, and a crazy at the end makes a face. They say, what was that about? And then Walt's like, he says, I'll make another sandwich. And he says, hey, how about we drink some beers together? I got a six-pack here. And then the second sandwich, Crazy Eight really inspects it. and says, I don't even know if you poisoned this thing. It's in Muertos. And then they start talking about Crazy Eight's name and his birth name, I think. And then all of a sudden, Walt gets all serious and mad. And then he says, Walter. And then he makes him an offer. And then they go back. I don't know what they go back to. No, they go back and forth. And they start talking about music, I think, and then they get excited and they're bonding, kind of, and drinking beer. Walter gives them another beer, kind of waxing nostalgic, I think. And then it says, does anyone know, I put, and then why, Crazy Eight says. Uh, but then something about that makes Walt walk, walk off, and then Crazy Eight looks very confident, I put here. And then Walt grabs the keys like he's decided something, and then he crushes a beer can. And then he thinks again, he pauses, and then he realizes a piece of the plate is missing, the broken plate that he had thrown in the garbage. And then Walt is mad. He goes down. He shows crazy at the key. He goes, hey, I'm going to let you go now, buddy. And pregunta, that's another word that gets said. And then he says, hey, turn around. Let me scratch your back, too. Walt says, or something, I don't know. And then Crazy Eight's like, you know what, I'm going to take this plate, I'm going to escape. And Walt says, I'd rather you don't escape. Why don't we dance around this pole, do a little pole. Like, kind of play whatever that game is with the ball. And then Walt wins, he says, you know, Crazy Eight, you, you, you didn't win, so I'll stay here. Then there's a shitty shot, and it goes from p.m. to a.m. Jose Miguel wakes up in bed with Wendy. He's all itchy, like a bad kick you can't reach. Uh, I put Maria, though, but I think it was Wendy. Another great music scene. Say that. I said, was he tweaking or was it something else or was it just a funny itch? Then he rolls out of there. He, he tries to sneak back home, but he meets a neighbor who's really nice, an older woman. And she almost pinches his cheeks. She likes Jose Miguel so much. And then he looks downstairs, he's like, Walt, where are you? And there's no Walter, no Crazy Eight. And they say, yeah, we're playing tetherball somewhere. He sees his bike lock on a shelf. And then we're back at school, same lens flare. Same lens flare, same strange filters. More flirting going on. And then Walt's sick, you guys, oh no, somebody rolls in, a teacher, she says, Walter's sick, you guys watch this movie. Then we go shot on Walt on the side of the road, he's thinking. And then we flash back to him teaching, okay, I was wrong there, the the last scene there was no filter, then there's a color filter with the lens flare. Solo-esque, it said, and then he's in the car thinking... Then we're out in the desert. Henry and his partner find Crazy Eight's car. And they're searching the truck, and Henry's showing him that he's like the Mr. Policeman. And he's like, methamphetamina or something. And they show, they talk about the gas mask. And then Henry finds the meth stash in his car. He says, see, I know everything. And then Walt sneaks home. He sneaks up on Seattle, he tells her something, 
I don't know, maybe sneaks in the house, maybe she's trying to sneak up on her. She's like sad, staring out the window. And I think that was the end of the episode. I'm not, I think. So we'll run through it again with uh, the subtitle. So I'll be back after I watch it again, all right? How's that sound? But I'll be back in an instant to you. All right? All right, hey, everybody. This is, uh, be brief. This is run through number two of, uh, this is run through number two of metastasis. Let's see. My notes are now. These are this is a red pen. You know, red pen run through. Red pen run through. Uh, so this is where we'll extract some of our language learning from. But I don't know if I put any scene. You know, but let's see. We got no hero. I think this says music. Then there's the letter G. I think you can make this really boring. So if you you know, geez, just try to breathe. And listen to me, then I'll make sure this is extra boring for all you that need sleep. And then you could note this time and, and go back to it, okay? And I'm going to work on making the metastasis, you know, ultra boring. So, you know, but language, you know, learn by being bored. Uh, letter G, randomly, day low, say gunt. Saying, well, it's not Dalo Sagun. I left my wallet in El Segundo. Hierro, Sadio, uh, Tranquilos. We know what that means. I can't remember what it means, but we should know. Que paso aji, yo intente. And this is all during when they're cleaning and then. Uh, when when Walter Juncielo's talking to uh, her sister. Oh, we have Walt teaching. I think he's saying, what are people made of? And he's talking about the cosmic elements. El Cupro Humano. Humano. Uh, what, what makes up a person? I think that's what that means. Odio estos zapatos. Marie's talking about her shoes. Ayudan. Sostan, palabra, todo eso ayundo. They think that's a like a listening where it has to do with listening. Uh, and then she, Cielo asks uh, Marie, if, Maria, yeah, did you smoke weed at school? She, I think she says two or three times. Sn serio, I think that would mean you know, I'm serious. Cato claro. In Claro, Claro, okay, see, it's clear. Something. Para Aka, my genio. Uh, important note, so we're back, we're at the tub washing scene when Jesse and Walter are washing each other. And there's a giant old fashioned radio outside, probably so it didn't get, you know, during their big spring cleaning. Well, autumn cleaning, I believe, but uh, they didn't get the radio wet. That is a smart move. But it was one of those big old-fashioned radios you see sometimes. Maybe some of you may have had it in your home. I don't know. And uh, say, well, I don't have room for those. Or they say, uh, maybe Grant could bust out some extra raspberry pies. And uh, I say, Jesus, that's probably not a good investment, Grant. Uh, you know, to put raspberry pies in an old-fashioned radio. Radio Bot 2000, Radio Bot 3000, we'd have to name it now. Ustede Isabe, Mirame, I think that means listen to me. Hase Anadee, Siento Mucho, Cosa Suya, Sapo, uh, No Se Curta, 
Cayate, Q-U-I-T-E, but maybe that's Cayase, Sagrado. That's a word I've heard a few times, and I said, well, it'd be nice to know what that means. Like Palabras. Uh, con nombre propio, what's your proper name, I think that is. Maldito. Venga. Bajase. B-A-J-E-S-E, maybe. Sagrado again. So we probably should learn that. Uh, donde que tiene. Entonces, no claro que peña. Asunto contigo. Que lo hago el. Haber. Uh, something dio. Te quiero amor. You know, something I, I want to, something I love you, baby. Uh, let's see. She, Maria wants. Oh, some test for pot, an addiction to pot, maybe? And, and Henry's like, what? Okay. Uh, Ponair, Bale, V-A-L-E, or Vale. Reminds me of Welcome to Night Vale, great, great podcast. Uh, no servio, you know, I'm not going to serve you or something. Uh, music. Oh, there was so the park graffiti scene. Uh, the first time through, I said, what is that music from? And I said, what? I said, K is that music from? I think it reminded me of the show, the comedian David Tell, who I find very likable and humorous. And I wonder if he, he probably should have a podcast. I haven't heard i got to Google him. But he had this show called Insomniacs, you know, ironically enough. I think that was the music from Insomniacs. And I used to love watching that show and probably drinking or watching it after I drank while I was still drinking. Uh, I loved watching it, and Dave would drink on the show. And I just loved it. I really liked I thought it was a well-produced, great show. I think he was great on it. I just liked it. I said, I don't know how long it was over. I used to look forward to watching that show, though. But I couldn't do that show because I can't, you know... Uh, do that kind of fun anymore. Ugar, right, that's another word, L-L-U-G-A-R. That gets said a lot, I don't know. Seguro, K-P-A-S-A, Pienza, Lugar, Pero No Mas, Ponja, or Ponga. And it seemed like I was trying to figure out what Walter Jr. and Henry were talking about in the car. And I think it's something like, I like my house. And then Henry's like, well, it's your father's house. And then he's like, well, I thought we were getting burgers, dude. Chistoso. Uh, suena distinto. Espere. Me dice todo eso. Venga, conozca. Pero ya. Hagale martalo. De arlo vivo. No soy una sencio. Uh, matar es malo. Oh, this is uh, Walt's uh, pros and cons list. No pot- potra vivir uh, con la copa. Uh, donde estas? Sierra Sambien. This is the other part of the list. Se lo dijo. Libre matria. Uh, my family. Uh, Alo, Tan Raro. Imagine if it's a radio station, somebody accidentally tuned into this. Uh, Tango Hombre, I think that means I'm hungry. Yo Pense, Tranquilo again. Obo, Abvia. 
Dicho Siempre Domingo, that's uh, Crazy Eight's real name. Pute que no si, esta bien tengo, desemayando, le voy a hacer, pero haga, uh, como humano, pregunta, that's another common word, I don't know what it means. Uh, but, you know, by, someday I will, hopefully, and then I'll be like, oh, they said pregunta, and I said, well, I know that, and doesn't, you know, it means pray, it's a, pregnant with meaning, because I don't know what it means, and one day it'll be born in my brain. Uh, La razón de Cirilo, A-Y-U-L-E-S-E, probably not the correct writing, A-U-L-E-S-E, La Vueltas, Peñuelo. Claro, porque es famosa. Nade, nadie, sabe, uh, que es lo correcto. Plateos, uh, no puede ser, like it said twice. Sensato, que borion, uh, tomato, furioso, my sounds like mad. Por que le al pregunta, so there you go, pregunta again. Uh, yo también pensado, perdón, I think that it says twice, hagale again. Yave, la pecan, suerte, merd, mierda, disfruten. I like how that word looks. Te asute, fre, freca, buenas, oh freca. Uh, muchachos, I think that means buddies or friends. Uh, El Alma, que hobo or que hubo, uh, que pienso, uh, usted lo hake, con sensibilidad, with sensibility maybe? I think, is that an S? I don't know if that means I got said five times. Or that's a G I dropped out of a word. Uh, Paradonde. Jodidos. I wonder if that's a real word or it just wrote that J-O-D-I-D-O-S. Jodidos. I like that. It sounds really good. If you're awake with me, Jodidos. Jodidos. Muyes mueste. Tenemos can hablar. We need to talk. I think that's what that means. To, that's what uh, Walt's saying to CLO. Right, we're doing a Breaking Bad run through now, a Breaking Bad show. And the same things happen. They're cleaning the floor, but there's like this see-through floor effect on the Breaking Bad that wasn't on Metastasis. At some point, Walter's eyes are staring off into space, and then it cuts to an office instead of a classroom. It still gets some interesting filters, but Walter's much younger. He's at a chalkboard, much more alive, I would say, Not, not just physically. And not only does he seem physically younger, but he seems lighter. And you see, man, the second time watching this show, this show is fucking great is what I, I mean. Holy crap. Oh, wait, I'm going to try to make this wicked boring. I'm sorry. Uh, so I'll try not to get excited, but I'm like, man, what a wonderful, uh, you know, opportunity to rewatch this and then be able to contrast it. Uh, but he's at the chalkboard. He's writing these percentages of the, the elements in the human body. He's with a woman. And then she says, trace elements. Well, that's where the magic happens. 
And then he says, well, it's 0.25%. We can't figure it out. But Walt's happy. He's so happy. He's like tossing the chalk and catching it with, the, you know, when people catch the chalk that are happy, they kind of catch it like in the air where they move it. They like snap their arm. And you say, that is one hell of a chalk catcher. You know, you can tell they're in a good mood or, they, you know, they hate chalk would be the other thing. Uh, but while, again, these themes come up, at least in this early, you see, well, it says one 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 nine five eight percent shy. Something's missing. There's got to be more than a human being than that, than just as writing on a chalkboard. And then we have, we have this scene where they're painting a bedroom, and Marie hates her nurse shoes, but she likes the support. Walter Jr. gets a call. Find out Skylar hates it when Walter Jr. says the word yo. And she's a little smart, smarmy. And then Skylar tries to, you know, you don't play, play dumb with your siblings, Skylar. You know, they, they know you. But she tries to be, she says, hey, Marie, I'm working on this short story with a pot smoker. Did you smoke a lot of weed? And, you know, Marie's, Marie's like, yeah, it made me more serious. I thought that was hilarious. And then Skylar's like, oh, I thought it just made you lightheaded. And then we have the dual queening scene with Walter and uh, uh, Jesse in this case, but they have uh, they have kiddie pools, which was cute, very funny. Jesse goes to get his uh, his uh, stash of drugs. It's also a big bag. And Walter's downstairs cleaning up. Him and Aid are both quiet. And then Crazy talks. He's like, Walter, I know a lot about you. I feel like I've read your profile with the way Jesse talks about you so much. And he's Walter says, well, how did you, Jesse? And he's like, Jesse has such a wonderfully big mouth. And Walter says, oh, yes, he does. And he says, Walter, you know, I, I want to drop some Richard Bowles on you and say this. I don't think this line of work suits you. I think your parachute is of a different color. And then Walt says, well, you know, I just, I mean, and he says, well, you got your problems upstairs, Walt. And then Walt breaks in the bathroom, Jesse's smoking. And he says, get off the toilet, and Jesse won't get off the toilet. And then there's a little comical fight, different comedy, but very funny, with Jesse on the toilet trying to kick Walter away. And then, you know, same, similar scene, but then they have an argument where Jesse's yelling at Walt at the car. And the acting by Aaron Paul there was pretty epic. It was it was good. And he says, a coin flip is sacred, Walt. He says, a Scooter says, I wish I remember we cast by a lot in Spanish. And then we have the Marie shoplifting, trying on shoes without socks scene. Very inconsiderate, Marie. I don't care how clean your feet are. It's a social compact. It's not about how clean your feet are. But she says to Hank on the phone, hey, Walt Jr. respects you. And then he says, hey, baby, where's my sugar? And then Walt Jr. and Hank are at the motel. It's the Crossroads Motel. I thought that was a nice little touch. And Walt Jr. says, hey, do you think you'd want to live here? Hank says that to Walt Jr. Instead of burgers, I don't know if this was product placement. I don't even know if this company's still in business or not. The ice cream a little bit too much for me, I'll be honest. Coldstone Creamery, he says, I, Walter Jr. says, I thought we were going to Coldstone Creamery. I like their ice cream, but i just never been able to finish it. I don't know, maybe I need a kitty size. And then Hank harasses Wendy. And then Hank, you notice a little bit of an undercurrent. He's a little bit, uh, he is a, a little bit of a, you know, 
We have trouble accepting Walter Jr. for who he is, and he tries to cover it up with a bunch of lies and prop up Walter Jr. And then we have Walter Sr. doing his pros and cons list. He has a pretty long list of pros and only one con. He calls Skylar, tries to lie to her. She's like, I already talked to Bogdan. You know, I know you're lying. Don't come back here. And then we have the same sandwich scene where Walt passes out. The floor was more dusty in this. I noticed the dust on the floor more. Because Walter's covered in dust later and he's face down in dust. And then they drink the beers and they talk about his name, Domingo. And Walt tells him to sell, you know, say, hey, do you want to go You want to go live on a special farm, Domingo? Crazy, sell me on it. I'll bring you to a wonderful farm with wonderful farmers. And he says, where he, you know, and then Crazy tries different tactics. But he says, you know, I'm ABQ, born and bred, Albuquerque baby. And they talk about uh, he was going to be in music. He studied business. His dad said, don't get into music. His dad's got a furniture store. It's a nice little, they they sing the jingle together. And then, well, emotionally good stuff here. Walt's like, I think we bought Walter Jr.'s crib there. First he says bassinet. And then Domingo says, oh, no, bassinet's a specialty item. We sell the cribs. And then Walter, like, maybe I met your dad. And then he's like, well, maybe I rang up your order. How about this? You know, let's uh, double Stockholm syndrome here. Let's both go live on a farm together. And he says, I'll even write you a check, Walt. You know, and Anna, I owe you. I owe you love for, for, for you know, you know, taking me to this lovely farm. And Walt says, you got it, buddy. And he says, let me go get that key and we'll head out to the farm, you and I. And he goes, a literal farm, not a figurative one yet. And I noticed Jesse's kitchen is way dirtier than Jose Miguel's. Jose Miguel's a little bit more of a clean, neat, neat freak. And then Walt uh, finds the plate situation. He says, hey, crazy, let's, let's go to a proverbial farm instead of a literal one. You know, hop in, let's get in the car and go. And then Hank's at, by, out at the, at the meth site where they met up with uh, from episode one and two. And Hank's talking about lowriders. He doesn't like lowriders. He says, this is a culture in decline. And he's in there, and he says, it smells like a Drakkar. He says, Drakkar, Drakkar Noir factory in here. And then he's searching the car, and his partner's like, you're never, he said, I'm Rain Man counting my toothpicks. And then we go back to the scene, Walt staring into space, and then he's talking to this woman in the flashback scene, the young Walt. And she says, what about the soul, Walt? And then you say, Jesus, this is some sort of ethereal uh, place they're in. And he says the soul, and then he puts his hands on the arms of his chair. He leans in like he's going in for a kiss. And he says, there's nothing but chemistry here. And I say, what does the scientist say when he's trying to pick up the clergy member? That Something like that. But then Walt goes home to Skyler and says, we need to talk. And I said, wow, what a beautiful piece of art this show is in Spanish and English. And again, I don't know if it's my, if I'm glossing it because I don't speak Spanish when, or because I'm a fanboy, but I'm really enjoying the acting in, in Metastasis and being reminded of the wonderful acting in Breaking Bad. And I bet you Metastasis did it for a much lower budget. So, uh, but yeah, all right, let's move on.
right, let's roll through the uh, thank yous here. No Kiero. Yeah, we're, let's do the uh, language learning portion of the show. Uh, this week, no Kiero, I do not want. Uh, day low, uh, than. Uh, El Cupraro, Humano, it didn't come up because my spelling looks terrible. But I think it means corporal body or, you know, human body. This might be phrase of the week, Odio. Estos zapatos, and we know what zapatos mean, shoes, but uh, I hate these shoes, Odio, estos zapatos. Uh, but this one, we say, Jesus, if you hate shoes, how does it make you feel? Malhenio, bad mood, Malhenio. Mirame, watch me. Siento mucho, sorry, I think that means very sorry. Sapo, S-A-P-O, frog. Did someone use that for real this episode, or did I just mistake that? Sapo, frog. Uh, Cosa suyas, his stuff. Quite, remove. Sagrado, sacred. Here's one I definitely spelled wrong. Hirio sodio, so iron gave. Uh, tranquilos, that means chilled out, I think, but it, it didn't translate. Uh, here's another one, um, probably miswritten by me. Que paso ahí? I spent there. Ayudan, did not translate. Sosten, did not translate. Ayando, todo eso ayando, all that ayando. Es en serio, are you serious? Uh, Cato Claro, understood, my, you know, understood. I, I like that, understood. Usted y sabe, that's wrong. It says you and knows. Con nombre, nombre propio, 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 with own name. I think it means with proper name, formal name. Uh, maldito, that means damn, maldito. Maldito, uh, my ability to translate. Benga, come. Bayase, get off. I wonder if that's a dirty kind of bayase. Que lo hago el, I do the. Ktna, what's wrong with it? That can't be right. No claro, unclear. Yeah, some of this is unclear for sure. Well, here's one that might apply to the podcast. Que peña, peña, shame, uh, asunto, business, contigo, with you, a bear, let's see. Uh, te quiero, amor, I love love, that's what that says. I think it just means, where's my where's my sugar baby? That's what uh, Hank was saying. Uh, Ponair place, vale, that means okay, V-A-L-E. Seguro insurance. Oh boy, this translation. Capienza lugar. Thinking lug, that's what it translated into. Uh, Piero nomas, but not more. Chesisto, chesisto. Funny, real funny, scooter. Espere, wait. Uh, me dice todo eso. Tells me all that. Venga. 
conozca, come to know. Pero ya, but since. Otra cosa, another thing. Otra cosa, another thing. Ponga, put. So ponga and poner, they must be the same word. Uh, Sierra, closing. Sabian, new. Tan raro, so rare. Uh, Donde estas, where are you? Uh, De arlo vivo, let live. Live and let live. Uh, uh, la culpa, the blame. Tengo hambre, I'm hungry. Yo pensé tranquilo, I thought quiet. Obvia, obvia, oh, obvious. Dicho siempre, always said. Puede que no, I could not. Claro, we're learning that one this week, clear. Uh, porque es famosa, that is famous. Uh, nadie sabe, nobody knows. Uh, que es lo correcto? Nothing in here is que es lo Is it right? No. That would be the answer to my, most of this. Oh, I lost my... Oh, no. Huh. Oh, pregunta, that comes up like question. Pregunta, question. Uh, sensato, sensible. Are you being sensato? Question, uh, pregunta. Uh, are you KS, Sensato? Ask the BN, your translation. It's okay, don't bother translating. Oh, he, okay, wait, This. I think this is it. This might be the phrase of the week. And you might say, well, I hate, I hate these shoes. It was the phrase of the week. Well, what about this one? Well, I don't know if I can say it, so maybe it won't be phrase of the week. Desmayado la voy a hacer. I'm going to faint. Desmayado la voy a hacer. Uh, pero haga, but do. Como humano es human. Pregunta, question. That's the word of the week, because we want to learn something. And pregunta, word I hopefully remember next week. Pregunta. Uh, la, la razón de cereal, 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 de C-I-R-L-O. La razón is the reason, wow, to stay de cereal. Uh, le buetas paniello, the scarf around. Uh, platalos, I think that means like, I don't know, tomato, taken, furioso, furious. Yo también, I also... Perdón, forgiveness. Mierda, we know what that means. Uh, disfrutin, that's another important one, I think. Enjoy, I've seen that before, disfrutin. Uh, Paradonde, where to? Oh, here's it, this might be word of the week. Joditos, screwed. Joditos, were screwed. Morestre, shows. Suerte, luck. Buenas, good, muchachos, boys. Uh, el alma que hubo, the soul that there was. I think that was like U2's 30th album. El alma que hubo, the soul that there was. Que pienso, I think, mieres, mueres, shows. 
Usted lo hace, it does you. Con sensibilidad, but that didn't, that didn't translate. Okay, so last school didn't translate, but I guess, uh, biase, get off, that's pretty good. But I think, uh, uh, odio estos sopatos is the phrase of the week. I hate these shoes. Odio estos sopatos. And preguntas, the word of the week uh, question. Uh, so it ends this week's episode. I hope you fell asleep. This was, uh, you know, it was a short week just because I had a rough week. But I'll just read these words to put you to sleep real quick. Let's go. No quiero de lo cubro humano odio estos zapatos palabra. Mahenio para acá, mirame. Haciendain, sento mucho, sapos, cosas suyas. No se curta, quiete. Sagrado, hiero del sodio, tranquilos. Que paso ahí, ayuden, sosten, todo eso, ayando. Es en serio, quiero claro, ustedes sabe. Con nombre propio, maldito, venga, váyase. Que lo hago él, que tiene entonces, no claro, que peña, asunto contigo, a ver. Que, te, que tiero amor, poner, vale, seguro, que piensa lugar, pero no más, citos. Suena destino, espéreme, dice todo eso, venga, conozca, pero ya. Otra cosa ponga, si eres bien, si lo dijo, a lo tan raro donde está, a gale del oro vivo. No soy un esencio, no... Le culpa tengo hambre, yo piense tranquilo, obvia. Dicho siempre, puede que no, claro, porque es famosa, nadie sabe. Que es lo correcto, no puede ser, pregunta, sensado está bien. Desamado la voy a hacer, pero haga. Como humano pregunta la razón de decirlo. Ayúdese la bolsa españolo, platelos tomado furiosa. Perque a pregunta que porión yo también, pensado perdón, ya ve la pecón mierda. Disfruten para donde yo niño jodidos. Mierste, agale, suerte, te, a suerte a fresca. Buenas muchachas, al alma que hubo, que pienso mi este, usted lo hace, con sensibilidad, te somos con hablar, hablar. Buenas noches, buenas noches. Uh, what else we, I want to thank Matt for the email, Susie for the email, Hyacinth for the email, for the lovely email. Susie for the email, Christine for the email, Audrey for the email. Audrey, wanted me to put a warning out there to everybody. SoundCloud 
If you're playing it on the website through the SoundCloud player or even on SoundCloud's website, uh, make sure I'm trying to work on a way that'll just go to a playlist of just Sleep With Me episodes because poor Audrey was listening. And then after the episode ended, it started playing the John Syracuse Toaster Jam. And, you know, while I love that song, it's not good for falling asleep to it. I want to thank Aaron and Brandon for their emails. Comment on the website, Miriam. Thank you. Alley Cat. Thank you. Laurel. Thank you. Uh, Pat Green's got a new book out, his book, Night Moves. I'm going to start reading it, but uh, just uh, Google Night Moves Pat Green or Patrick Green. Pat Al Green, Patty O Green, no, probably just Pat Pat Green, but Night Moves. It's a you, you know it's a, a, a pretty you know story of survival and redemption, and uh, you you should check it out. I'm gonna read. I'm looking forward to it. Man, Pat's always been a wonderful supporter of the podcast. So if you go out and buy his book, please. Uh, over on Twitter, I want to thank some people I heard from Holy Custard. The first time I heard from Holy Custard. Oh, well, why not? Evan F., Nathan J., and then all our old friends, Emily Libby, Eli Babs, uh, Sandy D., Graham out there recommending the podcast. And then on Facebook, Chevy. Now that I know what Chevy sounds like, it's even more fun. Uh, he, after I heard Chevy's lovely voice... And all the nice things Chevy said. Now it's like putting a name, uh, a voice to a name is like, oh, I love it. And then hopefully Libby's going to, you know, teach my brother uh, how to follow through on practicing the uh, ukulele by example, Ted. So, you know, shouldn't be shaming my brother, though. Also want to thank Dave H., Valerie Fay on uh, Facebook, and then over on iTunes, I want to thank Slacker Shock. I want to thank Slacker Shock for their iTunes review, six out of five stars. Every time I think the episode isn't going to work, I realize I've been asleep for hours. This podcast is like time travel magic. Thank you so much, Slacker Shock. I wish I could travel forward and backwards in time to thank you. And, like, do, uh, what do you call it when it was that harmony? Wouldn't that be cool if I could harmonize with my past and future selves to say thank you to Slacker Shack? But watch this, Slacker Shack. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That, well, I guess now that was all past. But at one point when I was in the middle, thank you, I had thanked you in the past and the future, because I knew I was going to say it three times. So go ahead and think about that thought experiment. Go ahead and think about that thought experiment. Go ahead and think about that thought experiment. Mind is, 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 my mind's not blown. My mind is slightly inflated or deflated. I think I just lost four intelligence points listening to Scooter. And saying, yeah, I do a little, you know, I'm working on my thought experiment comedy tour. I'm working on, (laughs) no, I won't do it anymore. Thank you guys for the support of planes flying overhead. And that is a sign to me to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your support.
Let's get on the show. Hey, you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble falling asleep. Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here to put you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What? What is the rest? This is your first time here. You found this podcast, but this is a podcast to help you fall asleep. What I'm going to do is I'm going to create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's running through your brain, whatever's got you up worrying or thinking or scratching or itching or listing or planning or budgeting, projecting, any of the levels of projecting, you know, even... Even if you're into, like, astral projection, which I'm not exactly sure what astral projection is. Yeah, probably not the best thing. You probably shouldn't start astral projecting, yeah, you know, at bedtime. You know, let's just say you're the kind of person that commute, like, you astral project into, uh, uh what do you call that? Uh, uh, what's a group of dolphins called? I don't know, but I always see, usually I see astral projection and super, you know, not that dolphins aren't highly intelligent, but, uh, you know, super intelligent dolphins, probably at bedtime, you know, don't commune astrally, projection-wise, with, you know, a herd of, I said, geez, well, is it a pod of dolphins? I'm pretty sure it's a pod of, uh, what are those shamus called, uh, sea... Whales, not sea whales. What are those called? Oracle whales, but they got a proper name. You know, phylum. Uh, but, you know, I don't know. Of course, I don't even know. I don't even know their common name other than Orca whale. That's their um, ignoramus name. Shamu, no. Shamu would be the American namus name. I don't know if it's a pod of dolphins. Probably... But, you know, here's a pro-am tip. Don't, you know, bedtime, no astral projection. Because it really the only place you should be astrally projecting yourself is deeper into your, your pillowy softness or your comforting firmness of your bed, your pillows, your comforter. But I'm going to do the rest. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell a, a story talk, go on meanders, discuss in in the most uh, lulling, soothing voice I can possibly manage. And the main thing I'm going to do is try to distract you. Instead of thinking about whatever's running through your brain, you know, the 50 grand you dropped on the, uh, you know, professional astral projection you know, become a professional astral projection instructor. You know, build your build your dreams of uh, independence. You know, that course did not work out for me. I said, well, geez, maybe I should get astral projecting down. Before I take a course on how to sell a course on astral projection, probably should get the astral projection part down. Uh, but these are the senseless things that come into your brain at bedtime. You say, "Well, I, you know, well, here's here's what I'm gonna do. I'm not gonna. There's not a course. Uh, there's no method, and there's no instruction. You just listen to me. I'm gonna talk, 
And I'm going to go out, you know, I'm going to say, what you, I'm going to discuss things like I just said, well, she's a dolphins, highly intelligent dolphins. If this were the actual episode, well, what do you know? What do you think? Who, who's smarter, bottlenose dolphin or one of those Amazonian river dolphins? Who do you think would win? You know, chess. You know, you see, who, 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 who's going to win? A porpoise? Is a porpoise a form of dolphin? And if I put it up against a, uh, you know, snub-nosed dolphin, and someone will say, I'm here from the Oceanographic Institute. There's no such thing as those things. Please stop talking about dolphins. They'd say, we, we, we have a report here from future highly intelligent, you know, dolphins of unbelievable intelligence. They said, stop this man and his podcast. Because the intelligence of dolphins plummets 40 points. Uh, every time you broadcast your podcast, and they, they, they plummet to normal dolphin level when you uh, talk about dolphins. And so, and I said, well, Jesus, sorry, to your inter- excuse me, oceanogra- oceanographer. I said, oh, no, no, I work for, I'm a lobbyist for the Oceanographic Institute. I'm not actually an oceanographer. But thanks for asking. I'm just here lobbying. We're actually just a lobbying group for the tuna industry. But anyway, I wasn't supposed to say that. Oh, I just got texted. I lost my job. Okay, we're done with that guy. He got fired. Uh, So now we can get back to what I was thinking about while I was talking. What's the move? What's the first move of a bottlenose dolphin against a river dolphin? Are they going to go with the Russian uh, rooks, you know, the rooks dream or the Sarkovsky bishop turn? Or, you know, the dots, you know, the Barishnikov, which is my favorite move, which is, you know, to confuse you, do a little ballet before, right before you say, okay, I'm going to make my first move. Oh, let me do a little ballet first. And then you make your move. And then every time right before the person moves, you say, you just start saying Gregory Hines. And then anytime they touch their knight, you say, white knights. That was a move. Those are obscure pop references from the 80s. But believe me, you yell Gregory Hines in any uh, board game scenario, it's going to confuse your opponent. I guarantee it. But since Dolphins neither or neither know Bershnikov or Hines, they would say, they would probably be more like, well, we're going to do the Duncan Hines, you know, because you polluted uh, our rivers and waterways with Duncan Hines boxes. And then I would say, wait a second, you you, you, you sea-based mammals are terrible at, uh, at chess. And why did I set up a, a match between these things with, why did I bring a card? Why didn't I bring a waterproof chessboard? What was I thinking with this cardboard? It's deteriorated. The porpoise who's in the next match is chewing on the, oh boy, this is a disaster. So that's what we do here is I go, you know, usually I can get through the intro without, uh, you know, getting that distracted. But geez, the idea of dolphins I find terribly distracting and dolphins playing board games. I mean, I could, I could fill an hour just thinking about that. But probably not the best time right now to do that is say, Jesus, save your dolphin, you know, save that for your uh, Amazonian River stand-up tour. 
And say, because you, you must do dolphin based uh, comedy because you, you know, when they say, yeah, I do, it's, it's at their, uh, it's at a higher intelligence. I'm sorry, you critical human in my brain. Yes, my Nana doesn't uh, laugh at my jokes, but one day, the snub, and they'd say, hey, everybody, hey, it was a great, what is this, uh, what is this, Piranha Free Club? Good to know. They say, what was it? What do you say? You a snub-nosed dolphin? And they'd say, the manager would call me over. He'd say, you know, I guess you don't. I thought you said you did dolphin-based comedy. And I say, yes, yeah, I'm in the middle of, a, you know, some of my new, my new material. And the, I guess that was the story of how my career, failed career as a dolphin entertainer. And then I said, well, gee, and then someone said, well, I thought you were a dolphin entertainer. That was when I tried to sell myself to the circus. And then the person said, also, no one sells themselves to the circus. They're sold to the circus by some, you know, and usually you have to have some value. And I said, well, will you take two bits for a dolphin entertainer? You know, I'll pay you. And then they said, well, we'll pay you to go away. And I said, done and done. So, yeah, you're, you're talking. Uh, I got a sleep podcast. It's here to distract it, help you fall asleep. Yes, I have not been successful in business. A lot of jobs, you know, running a business, uh, working a business, a lot of, you know, a lot of other human stuff in dolphin entertainment, dolphin entertainers. Comedy, dolphin comedy, mammalian comedy, porpoise comedy, instru- you know, astral projection student, astral projection instructor, astral projection salesperson, identifier of what a group of dolphins is called. What else did I say? Well, uh, astral projector, you know, I said, geez, that would be sweet. You know, they say, what, would I be a medium then if I'm an astral projector? And then somebody said, geez, have you ever thought about astral projection comedy? And they said, too, it's, it's too too small a, a niche, you know. So anyway, w- w- what I can do, I can distract and talk in this soothing, lulling tone. My interests, you know, if you've been with me this long, you know, last six minutes, you say, well, this guy... Yeah, I notice all the critical parts of my brain have got quiet. They must be into astral projection and dolphin humor. Uh, sorry, I got carried off there. Uh, so I failed to bring my point in because I was interrupted. But I think my point was, geez, I'm good at distracting and being distracted. So actually, I'm good at, I got two things down. So I'm going to distract those part of your brain. As they say, I guess they're into dolphin, porpoise comedy. We're a comedian. And they say, geez, that guy is a dolphin entertainer. But meanwhile, while that's all going on, you can just shut. You could say, I'm going to sneak out here to the back door of my brain and go to sleep, people. Because, uh, you know, while I find the idea of a man who dreams of being a... Uh, the Gary Kasparov of, uh, of, uh, underwater chess with between, you know, species of whatever the hell they're called, dolphins and porpoises and stuff. 
I find that Jeep mildly amusing, but you know, it's no, he's no, you know, that's not exactly, it's like kind of like Wes Anderson on a diet, a diet of sanity. And I say, well, yeah, as long as it gets you to sleep, I say, well, you just go to sleep whenever. As soon as I say, uh, I'm moving my white knight to your Barishnikov, you, you just, maybe that'll activate a portion of your medulla. Uh, Gregory Hines Longata, and you'll drift off into dreamland. That's my goal, is just to shut down all the chatter in your brain, distract you from the chatter in your brain, or counteract the chatter in your brain. Or if all else fails, you know, if it, for the thin, those of you that in another life uh, were dolphins, with, a, you know, into, you say, geez, I'm not only am I a dolphin, I'm into obscure humor. And now you find yourself in a human body. I've astrally projected, you know, myself th- that way. So the podcast will work for you. You say, well, it's still mildly entertaining, so I don't feel alone, you know, in the deep, dark part of the night. I, I know this scooter will be here. With his jokes, and he's saying, well, geez, he's not afraid to uh, embarrass himself. And say, well, no, you know, dolphins, you know, they, they can't point. So they say, well, they point with their nose. They say, well, they do everything with their nose, all their gestures, or most of them, some tail-based gestures, uh, some fin-based gestures. But you say, well, yeah, it's, it's tough to shame a person when you're, uh, you know, a sea mammal. I mean, no, no, not all sea mammals, you know, some of those... Uh, otter-like things that are shamers. But you know what, in, in, in summary, I'm glad you're here. If you're first time you give a couple episodes a try, this works for people that it works for. It doesn't work for everybody. But give it a couple tries because I'm glad you're here and I hope I help you fall asleep. Hey everybody, it's me. I don't know when you're going to be hearing this. I don't know if you'll be hearing this on Tuesday... July 7th, I think is Tuesday, or the July 14th, I guess, would be the next uh, date after that. Uh, but it looks like we started a little tradition. I didn't mean uh, to start see, unintentional tradition. This is a little 4th of July surprise on this, coming to you on the 7th or the 14th. I'm recording it on the 6th. I think it's today. Oh, no, 5th. I'm recording this on the 5th, July 5th, I guess. And I said, a little surprise yesterday. Uh, I guess I shouldn't have set it up myself. I should bring out. I got two people here, which I guess is unexpected to have this person back so soon. Uh, he's so popular, like, uh, but he showed up at my house uh, the night of the third and said, uh, hey, buddy. So uh, without further ado, it, it's it's my name, Ray Perkins, everybody. Ray, you want to come in here? You ready? And he can come in here later, not Ray. We, I don't want him in here during this setup. Okay. Okay, my friend. Okay, so I'm going to pause it and get Ray in here. Why, thank you, thank you, Scooter. Oh, you want to come over? Okay, okay. Hello, 
Hello, hello, hello, everybody. This is your friend Ray. So good to see you again. So good to be in your ears again. Your neighbor, your friend Ray. Scooter's neighbor Ray. So happy to be here. And Scooter, should I set this up like like, like I work in radio here? I got my microphone, oh, these headphones on me. So I got to tell you guys, your, your little friend Scooter there, little Andy, the podcast guy, he's a, he's a handful. You probably already know that since you listen to his little podcast. But we, we live on the island of Alameda off of Oakland, California, the, the city so nice. It was insulted by some, I forget who, the, the, the author's name, who said there is no, and she was wrong, incorrect, and Oakland's a wonderful city. Which I have been a resident of, Scooter, separately a resident of, but but now we both reside in Alameda, California. And Alameda happens to have a a little bit of a small-town vibe. It used to be a military town, a naval town. It had a big air station. Some of you may be listening might have had relatives stationed there. Or in the hills of Oakland or on the bases of Oakland. Maybe they worked somewhere. But Alameda used to have a naval air station. It closed down. But but for some reason it's retained a bit of the the the, the, the small town vibe. Now, some people like Scooter that are renters and myself. Believe it or not, your friend Ray does not own a home. You know, I I, I, I find myself on a, a, a fixed income by choice. But I said, whoa, 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 this is, but but anyway, we are renters, but maybe because it's so expensive, you know, and they don't allow big, big tall buildings here. So it has a bit of a small town vibe, and every year they have a 4th of July parade. And, and every, I can remember asking your little friend Andy last year, I said, would you, would you like to be my guest at the Alameda 4th of July parade? And if you saw the look he would have given me, so you would have thought he, he, I was asking him to go to a zoo. But I know last year he was trying to see, he said, well, Ray, I, I just can't tell you, you know, I don't know, parades, 4th of July is a tough time for me. And I said, say no more, my friend, I bless you, your new lifestyle. So, But that was last year. But this year comes, and I, you know, I, I said, as, as little Scoot, as little Andy's friend, I need to push him sometimes outside his comfort zone, or at least question it. I consider I don't consider him Lord Stannis, but I do consider myself a bit of a Sir Davos, and I try to tell the little podcast boy the truth. And so I said to him, you know, after our wonderful Father's Day together, I said, you and the little one go into the Fourth of July parade. And again, he gave me that look. And then he gave me another look like he was thinking, thinking of something to tell me. And then he took a breath. He said, Ray, I just don't think I, I'm not a parade guy. And I said, well, I know that's not true, but, but I, I, I did not. You know, I said, don't, you know, someone says, you know, sometimes you go around the side. You don't go head on with these type of arguments. And I said, OK, so tell So you're not going to you and the little one aren't going to go to the parade. And he, and he said, well, he said, he said, well, how long is this parade? I said, what do I do? I look like the grand marshal. And he said, bless his podcasting heart, he said, I think you should be. And I said, well, there's one vote for Ray for Grand Marshal, but I don't, you know, I'm not contributing any money to this parade business. I'm not polishing any politician's shoes, if you know what I mean. 
And I'm not, you know, I don't consider myself a big wig. I'm not a landed gentry here, so no, probably not, little little Andy. Uh, but, but so I said, I said, I said, well, why don't you come to the parade? Are you and the little one. And then he said, well, maybe. I, eh. And I said, we, we we need to celebrate not only the independence of the United States, not only. And he said, make sure to say this right. All the wonderful people to use uh, that have given your life. In your time, not just to defend the United States, but whatever your country is, your home country, you say, well, you know, the UK, Britain, or, you know, Australia, whatever you you, you served your country, and, and you sacrificed your time and, and other opportunities. So we, we need to celebrate that, you know, and think about that, your, your personal sacrifice. And the sacrifice of all those individuals that that, that, that are suffering still or are no longer with us. So we, that's one thing we hold in our hearts, especially on the morning and the evening of the 4th when we say, when we, we have a little pause. And maybe we'll take a pause right this second for Scooter's as it gives me a nod. He likes that idea. Okay, let's pause for all of you. Okay, we so tough to transition from that. But your friend Ray says, "Well, there you celebrate that. You celebrate the sacrifice." But I also said, "Scooter, guess who's in my uh, my 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 uh, second bedroom?" And he said something about Sweden. I said, "No, no, no, no. The Gregor is in is is on. Well, uh, in one state, he's been freed from the state of Montana." You know, he, he you know, and he's on bail in every other state. So, so Greg is a free man right now for the next. Uh, we see. Well, he's got about eight more hours till we have to have him to Nevada, and then he'll come to California after that. I said, why can't you just do it all in Montana? You know, after my. Anyway, he says, keep moving. Scooter said, keep moving, Ray. So I said, please, let's go to the parade, you know, and he said, Greg is going to the parade. It didn't, wasn't there enough trouble. I said, there's no, Indinaman, and, and, I'm sorry, my dear, Indina Menzel will not be at this parade, Scooter. And he said, well, what if, and I said, you know, Greg, this is an opera, and he said, Ray, you're playing with fire. And then he, I said, it would make a great podcast episode, podcast boy. And he said, okay, okay, let's do it. So we went to the parade. Now they have a nice parade here. And I'm pretty sure it's open to all. Anyone can be in this parade, which anyone who who wants to be. And it tends to get a bit of a turnout. So the the four of us, the the Greg, Scooter, his little one, and myself, we walked over. And this was a, a little bit of a debate, but he said, Ray, you can't drive to a parade, a local parade. Let's, so we walked over. So we were, we got there to the parade route just as the parade was starting. And then Scooter, he was in charge of photographs. And, uh, but let me bring, can we bring the, bring the Gregor in now and, and, and say, you know, so do, do you, little Andy? Did you change your perspective? You say, I don't like parades, Ray, but you seem like you had a pretty good time. Could you talk about that while I go get the Gregor? Oh, wow, that's a nice transition, Ray. Uh, yeah, uh, I, say, I guess I was wrong. I was wrong. I said I just, I, I did have a good time at the parade. Oh, hi, Gregor. Okay, have a seat. 
sit. I sit. Where well, you see it? Okay, I sit. And you, Gregory, you can say, okay, hello, this Gregor, the Gregor here. I could say Gregor, I don't have to say. Gregor Coglain, like they do at the court. No, you just say hello, hello. Okay, so Greg, the Greg is here. We got little Andy here, and we're going to talk about the parade for a little bit. And uh, Greg, Greg, you already said hello, Greg. How, 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 what did you? What were your thoughts about the parade? Ah, uh, parade. A parade. Ah, uh, good. Uh, good. Yes. No. No crash. No crash. Good. Okay. Great job, Gregor. And I like how you're breathing. That's a nice breathing you're doing, Gregor. Just, just like we torture when, when we, when, you know, we get, I can breathe. I, I do breathe. I breathe many times, so deep, to prevent Gregor. Hey Ray, I don't want to um, um, throw things off, but could you help the listeners out that may watch a TV show called Game of Thrones? You help orient them with who, who, who's here. Because he's using names of fictional care. Okay, okay. This is your friend Ray. Ray Perkins, you know. I'm here. I'm here talking to you on the podcast. Now, you know your podcast friend. He, he's got a... He, 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 he tinkers with the universe. And, and his podcast can be... You could say it's not magical. You could say it's magical. You could say it's... Magical is a word. But I know he tinkered around... Because he, 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 people say that Greg gets angry. You should see this little Andy get angry. But he uh, tinkered around. He was so angry at Roose Bolton long ago. At the end of season two, I believe it was, of season three, he said, I'm going to get this Roose Bolton and teach him some manners. And this, they said, well, this is a, not, this is a, my odd little neighbor, Andy. And I said, and then he said he made a machine, and he said he had cosmic dust or some such thing. So anyway, at some point, he was so upset with a, a fictional character, not just one fiction. Bruce Bolton is a fictional character from the TV show Game of Thrones. He has a lovely voice. He's played by an actor. You, you, we, we, most of us know this thing. And so I thought, okay, what's well, a little Scooter's having one of his breaks? I'll keep an eye on him. If he, if he, if I, if I, uh, my rule is with little Andy is if I hear it after ten forty-five p.m., like a howling or a groaning sound or him talking in strange voices, I knock on the door. I say, is everything? And then if I, and then if I hear it after twelve fifteen, I say, "Well, let me call your family and see what, what we need to do here." But then one day, this Bernard Butterfly, what, 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 Bernard Butterfly, this Bernard Butterfly here, and I just wanted to let you know I, I dislike parades. If you, if you, if you would have known. <clears throat> Hey, he shows up at my doorstep with this giant shirtless man who calls himself the Gregor. Gregor, now only the Gregor. And no court, I no longer, no name, no more, only same trial. Okay, Gregor, just breathe, just breathe. So he brings this man and he says he plucked him out of the, the, the universe, the fictional universe. 
And I said, well, this is, maybe he's, you know, maybe Scooter's falling off the old wagon or some such thing. I don't know. But but but, but to, to, to get it to a point, I, and then I find I have an affinity for this young Gregor. Gregor. By the way, you're calling me Gregor, fine. Uh, and, and I said, well, this is a young man I'm friends with. And then many things have happened, but he, he's here in our world. And Scooter probably, I, that was a long explanation for saying, you know, there's a blue-faced Sir Gregor. I think he has a different name now. Uh, or maybe the newest member of the King's God. I'm not sure, but he may have had a different name. I don't remember. Scooter, do you, you will never remember Scooter. But he's a blue person that does not speak. Now, Gregor, he's a person in our world. Maybe inspired, I said, well, I mean, your friend Ray, I'm I'm a realist and an optimist, my friends. So I'm still not 100% convinced he's come from the other world. I said, well, maybe this is someone Scooter found. They banged heads together. But he's not a blue man. So he is like, a, you know, he's he's a strapping young man, but very bu- bulky. Muscle, no bulk, but some muscle. I just said. I, I hatched from the iron of the the the, the iron forge of the the the, the smiths with my muscles. Okay, Greg, that's great. So, I, you know, well, that's all I can tell you. He's in, you, Greg. Uh, do you have a blue face? Like blue face, a blue. The, yeah, into the mic a little bit, Greg, but not too close. A blue face? No, no, blue blue face. Like a past buffoon, Michael. Uh, blue? No, 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 I know blue. A short parade, though, called bye-bye. Okay, okay, so we went to the parade. That's what we're trying to say here. Uh, now, a few things. We're, we're going to try to recreate. This is your friend Ray. Hello, this is your friend Ray. Okay, my, my friends. So, my friends, the, what we're going to try to do here is just a little, do a little recreation of what it was like at the parade with us. And uh, now one thing we we won't be able to do is your, your pad man, he tends to yell things at the people in the parade. I, did, I said, well, maybe this is why you don't go to a parade. You're making a scene. And I have to credit him. He did not say anything vulgar or inappropriate for children's ears, probably confusing to children and adults when he's, he, I said, it's not your TV. He was interacting with them. Uh, every float he would have a comment, and there was a couple of floats where well, there was one where I said, "Oh boy, he's going to get into it." But that one, you kept your mouth shut. You said, "No political battles here, Ray." But other, you, you, you see, you, you were yelling things at a lot of different floats, right? Well, yeah, yeah, I do have a tendency to, uh, whatever you call it, heckle or running commentary. It just comes with my nature. Okay, my friend. Okay, so maybe you should say, maybe you should, two should breathe together. Greg, could you teach little Andy how to breathe properly? I could. Uh, put my arm on you, on your back, okay? Uh, no, um, I, I do to teach you breathe, and I put a hand on chest. But it's, it's a little, that tickles a little bit. No, tickle, do not laugh, because I, I was sleeping, crack you by accident. But I help you breathe, and I breathe. Okay, Greg, can you do it quietly? If you breathe quiet, I can do it quiet. If you listen. Okay, Andy, can you listen to Greg? I help you breathe. 
Okay, so why the boys are breathing over there? So we went. So so we're gonna pretend we're. At, I said, well, this will be like the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, but but for real. But then you said, well, I don't have anything to record us here, and I don't know if it's legal. Uh, so let let's let's kick it off, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. This is uh, we're your friend Ray Perkins here, live on Cape Bounce Radio. Uh, doing a broadcast of the 2015 Alameda 4th of July Parade. I have the pleasure of watching the parade with uh, the Gregor in Little Andy. The dearest scooter. In Little Dearest Scooter. It's like a little bit like a little bit like dear, dearest a little, dear, dear, dear uh, little Debbie you were going to say. Right? Oh, like Little Debbie. But I'll call you Little, little Dearest. How's that sound? No, not Mama Dearest. So we're here at the 25th. We've got a fine view. And we just, we, you know, we just went to broadcast. We just said, Re- Re- Gre- Gregor, what did you think about the dignitaries there in the fancy cars and the fancy suits? Uh, Royal, royalty, you know, no like, even you know, like, you need to say, you bow your head in quiet. That is Father Teach Me. The royal... No, 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 no noise. It's simple. No noise. So that that was the that was the uh, dignitaries. No noise. And I don't know if, uh, if uh, little scooter had any commentary over there. But then a couple uh, coming up here, Greg. We, I, I see I see big guitars. I see straw hats, and I see a band. And it's it looks like it's the city auditor in a band. We, 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 Oh, it's music good. It's, uh, it's a good, good music to hear. Good music to see. Now, you couldn't have no Gregor going to an inn anymore. They run. So no music. This is nice to see. The music is good. Okay, so it's good. Oh, now, coming up here is a, is an old-fashioned uh, car. And it's got some American flags on the front. It's got a b- b- bunting on the sides. And it's a gray dented car. Looks like it'd be working for the park service. And what's up, Greg? Greg, do you see what's that? Uh, I believe uh, it's a bear. Uh, bear. Bear. You know, some places they not they people in bears they go to say, oh, you, but those are not people you want to be. No good people. You fight man, man, man fight man. No fight bear. It's no good for man or bear. It's. Uh, Nowhere to live, uh, fighting bear, no, no, no respect for nothing. But yeah, there's a bear, and he's got a little park. Now I don't think that uh, that could be Smokey the Bear, but I don't see any uh, materials. Scooter, what do you think? Yeah, that looks like uh, he's got a park hat on, possibly a ripoff of Smokey the Bear. Okay, and it's a park district doing that. That's a little bit uh. That's a little bit sad, I would say, ripping off Smokey the Bear. And now look at that. That's a little tiny bus. It's a little bus float. It's a tiny bus, and uh, it's a little mini bus. And Andy, a little scooter, is that the bus you like to take? Well, I take a regular... You ride a little bus? Little man, you little man, you ride a little bus. Uh, It's a miniature. It's like a fake version of... Okay, so he rides in a bus. That's great. So that's a little bus, and that's a little Andy's little bus, like the 51A, covered in 4th of July's things. What a nice thing. 
Now, Gregor, what do you? What sound are you making? Uh, say the sound go ruga, ruga the card. You say those card right, God. His old card. He needs good guruga guruga. I like that sound. I say at night sometimes. Like when I when I when in Montana, I say those things to myself to so 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 I get rest because I don't have him. To, you know I like your podcast, you know that, man? You talk, you're talking to me? Yes, I, I do. I listen uh, to you. You reggae me, and I say, before I do ruga, ruga every night, I could not sleep. But then I have you, so you, that's why I teach you to breathe, so you do it. Because you, I owe you now, forever, you my friend. Uh, Gregor, and Wisha. What's your name again? Uh, uh, you, Debbie. Gregor and Debbie, friend forever. But you're my sworn enemy, kind of, or like a strange. Uh, yes, I teach you to breathe, Debbie, so good many times. Maybe you'll be in a you bunk, bunk with me, because I say, you you so, you you know, you say, I, I know guys like you. Okay, can we move right? Let's move out this parade. Okay, so that was the city auditor in the old car that went ruga ruga, and then uh, here now, Gregor. Now you 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 may have been in a you you may have known of two fictional characters that were brothers, and one was frightened of fire, and here comes these are fire trucks. Their job is to put out fire, and we have some old-fashioned fire trucks. And there's children on there, they're waving. There's a boy with one of those poofy hats that look like the Mad Hatter hat that have multiplied in recent years. And that one has the USA colors on there. Very nice, I'd say. And then a lot of people have those fire helmets, the fake plastic fire helmets that are always, uh, they seem to proliferate. How do you say that, Scooter? Proliferate, Ray. Oh, Scooter's correcting my diction now. Well, isn't that nice? But Jesse, you see, those are at safety things. Now, Gregor, what did we teach you about fire? When, when I said no, 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 Gregor, that that's a stove. Stay away. And if you don't, yeah, what? Those drop, stop, drop, roll. Hey, that actually good question because I say, Ray. I remember, I say, I pretend I'm a bear, I say, if, you know, because I have hair like a bear a bit, and I shape like a bear, and sometimes people say he's like a bear. Uh, so I say, you know, that I like to, uh, I pretend I'm bear, and I roll around, I say, you know, stop, drop, and roll. That's how I know, I say, but, but in my mind, I say, I bear, stop, drop, and roll. He's a... So you're just like Smokey. But you... Ray, did you teach... No, I never taught him about Smokey the Bear. Isn't that interesting? Who would have thought that a giant man, hairy man, that would be a archetype for fire safety? That's a wonderful... Maybe... I wonder who invented Smokey the Bear if it was a man like one of Gregor's ilk. As a good, 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 good. Okay. <sighs> oh, Gregor, you're gonna do go do a remote segment. We'll see Gregor back in here in a little bit. Though he's gonna do a remote segment. We're gonna oh, go remoting. 
you, you just go with the you go with the uh, with the production assistant, Greg, and we're going to throw it to you. Because uh, coming up, I, I figured it was a scooter that car might fight, frighten Rick because it has the uh, it's one of those old fashioned cars that has teeth painted on it. it. It doesn't look very scary, but I said I don't know if Greg would be frightened. And then that, see, scooter, I know what I'm doing. That's uh. Alameda Poet Laureate Julia Park Tracy coming up. And I said, well, she's, she seems to be dressed. She's a poet. We want to, you know, we want to keep her away from the Gregor. You know, we, we don't want Alameda to lose. It's a Poet Laureate. And I think she, you and her may follow each other. Do you know her, Scooter? Uh, no, Ray, but yeah, yeah, I think we follow each other on Twitter or Facebook or something. But uh, uh school that our, our city has a... Um, it's cool to know we have a poet laureate. So maybe you could put that in the show notes and do her a little bit of a favor. It's a poet laureate, Julia Park Tracy. That's nice. Oh, and here comes the parade sponsor, one of the parade sponsors. It's a power company, a municipal power company. That seems a little bit contradictory, don't you think, Scooter? Uh, which part, right? In fact, it's a truck running on gas. Or that, yeah, it's the city's parade and it's a city power company sponsoring it. Well, it looks like they they, they have a, a politician's name on there, too. So that's like some commission or some such thing. But they're playing nice little music there, a little jazz. I wouldn't say it's the silver tone with Boom Bone, but it's pretty not bad. What do you think, Scooter? Uh, yeah, Ray, you know what i got to say is there's a dearth of marching bands thus far in the parade, a little bit of a letdown. Well, Scooty, why don't you, you could always, play, you know, you're going to do the thing with the audio, right, and put some parade sounds in here so we just don't look like we're talking in your closet, uh, right? Uh, you, you probably, Ray, I'll do that for you for, for sure, but then I don't think it'll sync up with what we're talking about. Well, don't get confused. That's just the podcast to put people to sleep now, Scooter. Oh, now what's that? I'm getting news. Uh, we're going to throw it over to the Gregor here. He's on a remote. Just like this is just Scooter. Scooter, this is just like NBC. Like they throw it to the actors. So, and you won't believe who Gregor's with. Uh, okay, go ahead, go ahead, Gregor. Uh, it's Gregor here. Uh, oh, no, too loud. Yes, I go. Uh, it's Greg here, and I'm trying to talk, I come to breathe in many times, but I'm here with the honoring of to be here. Is here, Gregor. I'm reporting from Parade Road with, uh, what's your name? Ms. Morrow. Ms. Morrow. And he wants everybody to know something. Go ahead. I want everyone to know about the magic. Of Independence Day, including the magic of fire. No, 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 no magic, please. Thank you, Miss Morrow. Uh, back to you, Ray. Well, thank you, Gregor. That was very professional, you might I say. Well, Scooter, I just wanted you to know that our next float up is a float uh, sponsoring the parade here. It's a gift card company with a name I cannot pronounce, and I will not pronounce it. But they seem to be promoting some sort of gift card gifting. And uh, we'll pass on that. What do you say? Thanks, Ray. They've got a lot of bunting on there, and they have a man in a, a 4th of July show. Oh, but look at oh, oh, here comes Greg. He's chasing. they got a bubble machine on the back. It looks like maybe they have more than one bubble machine. That's, that's pretty. Uh, Greg, what do you think? 
I is a magic man. And now I see magic. I was wrong. I said no magic. But he must say, teach Greg a lesson. Make magic with these. It's oh, so beautiful. They are floating. Uh, these are uh, capture things to capture little uh, magical creatures, I think. So what should we do? No, Greg, they're just for decoration for the celebrating the parade. Just breathe a little. They're, they're not real, like the... Uh... Well, oh, oh, oh. Okay, no real. But I'll just breathe with my friend uh, Nancy. Oh, no, what's your name? Debbie. Debbie, my friend Debbie, now breathe. You go ahead, Ray. Oh, okay, next up we have a family playhouse. Is this one with your... This is a... No, it's not Scooter's Little One's not in this. But it's a children's theater group, and that's a wonderful thing. Acting, learning, singing, teaching. It's all a wonderful thing. What are they? And they seem to be sponsored by, by some sort. And here comes another... No, no uh, Greg, remember we went on the cable car. And that's when you were, you were yelling about Andina. Andina, uh, is it? Andina, oh, my wife. It's Miss my, Miss my wife. So much. And Batman Taker, he say he miss a name, and then he touch her face, and I say I find him. No, no, Greg, we don't talk about that, remember? Even if you believe it, you're just supposed to breathe when you think about Mr. John, Mr. Travol... Any of those people, they're not... They're... I breathe, but I, when I breathe, I breathe fire in, fire out for Mr. JT, we call him, like, I, you know, one day... He would never touch face or say, oh, I mess up your name. So funny. You never mess up the name again, my friend. But anyway, Gregor, that was a cable call we were on when you were yelling those things. So that's a cable call from the hospital sponsored. Oh, boy. Here comes a wonderful rainbow-colored float, and it says justice for all, and it's for all our brothers and sisters from every community. And finally, we uh, maybe we're country starting to get it right that people should be able to love and marry whoever they would like to love and marry. Scooter, don't you agree? I, I do, right? And actually, also, there's a beautiful float. Not only the rainbow, they got those. They got some beautiful rainbow flags. The people have signs. It says, "All are welcome here." And I think it's even sponsored by some kind of uh, uh, church. Uh, which it makes it even even more an inclusive uh, inclusive church. That's that's pretty. Oh, Scooter, you're so observant. It is. I I can't read the church name on there. But we have we have men, we have women, we have children, we have people of all. And they say, you know, it's a simple thing, Greg. You you understand that that you could love whoever you want. And that's one of the things Ray would fight for for you. I fighting for loving who I want, and they say no, Greg. Oh, anyway, Greg, that's a bad. Never mind. I did not mean to bring that up because that's a bad use. That's a bad use of things. But your friend Ray wants you to know, you are loves. Love who you want to love. Love who your heart loves. You you have the right to love, and you are loved. That's all Ray wants you to know. It's good. Did you want to add anything else? Well, I say uh, you be, per- be, be you, you have the right to be proud of who you are. And, uh, you know, and celebrate that. Oh, thank you, Scooter. That's a wonderful thing. So there goes that beautiful. Now we have some hippies, it looks like, behind here. Some hippies on a scrape. Those are scraper bikes, Scooter. Did you know that? And then we have some uh, horses, it looks like, from a police department there. The California Police Department of some kind. 
and some Polynesian dances. This is a beautiful thing still here. And then just people on kids on scooters, because you said anyone can anyone can enter a parade. That's a uh, scooter. What do you think about you having a float next year? Oh wait, I'm getting a message, and Greg is with someone from Scooter's past that happens to be at the parade. Maybe. Uh, go ahead, Greg. You say Greg here. I hear it's Joy Jump Joan. I call Joy 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 Jump Joan. And she's the one infecting people. You, you, you say you want prayed with the uh, Debbie, uh, Debbie Scooter, right? Yeah. Oh yes. Okay. Oh, thank you, thank you. Yes, I'm Joy Germ Joan, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, sponsoring the uh, Joy Germ Association, and in Little Andy did uh, march in my parade. I don't know. I forget which parade it was. He, he had a little bit of a cross face. But we were we were all about spreading the joy germ around, and and I just wanted to come and say, uh, you know, maybe he he could pick up where I left off and, and spread some joy in the world, and that would be a nice thing for me. Oh, you are no longer a, you 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 alive or no alive, you ghost or not? Well, I'm just a little, I'm just a, a guest from his past, and they said joy germ Joan from the Joy Germ Foundation. Thank you, Syracuse, New York. Okay, you heard it, Debbie. He's, she say, yeah, you give joy. You could start with breathing. That bring joy to Gregor and calm. So go ahead. Back to you, Ray. All right, thank you, Gregor. And Gregor, I hope he rushes back because we have uh, the head of this uh, this next big truck here is a uh, stag's head, which might you think make Gregor think of Robert Baratheon or the Baratheon, maybe Stannis Baratheon. Or maybe Renly Baratheon. Choose your favorite Baratheon. I probably would choose Renly. He seemed like the most pleasant of the, the, the three of them. Robert might might be good for a night out in the town, and Stannis would be good, you know, like you said, Scooter, as a roommate. To, you know, you know, he could be, uh, he could be the one to say, well, Scooter, do you do a, a Stannis imitation? Lord Commander. Lord Commander. You left the door open, Lord Commander. Oh, Scooter, you're, you're so silly. So that's like some sort of fraternal organization. That, oh, here's Gregor. It's a Baratheon. I did not know you people praise Baratheons here. That's interesting. Only Baratheon? Oh, it's, it's uh, Gregor. It's a different, a different. They praise some sort of, they praise each other, I think. It's a group of men. They, they get together and drink, I think, is what they do there. Oh, look, it's a cake behind there, a giant cake. He says, someone going to, uh, 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 and then there's bikes, there's bikes coming, there's, uh, oh, what's the next? He says, a giant building on its right. Okay, that, well, thanks, Gregor. Oh, this yellow, what are those yellow creatures? What's that? Gregor, those are minions, and that's the uh, Alameda Theater, the uh, purple float, that's probably... That's quite nice, and there's some uh, Alameda Theater's official snacks, and then there's the minions, and there seems to be some sort of robot on there. And that's the Alameda Theater. Scooter, you like the Alameda. You love theaters. I do, Ray. I love movies. I love movie, old-fashioned movie theaters and movie theaters in general. And I'm just happy that we live in a city that has, we have a movie theater with uh, a few screens to be able to see a movie. And, uh, yeah. Oh, Scooter, you, you, you really are boring. You could even make a parade boring. 
But yeah, there goes the minions, and there's a soda pop uh, character there. There's some children on there. Lots of minions. That's pretty nice that they got the minion suits for the parade. And it's uh, school, uh, Greg, I'm teaching Greg to read, you know, because, you know, there's so many things to sign at these courts. But, Greg, can you read what the minion sign is? Uh, yes, I can. Say, we do. Say, we do. I say that one. And I know this poor guy, he, he can't breathe or read the part, man. So I take good care of him, Debbie. Okay, Greg. Well, we got... Oh, oh Greg, what's next? There's dancing water. There's horses. They, they dance. They dance. I, I, looking at these horses, they dance. Yes, those are dancing horses, Greg. I think those are uh, maybe caballeros. I'm not sure, but they're dancing horses. There's a little, little horse. There's a pony. I know a man right but Maybe get pony for Debbie. You go on pony till you breathe good, okay? Okay, thanks, Greg. Gregor, it's you. You, you, you learn to breathe. You'll be fine. But many dancing horses, so many. Oh, what is this? It's bright. It's a bright... F- oh, that's a uh, fitness float. I think they're doing the Zumba on there. And yes, it almost looks like a little bit of a carnival float. We, 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 it's, it makes me want to say, young man, uh, give me... Do, I don't think they do that at Zumba, Ray. But it's just so bright. That's what I'm saying. And they don't have the shirts on either, and the men and then the women. Are, that's quite nice. I'd, I'd have, and it looks like they have a pretend hot tub in the back there. Now some... Oh, there's a noise. There's a metal horse. It's too loud for Greg. I go, I go get an expert's guest. Okay, Greg, there's a motorcycle's coming through. He doesn't like that. And then here's the, the dance studio where little Scooter's daughter used to dance. And they the, they had the tent. And they also happen to be the tap dancing trees from the uh, the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. So that's nice. And then we have a tree truck here, a little bit of a tree truck. I don't know what that is, but it's a man surrounded by trees in the back of a truck. And then a yacht club. It looks like they're pretending to row. They got the fake water. And then Scooter, what, what's that in the front of the boat? Do you know what that is? That's a woman in a, a jellyfish hat, Ray. She's, she looks like a jellyfish. Oh, well, thank you, Scooter. Okay, Scooter, Scooter, this is this is the next one. Okay, okay. This is your friend Ray here. This is your friend Ray. So our next float here is, uh, it looks like they stole the characters from Peanuts for their float, but it's, uh, it's not a for-profit. It's a little yacht club island, uh, another club there. And it looks like they have the characters from Peanuts. And it says, uh, Sco- Scooter, it's a psychiatric help five cents. Uh, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe you should get it, get it, get some help. Oh, good grief, Scooter, you're so, uh, on my case. Okay, and then next up is the front of a ship from the USS Hornet, a former, it looks like a fighter, an aircraft fighter. I can't tell what plane it's from, if it's from one of those, uh, top, top gun planes or another plane, but it's number 205. And it looks like it had, have you been to that museum, Scooter? I have, right? It's pretty cool. Oh, that's, uh, that's wonderful. And then it has a little character up there riding. And then here we have a little miniature, uh, some kind of homemade car there. That's a nice little fake float there. And then, uh, uh, we have some people with the purple hearts, and Re- 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 uh, Sco- uh, Gregor is wi- has like a little uh, commentary, I guess. 
Uh, go ahead, Gregor. Uh, these men passing now have given their lives and their safety for the fighting for people. And I just want to say I honor them because, you know, you, you soldier, you know, never know what happened. It's a brave thing, and, I, you know, I know war is not a pleasant thing. Many men say, oh, so they don't fight in a war. They give glory to things from outside the battlefield. So, Ray, Ray, and Debbie, I want you to know that... Uh, these men, they, they deserve our respect and our silence, and I will breathe, and Debbie will breathe with me now as they pass by. <sighs> okay, thank you, men, for, for sacrifice. And thank you, Greg, for such a wonderful, wonderful, thoughtful moment. And we have some cars that are doing a little... Uh, they're older, older cars from the 70s, but they're doing the lowrider thing. What do you think about that scooter? It looks, it's, it, it, I don't know how to keep those cars running. No, neither do I. Neither do I. Oh, and then here comes Greg back just in time for a, a giant mariachi band. And it looks like they're having fun. And that's a restaurant right down the street from your place there, Scooter. Did you ever see that band there? Not a band that big. That's a pretty sweet mariachi band. Uh, pretty sweet. And then here we have some sort of, uh, oh, they're selling windows. What a, what a, oh boy. What a nerve on these guys there. But they're uh, selling windows, so they're selling windows. And we have some uh, backyard growers. That's nice of them. Uh, elementary school with their thing. Another play, Eat the Runt is the name of the play. Well, that looks exciting, Scooter. Would you want to go see that with me? Uh, possibly, right? Gregor, would you? Oh, you'll be back. You'll be Gregor and I'll be in court. Never mind. I like to eat, uh, I don't know, say, runt. I was once the runt, you know. They say, oh, Gregor, you're so big. Not always. So, okay, Gregor, you've got one more remote to do, so why don't you go off? Okay, go off. And then we have another band and some, uh, oh, some, uh, Some fighting tigers, and they're playing the the, 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 the traditional drum there. The ti- Is that a taiko drum, do you know, Scooter? No, I don't know, Ray, but that's nice. And there's a nice big tiger, and then, oh, here comes the, here comes the dancing. Uh, dra- oh, well, it looks like Gregor's co. Gregor, go ahead. Here with the dragon. It is, uh, these people here to honor the dragon. Uh, he's a guest Targaryen loyalist, but I've never seen so... They have panther, tiger, white tiger, and and I say, what house is that? I don't know which house a white tiger. I know if if I feel quit father be angry, but so they they praise two dragons, and this next float here is for the yoga. They say they're yoga. That's yoga. That's yoga, Greg. Yoga. They praise a uh, giant octopus, so they must know. Uh, uh, they must be familiar with Ironborn. And uh, I go to my remote now. Sorry, I got distracted. Okay, thank you, Craig. And so, yeah, that was a yoga remote. And then we have, oh, a Filipino string, string traditional Filipino string instrument players here. This is beautiful. Oh, oh, I hope, I hope we get some of that. That's quite nice. 
And then there's a man, there's a man dressed up like Pee Wee Herman there. That's that's nice. Pee Wee Herman's behind the uh, the float for for the people that support weapons. That scooter was trying. I had to hold scooter back from yelling at them. And then there's another musical, the Seussical Musical Scooter. They're advertising. That's another children's musical group there, and they have Seuss on and those the singing. Such nice children, and so the suit's hat looks good on anyone, don't you think, Scooter? Would? Not on the Gregor, probably. You're probably right about that, Scooter. And there's the thing one and thing two walking behind it. And then there's some, some sort of oh, Pinois palette. Those are wine, wine drinkers. And another little, uh, they, they, they like Americana music on Alameda. What can we say? More Americana. And then a little tiki. Oh, and that looks like another politician singing with that Americana band. And then Gregor, Gregor has one last guest. Gregor, could you introduce? Oh, thank you, Ray. Uh, yes, I hear with the newest uh, members of my team. Uh, this uh, thing for Debbie Scooter, my friend, I say, we're launching a new, he's launching a new season with a new guest. And we have a wonderful actress who played the character, or oh, the character. It was you, our lady, Witchbeard. Uh, something in your eyes tells me you'll not be trifled with. You don't want to speak, you want me to speak. Okay, she's nodding. Your green skin tells me you're powerful. Your cauldron is, uh, what is it? Is that a cauldron of power? Is she nodding? So this is Lady Witchbeard. She'll be on the new show, or she has a new show. And I like to follow her when I when I get out of the, these trials. Could I work for you, lady? No. Okay. She said she she said she said don't call Scooter Debbie can either. Okay. Right back to you. That's Lady Witchbeard. Uh, thanks, Gregor. And uh, folks, with that, you hear the sirens, you hear the tears, and you hear the clapping as the parade comes to a close. Here with just some police and street sweepers coming by. And that's the end of our 4th of July together, and it's just been a wonderful honor to be here with you, Scooter. Greg is coming. Greg, we'll finish the parade. So, oh, parade over, okay. So time to go to uh, Nevada, Ray, to deal with the Truatua and the trial and things. It's sad. I'm going to miss my friend, Scooter, and teaching to breathe one day. But it's nice to be at a parade with you. You're a nice guy. I like your podcast. It makes me sleep good. It's like having... A, I love sleeping with you in my ears. You're so close to me. Like a brother I never never liked. But I like you. Thanks, Gregor. I, well, I feel the same as your brother would feel towards you forever. No, my brother don't like me. You take the time to talk to me at night. Instead of me just moaning. So I like that. It's good to you. you. I teach you to breathe when I come back. Be, be good friends to me and you. Yeah, maybe I'll see if I can get you back. I can't return you. Okay, thanks, Ray. Why don't you wrap the parade up? Oh, thanks, Scooter. Thank you for uh, joining us here. At a first annual broadcast from Cape Pounce Radio to uh, the, the Alameda 4th of July 2015. I don't know how it'll come out. Scooter said, let's do it. Maybe he's a parade person. Maybe next year, 2016, we'll find a free man with the Gregor. 
We'll find a breathing man with little Andy and little Scooter. Maybe Ray, your friend Ray, will be one year younger. I mean, I mean you know, one year older, but younger in spirit. And I'll be so happy to be in your ears. It's your friend Ray. It's so good to hear you. So good to see you. Good night. In thankfulness, and I want to thank uh, over on Twitter, Kimberly A., my buddy Matt, John Jew, Jingleheimer Schmidt. Uh, his name is my name, too. I, I, was, I don't think I was a John J. I didn't learn that one. But I remember there was an ad for a CD on the TV once. I said, I never, I never Mom, how come I know? She said, that's a terrible song from the Germans. But I don't really know. It just sounds like it would be. But I, so I probably shouldn't have said it to John. John. But it's a catchy one. But I don't know the history. So please, the Jingleheimer Schmidt family, you know, or whatever, lullabyfactory.com, don't come after me. But that was John Jay, Libby Babs, Holy Custard, on Facebook, Lauren Shebby. Uh, Bernadette, David T, made nice David T, made nice David T. They made made nice, all three of them made nice comments on the website. Or, or, oh, no, two. Bernadette and David T separately. Thank you. Over on YouTube, we heard from Ryan, Chris W., and James P. And they got a nice email from Angela M. Nice email from Alexandra, helping me with the Spanish vowels in particular so we'll see that that'll be good 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 and i want to thank alexandra and laura they're our moderators over on the facebook group i want to thank scotty and jennifer for helping on the artwork scotty's really helping out here as we get ready to do for some stuff to as we get ready for some announcements here and uh Chris posts two posters in him from Sounds Like an Earful. He's the one. He's the one on our, uh, what do you call it? Uh, he does our theme song. And then over on iTunes, if you want to leave us an iTunes review or subscribe, just go to sleepwithmepodcast.com slash iTunes. We got two lovely reviews. Sarah, uh, S-A-R-Y-H-A. So that makes me want to sing. Sarah, Sarah. No review is as sweet as a review from you. Because Sarah said she's never unsubscribing. Or her, he, I'm sorry if it's a male that I'm messing up. But Sarah said she's been listening to the podcast since March, which is a while. And I said, well, is this a law? Is this Sarah that likes Lost or not? I don't know. But they know it doesn't matter because she never makes it through the first 50. Sarah... Never makes it through the first 15 minutes of a show. So thank you so much. And then Shaylee GB. And I know a Shaylee. She's only, I think she's five or 12. Is somebody that I should be keeping in better touch with. My friend who reminds me of Stannis, his daughter's name, Shaylee. So that's embarrassing because I said, was your daughter four or 16? Your daughter's name's Shaylee, right? No, Shailene. Oh, like the, is your daughter the actress Shailene Woodley? But anyway, let's not get off track. Let's thank Shaylee GB. She says our podcast is revolutionary. And, 
It's like a great for travel at home. Puts puts Shaylee to sleep. Doesn't get to the end of an episode. Like a parent reading a bedtime story. That's why it works. So thank you, Shaylee. Thank you, Sarah. And thank you all for the support. Seriously, uh, my mom thanks you guys. Maybe she's. We just got some news today. And they're going to try again another method to get this thing out. So thank you. you know, we, got, we got the next step in front of us, and that's what we're going to take, the next step. But hey, you guys help me, okay? You help me to take the next step in creating this podcast. And, you know, saying, geez, maybe I could at some point become a human being, you know, a little bit. So thank you so much. And I'm, I'm not being trite at all because I don't know what the hell I'm doing like with it. But it's nice to know that, uh, you know, this is a co, not codependent relationship, but a co, the healthy version of that. I don't know what the hell you call it because I haven't, you know, but, you know, I give, you give, and we all fall asleep. Ring around, Rosie. When I say scooter, that's a depressing. Let's just move on. How about this? We move on to the show. How's that sound? Thanks so much. Uh, let's get on to the the housekeeping. I want to thank Chris Posty Poster from po, Chris Posty Poster. Chris Postal who said, does our music. Sounds like an earful. It's his podcast. I want to thank Scotty and Jennifer on our artwork. On my honor, or whatever that, I think the Terrans used to say something like that. Was it on my honor? When you'd click them, he just do that repeatedly. Hey, there's a couple other ones. You know, Starcraft, it's Starcraft, it's a Starcraft, it's not even a joke. It's, it's, it's a, you know, a blood fryer or something. What did they say? Anyway, I want to thank Scotty and Jennifer. And, uh, you know, for, for doing our artwork, not StarCraft humor. They they don't want to be involved in that. Maybe. I don't know. I don't want to speak for them. They could be, they said, I think a StarCraft 2 came out, but I don't have the equipment for it or the time. We got a Facebook group over at sleepwithmepodcast.com slash nods. And you can join our wonderful moderators. I don't want to thank Alexandra and Laura over there. Keeping the peace. Of mind, the peace and quiet. Uh, hey, you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble falling asleep. Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here to put you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. Uh, all you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. We're going to do the rest. If this is your first time, a couple of times here, your first time here, I'm going to try to be concise tonight. What is the rest? I'm going to create a safe place. And I'm going to reach my hand out to you and say, geez, you're, you can't fall asleep. You know what? You're not alone. Come on over to this safe place I'm trying to create. And what I'm going to try to do is just distract you from whatever's running through your brain, whatever's got you up, tossing, turning, thinking, hurting physically, emotionally, uh, worrying, concerned, mad, angry, Whatever it is that's going through your brain or your body, I'm going to try to distract you from that. What I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you a story. Tonight it's uh, Tales of Lady Witchbeard. Uh, a, a pirate witch. Nice, nice, wonderful woman, though, in my opinion. But I'm going to tell a tale. I'm going to try to get the, get your attention. But I'm going to... In, in, 
I'm not going to quite engage you like a puzzle piece engages another puzzle piece. And I'm gonna, but I'm going to be a bit puzzling, and but not in a good puzzle, not like an Agatha Christie puzzle. More like an adult reading, you know, well, no, I still can't figure out Encyclopedia Brown books anyway. But more like if Sherlock Holmes was reading Encyclopedia Brown. Well, now that's a podcast. Holy, maybe Watson would read it, or Watson would watch and laugh. But anyway, you know, because it probably wouldn't be... Like, maybe before Sherlock Holmes hits his bottom, he's reading Encyclopedia Brown. Or maybe he's like, this guy, maybe he's out to, I don't know. But anyway, if someone like Sherlock Holmes, of incredibly high intelligence, observation, and investigative skills, reading a basic mystery, they'd be able to figure it out here pretty quick. I don't know what any of this has to do with the podcast. So I, I say, geez, I'm, I'm not Sherlock Holmes. I can't even Encyclopedia Brown my way to the metaphor that I was trying to create as a mystery to even me. Encyclopedia Brown in the case of the misplaced metaphor. That would be one of the like two page ones where Encyclopedia Brown just like says, says here, dr- drink some coffee. You'll be fine. But there's something about my my inability to puzzle. My puzzle, the state of being puzzled. I don't know what that's called. Puzzled, I guess. Under pu- pu- puzzled, pu- puzzleized. Pu- 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 non-puzzled. No, that would be non-puzzled. Well, whatever it is. Yo quiero un puzzled. You are the puzzle? Yeah, well... Okay, this isn't the Spanish language. Uh, Anyway, Encyclopedia Brown, thanks for trying to help me with my metaphors. But the point of the podcast is that I get a little lost. I go on, I I, I get sidetracked, I get distracted, I go on meanders. And I don't, you know, I say, geez, I, I don't think I completed the test. I had my number two pencil. Was my pencil sharpened during the test? I can't recall. Uh, he said, I spent a lot of time smelling my eraser, though, and then I created a pile of eraser dust. So I may have had a sharpened pencil because I was definitely erasing things. But that's the podcast, and you say, well, none of that made any sense. I'd say, well, did, were you thinking about all the stuff going through your head But right then when you were trying to listen to me? And maybe you were kind of engaged. You're like, is this guy, is he some, is he making some super point that I, is above me? No. Is he trying to give me any distilled wisdom? No. Just distracting you. Just trying to give you a little pulp. I don't even know what word I just tried. Pleasant, I guess maybe was the word, but I said pla. Pleasant. Pleasant. This podcast is a little bit pleasant. It's uh, puzzling and pleasant. And I tried to distract you. That's it. I tried to use the lulling, soothing tones. I think that's what I was going to say when I said pleasant. It would be a proper tea country that uses, you know, say, we just had high tea. We, we find high tea pleasant. Uh, but that's all I'm going to do. I'm going to try to I'm gonna probably try to pull your awareness out of whatever inside your brain. You just listen to me. And you fall asleep whenever you want. The thing is, the key to this podcast, like I said, is this a safe place, okay? 
And the reason it's a safe place is, you know, because I'm trying to help you fall asleep. But also there's an entire fairly large amount of people that listen to this podcast that it works for. And they just happen to be wonderful people, the people that I hear from. I'm going on an assumption that the rest of you are pretty good people, too. And I'm sure 10% of you, you know, well, you're not, you know, you, you could, and I need improvement. But, you know, look, you know, I'm not saying I, I need a lot of improvement. But, but, but the reason I was saying it's a safe place and the reason I'm reaching my hand out across the deep, dark night is to say, hey, you're not alone. I've been there or somewhere similar where I just can't get to sleep and it becomes a terribly painful or uncomfortable or unpleasant thing. And I'm standing behind me are all these other listeners that are, are either falling asleep or listening and they're going through something like you are. We've got a community and stuff and, you know, we're trying to build that. But, but here's the point. I'm going to try to distract you. But I want you to know, you know, it probably feels like you're alone. And in some sense, you know, it feels like it because you're, you're sitting there in, in, in the night trying to fall asleep. I'm pretty sure it sucks. I might not be able to understand everything you're going through, but I can relate to it and know it, it, it stinks. Uh, and I say, geez, I just want to get a decent night's sleep here. And that's what this podcast is here for. It's an attempt. Now, it's not going to work for everybody. I hope it works for you. And yeah, it's a bit strange, a bit odd, and a bit senseless for sure. No doubt about it. I'm not going to argue that point because it's tough. I mean, I argue with myself all the time, but not right now because I'm heading to the home stretch. So that's it. I'm your boyfriend. You just kick back, listen to me, prattle on. Whenever you feel like falling asleep, go right ahead. But I'm going to try to keep the rest of you engaged, all those other parts of you that are going to worry or complain or, or, or stress out, whatever it is, okay? I'm going to try to take this tone. And in all honesty, I'm glad you're here, and I hope I help you fall asleep. All right, thanks for listening. All right, everybody, welcome to uh, another episode of uh, Tales of Lady Witchbeard. Uh, I said, well, I don't have quite a good intro for this yet. It's a new, our new series, though, and it's uh, one of the tales of Lady Witchbeard. Maybe I'll think of something better, but uh, for now... Welcome to another episode of the Tales of Lady Witchbeard. And then, what is it? Is this, is this season have a title? Good question. I'm working on it. Uh, so as I'm waiting, uh, you know, because the, the title would reveal too much at this point that I'm well. Okay, well, is this a political debate podcast? Okay, yeah. Welcome to another episode of Tales of Lady Witchbeard. Who, who, if you if you missed the episode one and the pre, you know episode one last week, Lady Witchbeard's a witch, a pirate witch, or a witch that became a pirate, who I became friends with, set off on a quest, uh, and, and so we set off on a quest, and then we were kicked by a giant. Last week we were in a pirate ship. Let me give you the, the two-cent tour. Well, you know, there was a little bit of world-building, but first we started off in a pirate ship. Myself, and I'm not exactly a member of her pirate crew, her crew of sea cowboys, as she calls them. And she seems to be the commander, the captain of the ship. 
Let's see, Captain, is that a... So, I'm working for Lady Witchbeard. I'm on a quest with her. We're at sea, sea ship, 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 right out of the movies, pirate ship, on a, uh, out on the ocean, the sea. And we were looking at the coast. There was a little bit of a, some cannon play going on. We were observing it. At first, I thought we were under attack. It turns out we weren't under attack. But, and then I said, well, Jesus, and the lady, which we said, you know, she calls me germ. She said, why don't you, because it was the ships were sinking their own ships for some reason. And then I was, and then the crew was picking at me. And then it was all of a sudden, Hernan Cortez showed up, but in a giant, like a 40, 50, 60 foot Hernan Cortez conquistador, a Spanish colonialist, however you refer, refer to it, Hernan Cortez, in his pith helmet or whatever the hell those are called, silver breastplate or steel, I don't know, but he kicked our ship. At first he came and, you know, if a giant's coming towards your ship, one probably say, well, it's not good. This was a huge giant. On top of that, he looked bigger because he had the ability to skate or dance on water or he was some sort of water walking giant. And he kicked our ship. But right, I said, well, I am sworn somehow. I can't, you know, I'm protecting Lady Witchbeard. I dove overboard with Lady Witchbeard. Ship got kicked, you know, punted, I guess, in some sense. And I swam to shore with Lady Witchbeard. And that was the dawn when I left. And I said, like I said in the episode, I was, I'm was i a pretty good swimmer. To answer the next sensible question, no, I was never a lifeguard. You know, way too much. I got way too much anxiety for that kind of job. And they said, well, that's exactly the kind of job a hypervigilant person should be. No, no, I'm, I'd be so hypervigilant, I'd be undone by it. You know, so, but I can, I, I was able to swim with Lady Witchbeard. I got a little board under her back, too. And uh, we, we swam to shore, but, it, you know, it was a long way. And as we swam, I got tired. You know, the water sucks your energy out, but we were moving it, and I was keeping her. So at some point, we made we made the shore. And I said, well, I don't know. It was warm water. I don't know if we're in a gulf. But I said, and then I just said, well, I'm still conscious. And then as soon as I hit the beach, I dragged Lady Witchbeard up 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 towards. The middle of the beach, I couldn't drag her anymore. I said, "Well, let's get out of the uh, let's get out of the tide." And I said, "Well, I don't know anything about tides, really," but I pulled her up on the beach. No, no one around where we we made sure. But I was heading towards where I thought the ship had landed, or the parts of the ship. The big, you know, we punted it. This giant Cortez, and uh, you know, part of the ship, you know, the bulk of it. It crashed, so, but, but anyway, by the time we got to shore, I was so exhausted. I, I'm pretty sure I passed out with Lady Witchbeard. Now, when I woke, uh, now I'll get into character. Well, not character, but, you know, I, I'm more, as a narrator of this tale, I'm trying to be a little more responsible than I am with my normal life. And that's not as a storyteller, that's as a participant in the story. You know, the stakes are much higher when when you're... Uh, what is it? Am I a first-person narrator? 
third per I'm not omni omniscient I'm this I don't you know I'm there so we're, we're anyway I awake on the beach and at first I hear the sounds of the lapping water call of a couple gulls uh, the sea breeze playing in the palm fronds and I say oh boy and man I say man I must be uh, I must have been a dream and then I feel the grit of the sand the itch of the sand uh, coldness of, of the, I, I say, oh boy, did I go on a bender? Did I fall off the way? Oh no. And I feel sand and I, I try to pee and I say, what, is, what happened to, and I try to, and I say, oh, wait a minute, Cortez. And then I sit up and I see that it's, uh, I see that it's just past dawn or dusk. I'm not 100% sure. And I, I, I get sand on me. I'm really irritable. Not to mention I just woke up. I feel sluggish. I'm wiping the sand off me. I'm, I'm damp, but I'm mostly, I said, well, geez, I must have been here a while because I'm pretty dry. And I was wearing one of those pirate, one of those like linen shirts. I said, well, these really do work. I can see why some of these pirate types wear these shirts. They dried out pretty nice. And I said, I know cotton's not wicking, but I said, I got a nice airflow here. But I look around, I see the sea, empty, empty ocean, empty sea. Is this a sea or an ocean? No idea. And I, you know, I feel the breeze, and then I, boom, it hit my lady witchbeard, and I start looking around. And I mean, you know when you... You go from zero to full panic when you you know when you're the feeling that you're missing your wallet, but then you're like, well, this isn't my wallet. It's a, it's a grown witch, pirate witch woman. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm trying to keep her safe, and somehow my fate is tied to her. Plus, I really don't know exactly. I said, well, geez, we just ran into Hernan Cortez as a giant. Our ships, I said, well, you know, you know, a bunch of, not that many thoughts were going to me, but I was worried about, and then I started crawling around, uh, but not too far from me. I saw Lady Witchman. Now, at some point, I must have, or maybe she did, but I saw that it was m- my path, my body. I had buried her in the sand a bit because they said she's covered in that black. Uh, now, she has switched to some sort of pirating outfit. I think when we started, oh no, actually maybe she had a, like she had on that witch's cloak style thing, but that had come off, but so she had on like those, uh, I said, I didn't want to touch her material when she was asleep, that's creepy as anything, she's passed out, but she had on those pants, they're not culottes, but they're not long pants, they're pirate style pants, cuffed at the, the, what do you call that thing, your calf. Clarity boots, all black. I didn't know if her pants were leather. But they said, well, they're a little bunchy. And then she had one of those piratey shirts like mine, but mine was more of a pre-stained color, like a washed-out blue. And uh, hers was black. And then she, but anyway, I said, I, I looked and I stared at her. And now Lady Witchford's got a lovely neck, and her shirt was unbuttoned. She was wearing it, but I watched a little pit of her center of her neck. 
and it was moving up and down, and her green skin was uh, wasn't glowing. I don't know if green's a color you'd say glows, but it was moist. And I said, "Well, that's a good sign, moist." And I said, "When they asked, I was, and I she's not a dog. I'm not checking her done." But I saw her breathing, and I said, I, I cleared my throat a little tight, you know, so I quit nothing. And then I yawned, and I said, what am I doing? I said, Lady Witchbeard, and I, I kind of just shook her, and she didn't, she didn't do anything. She was still thoroughly unconscious, I'd say, but breathing. And I say, well, she, I don't think she's comatose because she was, uh, she kind of reacted when I shook her, but not like a, like she was in a deep sleep or something. I don't know. But I had buried her in the sand and now I was like, well, I better, and I said, well, I should have asked her if witches sunburn because the sun was starting to rise. I knew I would sunburn. And I, I said, what's well, a good thing of one thing I brought with me? And I said it was a it was a uh, never, but believe it or not, a totally unrelated story to this one. But I had gotten into Wonka's factory and an everlasting sunscreen steak that I had in my back pocket, so I was covered. But I said I don't know what kind of rays wishes worry about you. And then I started. Then I heard a sound, and I hit the I hit the deck, but it was sand, you know. It, I, and I heard a rustling, and then I heard a, a guttural, you know, and I said, oh, crap. And there was a rise in the scene, and I, I tried to drag Lady Bush, but then I tried to bury her. And I was frantically burying Lady Witchbeard, went right over the rise of the sand, like around the bend of the beach. A little bit of the beach came out. Just enough that there was a rise that I couldn't see around it directly. You know, I could see a ways down the shore. But around that, that rise, I heard somebody coming, and I said, oh, boy. And then I, so I covered Lady Witchbeard, and then I lied over her head. Like I was, like I, was uh, I had my elbows behind me, so her head was under me. And then her body was buried in the sand like a worse than a child would bury someone. So not exactly. I said, hopefully these guys aren't sand inspectors. And I tried to act as, you know, cool as possible for me. And I said, cross my legs, uncross my legs, you know. And I said, I think I, I had her buried. And I said, well, I said, I'm trying to think of a good lie. And... uh and then over the bend came these three dudes, and I recognized them as uh, sea pirates from Lady Witchbeard's ship. I mean, not exactly by name. I, I said, well, they were clean-shaven. Uh, two out of three of them had uh, cowboy hats as opposed to a pirate cat, you know, which I said, geez, isn't they just kind of the same hat turned? Now, none of them had jeans. At some point, Lady Witchbeard had banned dungarees from every ship she sails on. You know, probably just jeans in, in 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 the ocean. I don't know why I never asked her. She said, you know, when I packed to set sail with her, you know, she threw all my dungarees. Actually, it was in the pond at the uh, bed and breakfast, but not important. So these guys are coming. I recognize them, and I said, I recognize one guy. 
and he was kind of, his name, I called him Bert. I don't know if that was the name. That's why I called him in my head. And I said, again, I, I should have done more. I, I don't know. I said, I know there's like the captain. And then I know there's the first mate, the second mate, I think. The third mate, bosun, I think, is another term. A couple other things, but I have no idea. But these dudes, I don't know what to, I said, one of the Bert, the Bert, Bert guy. And the reason I called him Bert is because he, he uh, one time I saw him without his hat on. And his head was kind of dome-like with a little poofy poof up there of hair, just a little bit. Almost like he had a cupcake of hair on his head, you know, like Bert from Bert and Ernie. I think that's what Bert, but, but I called him Bert. And, and only in my head, but he, he was higher up. But, and then Lady Witchbeard, I don't know, I haven't been with the crew very long, days barely. You know, I hadn't even thought of mean nicknames for everybody, just Bert. And then these other two guys, I called them the Schlub Brothers. Just then I said, oh, there's Bert and the Schlub Brothers. And I said, oh, and they, said, they, don't, they didn't look like they were brothers, which gave, gave me a little laugh. And they said, Bert said, Germ, what are you doing here? And I said, in, in, uh, uh, waiting for you guys. How you doing? Good to see you. And they see they 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 sat down and they they, they looked wiped. And they said, the rest of the crew's gone. Right. Uh, and I said, well, that's too bad. And then they, 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 the Shaw brothers, they walked behind me while Bert was engaged. And I said, well, that's not good. Uh, you don't want people behind you, especially cowboy pirates. I turn around and I say, hey, hey, guys, you know, I'm into eye contact. You know, active listening is my thing. And uh, they say, they say, you know, they started giving give me tirades, I guess, or going off on me. And they say, you know, I write, who, who was the giant? Am I in cahoots with the giant? It would cost them a ship. And then they would weep, they would weep too. Everyone, so it was, it took forever because I think they all, they thought Lady Witchbeard was gone. And they thought I was in, and they said, what did you break? You know, because I hadn't moved because I was trying to cover up Lady Witchbeard's head. And at this point, the sun was rising, too, so I said it was partially just to keep her safe, but also, and they were yelling at him, I had to call me germ and uh, making fun of my, and at some point, they start rolling, you know, when you go off on somebody, and then you got two other people encouraging you, they start getting really mad, because they said that uh, the ship had been, what was left of the ship had been burned, and uh, they, they do, I don't know, this, whatever Cortez's crew had got to it or something. And I said, uh, well, how did you guys survive? And then they they looked and they said they were on second shift or third shift. And I said, so, I said and? And they said oh, they slept in the cannons. Or so. I said, wait a second, you guys sleep in the... They said, so when the ship got kicked, you know, whatever, the cannon, I think, 
Somehow they said, I said, wait a second, did the cannons, and they said, never you mind, germ. And I said, well, if it's my job to mind, I said, I do mind, doesn't matter. I said, so you guys sleep in the cannons. And I said, back up, humor me, humor me. And I was trying to calm them down, but I was also okay. And they said, yeah, 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 we seriously, it's great, it's like so cozy in there. And I said, what are you guys, the cannon boys? And then no, no response to that one. They didn't think, I guess they didn't think that was funny. But I said, okay, when the ship was kicked, did the cannons stay on the ship or were they ejected from the ship? And then one of the cannon boys, formerly whatever, the Schlub brothers, the, one of the cannon, one of the Schlub brothers, and I said, well, you guys, they were all uh, cowboy build. You know, B-U-I-L-D, these guys, you know, thin. Not as thin as right. I said, well, I probably could fit in. But they, they were going, and they started extolling the virtues of sleeping in a cannon. And they said, you know, stable temperature. And I said, well, what happens if there's a bell? He said, that's the thing. It was Lady Witchbeard. She, she said, you know, then you just pull yourself out of the cannon and we're on duty right there. And, you know, the cannon was self-sterile. I said, wow, this could have been a breakthrough back in the day. And, I, and anyway, I said, okay, guys, I got too much. And I said, what, you, what about in the sun? Is the cannon? And they said, no, no, no. I said, and I said well, this is like a ca-. I said, you guys ever, you guys use cast iron? Yeah, there's a whole cast iron comeback. You know, I'm a cast iron man. So maybe I could be a good cannon sleeper, too. And then they got mad because uh, Shula Brother, he said, my cannon's at the bottom of the sea. And then the other two, they said the cannons were taken by the other soldiers. And then, uh, they, then they said, they're gonna, they started saying they are going to take me, you know, deal with me, you know, to avenge Lady Witchbeard. And then it, it, they, they said I did a rollover. I said, oh, really? And then uh, they saw Lady Witchbeard, and then they were weeping again with joy. And they were really worried about her. And I said, and they said, ah, but then it ends up that one of the Schlub brothers, who was one of the, the ship's surgeon or whatever. And I said, a Schlub brother, I said, you're a cannon sleeper and the surgeon. I said, don't you? He said, I'm not going to sleep with sick people. Are you kidding me? He goes, sterile, the cane is in. I said, okay. So he was checking out Lady Witchbeard. And he said, she's in some kind of, you know, I think he said catatonic or meta, metabolic. I said, metabolic state? I said, what? But I said, you think Lady Witch? I said, I got this perpetual uh, stick of sunscreen. I said, you know, should I slap some on her face or should we get her up to the, he said, yeah, we got to get her some water. And he set Bert off to find water, and he said, don't get caught, Bert. And then we dragged Lady Witchbeard, the three of us, uh, up into, you know, under some palm trees, up past the beach. And it was quiet. I was a little bit, you know, I said, well, what about these guys, uh, Cortez's men or whatever. And then Bert, surprisingly enough, came back with some coconuts. Or something I said, they look like a coconut. And I said, man, he's, he's, he's pretty ingenious. He started uh, 
And he took them down to a rock, and he was smashing them on some coral or something, and then they were feeding Lady Witchbeard uh, coconut water. I said, well, that's going to be good for her. And then they, 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 they we gathered around, and we were just eating the leftover of the coconut meat and talking, and they were saying, you know, what, who, what was that giant germ? What would happen? And I said, well, I said, that's Hernan Cortez, Spanish conquistador. And they said, well, who is in control of the giant? I said, no idea. I said, I said the last thing I expected to see was a giant uh, Hernan Cortez, uh, you know. And they kind of said, they, the surgeon, he must have gone to medical. So he said, what do you mean in a giant Hernan Cortez? Who's this Hernan Cortez? And I said, well, you guys don't know? And they said, we, you know, we're on a knee, and I, we, we had a long, you know, bo- for a boring podcast. It'd be straight boring because they said, you think maybe there's different levels of education there. With the, so we were having to explain to the other guys. And then they said, these guys aren't even verse. I said, these guys are traveling the metaverse. But for some reason, this uh, the other schlub brother, we'll call him schlub, he didn't even know. Every It must have been every time they had to explain it to him, like a new world. So they said, and, uh, but anyway, they said, who's this Hernan Cortez? That's the main thing. Wicked boring to try to explain it all. But I told him, I said, I don't really get it, but we're here. And, you know, he's the guy, we're here for him. And they said, again, a lot of detail back and forth, but they said, basically, we're here to stop him. That's the mission. I believe, I don't want to speak for Lady Witchbeard. And they said, well, she might not be. And they said, and they said who is this man? I said, a bad man, I think, from my understanding of him, which is only based on one song, and maybe some tests I didn't study for, you know, about explorers. And they said, well, why was he a giant? I said, that one, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's the metaverse or the transverse. I don't know if he's, a man, you know, a, you, it could be UFOs. Sometimes they say UFOs are involved. And they, then, oh, I shouldn't have brought that up. Because these guys... A couple of them were pirates, I said, from the pirate days. I mean, uh, Schlub, I don't know. He might have been an original pirate that became a cowboy. The other two had been cowboys on the range. I don't know, a giant hassle going back. And I said, yeah. But I said, this guy's a bad man. Lady Witchbeard wants to stop him. He's up to no good. I, I think, I don't know. I'm not 100% clear on all Lady Witchbeard's motives, guys. I, I can't I can't make any guarantees. Uh, but it was a lot of back and forth. But, but to be honest, like to harken back to the bed and breakfast and the time I spent with Lady Witchbeard, I, I was being honest with these guys. I still uh, didn't understand 100% of what we were doing. I just knew, and it's hard for me now to even explain and make it clear. But there was also a sense of foreboding as they got the details that I had, like, right before me and Lady Witch, because, you know, we'll get to the facts of uh, how and why. But not long after I had decided to go with Lady Witchbeard on this mission, part of, you know, 
to deal with Hernan Cortez, to get Hernan Cortez. You know, after I exposed Lady Witchbeard to the song Cortez the Killer by Neil Young, I, uh, and then I had, you know, I had to take on, I, I had to help her. Uh, but I was also excited, I think, like I said, I think I had a crush on Lady Witchbeard or an infatuation with her. And in maybe a need to impress her or to win her favor, but also like to, uh, she she was a leader, and, and I don't know how to describe it. But it was like as I listened to that song with her, I would get caught up on. I wasn't even sure she said we're going to do, do you deal with this or not. And she said, this is what I've been waiting for. This is the mission of free me. Because she had been banned from the the, the the world of the 12 seas where she was a pirate, you know. Again, way too many, way too much backstory to deal with. And, you know, mid-level, that's full-level boring stuff. But and not long after I had sworn to it, there was a couple times where... I'd be going out in the garden. I'd be trying to get stuff in my personal life under control. Uh, I said, I said, part of you know, the deal with me going was I'm coming back no matter what. And uh, but this one time, the woman that ran the bed and breakfast, she had stopped me coming out, and because I was packing, I was bringing some stuff to me, and then that's when Lady Witchbeard, not long, where she's like, no dungarees, and I said, no one calls them dungarees, and she said, no jeans or whatever, but not long after that, I had brought a, she, yeah, she said, sit down, and she, you know, bed and breakfast, another thing that's common, there are these horribly uncomfortable and useless, no offense, Wrought iron table and chair sets. They usually have them set out in a garden somewhere. Usually there's a sundial involved nearby. And probably like a couple frog sculptures. But usually there's these wrought iron chairs in a table, usually in a two or four. They usually get forgotten about and overgrown with grass and moss. And I think they're probably heavy as hell. Probably cost somebody a boatload of money. And usually they're either faded black or faded white in a gray. Or they've been recently painted. Now, these ones at the bed and breakfast, they had a wonderful pantina of black and white. and But they were clean at the same time. She said, have a seat here. And I said, oh, great. This is going to give me a back, you know, a wrought iron ache. I said, that's the last thing I want to do is sit on wrought iron. Now, meanwhile, I know I'd be hanging out with these dudes that would sleep in cannons. I don't know if they're wrought iron or not, but she told me, sit down. And she said, are you getting ready to go somewhere? And I said, yeah, I'm going. I said, but yeah, Lady Witchbeard's probably checking. I don't know what's your checkout policy. I don't. And she said, she smiled and tapped my hand. And she said, I'm worried about her. And I said, well, that's nice. I said, well, yeah, she's great, the lady witch beard. And she said, be careful. Uh, be careful with her. And I said, well, you know, I, I know, I know. And I say, uh, and she said, I, and she gave me that look like, because uh, this was a mother, mothering type figure. I, mean, I said, well, I don't know if she had any kids, actually, but, but to me, 
she gave me that look like uh, your friends give you when it's like, you, you know, you don't got a chance with Lady Witchbeard. Which a couple of the crew had told me many a time, germ, you know, and I said, I'm not even been on the ship five minutes. And I said, but it, it, she gave me that look. And I said, is that, does she, does she know, did Lady Witchbeard tell her she doesn't like me? Or is it just, a, is it, am I reading too much into this look? If I was more confident, would I get, have a chance with Lady Witchbeard? Uh, does Lady Witchbeard only date? And I said, I don't even know what the hell a male witch is, a green man? He said, it's more of like a freaking leprechaun. I said, green looks good on her, but on a dude? But then she, she patted me again because I think I was talking. And she said, be careful what you're about to unleash on the world. And then I said, whoa, whoa that's a three, you know, 180, not a 360. He said, I said, you mean her? And I, she, she's on a mission of uh, righteousness. And uh, I said, you, has she talked to you about the mission? Because I'm not clear on it. And she she, she shrugged. And she said, I'm merely the proprietor. But, you know, I gain a certain, yeah, she, she said, I've gained a, you know, a certain understanding of the frailty of the, the people of the world. And, the, you know, and she, I think she's here talking about metaphysics at some point, but I was watching this bee that was circling, and I said, is she going to, I said, if I tell her about the bee, I stopped listening, and I said, it was a loud bee, I'm surprised. But I said, if I, if I interrupt her, uh, but I think she was telling me something important, unfortunately, is it, and I, maybe my subconscious wrote it down, but it never does. But I said, if I tell her about the bee, she'll get nervous and they'll sting her, or she'll swing at it and they'll sting me. And I said, I'm not a big, big bee fearer, but I, and I said, so I, I was distracted. But she, then she was like, well, what's the most important thing to you? And I said, well, uh, Miss Lady Witchbeard, I said, I just want to make sure we get back safe and sound. And she said, this isn't where she belongs. She, she's just here. Uh, she was biding her time until someone came, you know. And I said, well, I want to make it back. You know, I, I have people I love in this world that I want to make it back to that I care about. And I don't want to see anything bad happen to Lady Witchbeard either. And then she said something like, you had a dilemma. And I said, well, well I, I said, I don't really, I, I don't see a choice. You know, I'm going to use... I said, right, I said, I can go on the transfer's plane and come back, and it'll be like I was only gone for a day, right? And she said, and she said, yeah, I'm, yeah, that sounds correct. And I said, I'm not going to be like any Marty McFly level complications, correct? And she said, yeah. And I said, and I can get candy, a ton of candy, right? And she said, yeah. And I said, okay, so. Uh, I said, so I should be fine. I said, you know, my, I'm not going to be, like, I'm not going to age 50 years if I go there. And she said, no, she was just, she started laughing at my hyper. She says, if you're so worried, why would you even go? And I said, I don't really have a choice, and I mean that on more than one level. 
you know, because if I only been at one level, I'd probably change my mind. I said, let me tell you really quick about a dream I had, and I'll explain it. I, I said, one time I had this dream that aliens or UFOs had come to Earth, and they came to me, and they said, we want you to come with us to our world, uh, but you, you, know, you can never come back to yours. But this is your chance. You can come with us. You can see our world, our ships, you know, all cool outer space stuff. And it's awesome. And, you know, don't worry. This isn't some kind of weird trick, Twilight Zone trick. But you can come on us. We can guarantee it's going to be an adventure. But you won't, we won't be coming back to Earth ever again. Because, you know, they said we can't even explain it to you. And this isn't, you know, they said again, this isn't a trick. But, you know, do you want to come? And I think they said even, they said, trust me, you'll have some earthly stuff so you won't get sad. But you'll never see anybody from Earth again. And I I said I debated it and then I went with them. And it was incredibly crushing to think about missing my family and stuff. And this was before I had a child. Uh, but it was incredibly painful. I remember being on the spaceship as we left Earth and weeping and weeping and weeping. But at the same time being glad I didn't pass up the chance at an adventure that I wouldn't be able to forgive myself for. And I, the woman was quiet from the bed and breakfast, and uh, I said, but this gives me a chance to come back, right? And she said, just be careful, you know, and, and she said, I'm sure you'll have a choice whether to come back or not. And I said, that sounds like some sort of, uh, you know, Bostonian bargain. And she laughed, and I said, yeah, Faustonian, you know, I meant Faustonian. And then she laughed again. I said, well, I don't know why she's laughing now. And she said, she, she tapped my hand. She said, see me before you go. Make sure you say goodbye. I said, okay. But I had always reminded it had created some doubt in me about this idea. But I said again, just like the dream, you know, what choice is there? Like, uh, I can't, I couldn't let Lady Witchbeard go after Hernan Cortez or Rushies and go into another world. And then sleep at night thinking about her being gone. Me, not me. I said, maybe I would never see her again. Battling Hernan Cortez without me there to, you know, honestly, I wish it. Because ideally, my plan was to learn as much as I could about him. Now, that didn't happen clearly. But I said, I don't think I could live in my world without going. Anyway, this internal debate, no need to share it. But, but, but anyway, to go jump back to the beach, you know, these guys, they were on my case, the three, three uh, Shaw brothers and Bert, and they, uh, they, uh, they'd probably spent so much time with Lady Witchbeard, they had, uh, they had said, well, Jesus must be some sort of magic, or what if the giant, they started coming up with these cockamamie theories, but they wouldn't hear, they said, what if the giant's magic? They were really worried about which which because we tried dropping water on her. We even put a crab in her toes, and uh, it didn't wake her up, tickling her. 
you know, all sorts of stuff. So they said, well, you know, they were convinced. And then I know, I said, what else is it? Well, I could tell. And they said, well, you know, they, they said, uh, they'd never seen Lady Witchbeard fall like this. And they said, it must be, they, they were convinced whoever, I guess they were so impressed with Lady Witchbeard and her powers or whatever, their history with her. That she had never been opposed, especially by a 60-foot giant of a Spanish conquistador. And they said, probably if you run into a conquistador in general, it'd be like probably pretty inter- in- intimidating. Uh, but they, they'd be gone. And then they said, then I, Lady Witchbeard still wasn't waking up. And, I was wor- and this guy was a doctor or a ship surgeon or cowboy. Anyway, and they said, we need a, what if we just get this, if we get this Cortez, we can go back. And I said, I thought you guys were banned from the 12 seas. And they said, really? And I said, yeah, never to return. And they said, are you from the, and I said, no, I'm from a world of seven seas. And I said, as a matter of fact, this is a world of seven. And they said, we can set sail somewhere else. We'll take one of his ships. And I said, I think he sank all his ships. And they said, no, 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 no. No one sinks all their ships. They said, we'll take out this Cortez. There's no way. And then we went through. And they said, you know, he must be some magic man. And I said, no, no, no. And then they they said, Germ, this is serious business. You know, we need to, they, I said, they had to gather themselves into some sort of fear-based frenzy. And I saw about it. I said, are you guys missing your, sh- are you guys ship-based? Like, you don't like, you're not landlubbers. And they said, yeah, we need to get back to piracy. This isn't, what the hell? And I said, and they said, where the hell is this Cortez? And I said, as far as I can tell, he's headed to the palace in the sun. Uh, and I started singing. And I said, yeah, this isn't a new. I said, he's looking for the new world in the palace in the sun. And they said, well, where? And I said, inland. Like, uh, I said, it. I only looked on Wikipedia once. I looked far, but I didn't look at it. I said, I'm pretty sure it's a ways. And they said, well, geez, we're trying to, uh, we're going to organize. I don't know. They said, uh, oh, they said, well, he's probably still, if he's going inland, he's saying, they they were like, he's he's not going to be expecting an attack. This will be our one chance to take him out. And they said, Lady Witchbeard must have planned on taking him out, you know. And I said, you guys are making a lot of assumptions, speaking for Lady Witchbeard. And then they said, this is serious business germ. You know, what, and then I, they said, what if she never wakes? What, what, what is your plan? Like, what if uh, taking out Cortez wakes her up? And I said, well, what if Cortez, uh, the mission would be done? Would that send me back? And I, I said, I think I remember. To, I said, well, I said, that would get the mission done. And I started counting my chickens or my eggs. I said, well, it's okay. And I said, you, so you guys, he said, are you guys any good at taking anything out? And Schlub, 
He said, "Oh yeah, he Schlub said he was the uh, uh, is like a was a professional. He, he's like the man they have sneak on enemy ships and stuff." So they said, "Yeah, we'll create a diversion." And they said, "Let's find them." And Bert was hella good at it. He had found the water and stuff. He said, I'm pretty sure. So he comes back. He says, I found their trail. And then we uh, we take turns carrying Lady Witchbeard on our backs. So we take turns carrying her on our back. And we're following her trail. And at some point, Bert's like, let's go off. And we go up a little rise. And we start to hear the chitter-chatter of an uh, army on the move. Or uh, they had camped. And Bert and the guys, they said, well, I trust them, I guess. And they, and they said we're, they were into guerrilla warfare style fighting, as I would describe it. When I said that to them, they just stared at me. But they said, yeah, yeah, we'll sneak. And we know what we're doing. And then they said, you know, they were counting the sentries or whatever the hell term they, you know, because they, they said and they talked about, you know, how Lady Richbeard was big into invading port base, you know, port. I don't know. It, it, it tells the pirates in the 12 seas. All these adventures they had been on. But they said, uh, you know, don't worry. They said, you stay here with Lady Witchbeard. And we're in some green foliage. And I said, well, what if you guys fail? And they said, well, what difference? What they said, uh, hopefully she'll wake up. They say, you better hope we don't, you know, but we're, we know worse off than we are now. And they said, well, you guys probably will be because, you know. And they said, but yeah, I'll be. They said, I'd technically be worse off because I wouldn't have you guys to get water and you kind of know what you're doing. But they said, don't worry, because they, they had scouted the camp up. And there was a couple big tents, and then they, I said, well, where's Cortez? And then they started to watch, and they were showing me who was a soldier. And I said, it was pretty hard. I said, I said you guys can see that far? But the only thing I could see was shiny stuff and some tents, uh, and I smelled something. I said, that smells good. I was I realized I hadn't eaten anything but coconut. And then next thing you know, they were off. And we had relocated a little bit closer to the camp, so then the food even smelled better. But they went off, and I was watching them for a while. And they said, we're going to create a, a something, you know. I think they said they would wait I don't know, something about wild animals, or I say, I, I, again, I gotta be better at listening. But, but they, they, I, I kept my eye on, uh, what's his name? Schlub, Schlub uh, the Schlub brother. Because I said, well, he, he must know what he's doing, and I was following, but, he, and I watched him, he was at the edge of his clearing, and we had a straight shot, and I, and I didn't even ask, think to ask him, I was like, is he using poison darts, or, uh, you know what, and I, and and they 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 had a, and then I was pretty. I was like, "Geez, I don't know how they even identified Cortez." They said, "Oh, they were they had good memories." I said, "Man, they, these guys would be good cops." Because they said, "All I know is he had that helmet and the breastplate and the eyes." I said, "You know, he had squirrely eyes like a conquistador would." And he's the only conquistador I knew would be here, maybe. 
And maybe the, I said, hey, I'm not sure any other conquistadors I know off the top of my head. And they said, if you work for a conquistador, and they said, Germ, stop talking. This was before they had left. But my gist of it was Schlub was going to go in there and take out Cortez. And the other two were either a distraction or a backup plan. I don't know. Uh, but I was waiting around, and I, like I said, Schlub was down there. And he was even motionless for a while. And they said, oh, yeah, they're waiting for nightfall, so they're camped out. So that was so boring. Oh, man. Like, just sitting there waiting. And then I said, well, I kind of got to wait because I got to wait and see what happens. And I said, geez. And then I noticed, I said, man, I got lucky with this sunscreen from the Walker factory. Must have, uh, and it wasn't getting bit by any bugs. But that didn't, and then I said, well, that's great, but, uh. I mean, I guess it was good to have a little gratitude in the jungle. Uh, but so, and then the night fell, and it basically what I was doing was, uh, I was trying to be quiet. They said, just be quiet, you know, don't do anything dumb, germ. So I was, uh, I, I was singing to Lady Witchbury, then I was playing the drums on her, uh, I guess this is probably not the best thing to be telling anybody, but on her breastplate. Now, I didn't touch anything, just on the breastbone. I was playing the drums, hoping to wake her up with my fingertips, you know. Upper, you know, there's the breastplate bone is not near the breasts, right? Let me see. Yeah. And then I was doing other, you know, but but anyway. Uh, but right as the night fell, uh, you know, and it started to get darker, and then, uh, you know, the camp started to quiet down. And again, like I said, I think I was too far, far away. And it was just chitter-chatter. But anyway, I was watching Schlub. And I was waiting for him to make his move. And I said, well, she's And then I noticed him tense. And I said, well, maybe that's just my imagination. But all of a sudden, I saw, I saw the corner of my eye coming down because there was some moonlight. I saw the other two guys across, like, the other side of the camp in the woods. And I, I said, well, I hope that camp can't see them. But I said, well, I guess I was kind of looking for them. And I got like an upper view. And anyway, they were getting close. But then all of a sudden I noticed Lady Witchbeard gasped. And it wasn't super loud. Like the camp was far off. And I think they could hear it. But I looked down and then she grabbed my arm. And she gasped again. She said, Charm. Where are we? And I said, I said, in the jungle or the forest, I'm not sure. And she said, what happened? I said, we got, remember we got kicked by, oh, well, we got out of the boat. But, but uh, I said, and she said, well, you know, that was magic. And I said, it was, it was, no, it was my hard work uh, swimming us to shore, not magic. Could have used some magic, but magic of buoyancy. And back kick. And staying calm, Lady Witchbeard. As a matter of fact, staying calm. And, uh, and she said, oh, no, the giants. And she said, where's my crew? And I said, they're gone, Lady Witchbeard. She said, gone where? I said, you know, the big boat in the bottom of the, wherever you guys go. And as a matter of fact, your boat's gone, too. And she said, she said, and she said, Cortez. And I said, don't worry, he's not long for this world. 
And she said, is that a clue? And I said, he's gonna, he's not going to make it much longer. And she said, what do you mean, Charm? She got really agitated. And I said, you know that guy? I said, you don't know who Bert is. And I said, oh, boy, this is me. I said, there's a guy called Bert. You know the guy, some of the guys that live in the cannon on, like, the second or third shift? One of them, some kind of doctor. One of them, I, I said, do you guys have a word? And she said, you're the cannon boys. She said, what about them, Jeremy? I said, well, three of them made it. They They lived. And they're going to take out Cortez for us, and then we can just go home, and you guys can go back to the life of Pirate's life for thee. Isn't that great? Because we're worried about you. And, you know, they made many. I said, you know, what? She said, what? She said, no, Germ. And she said, you've rushed into something here. And I said, no, no, we didn't rush into anything. We really discussed it, debated. You know, and she, she sat up. And then she said, where? And I said, well, Schlub is down there. The other guys are there. And I said, there's tents. I don't know who's sent. And then she, like, closed her eyes. And I could tell she was bringing on some magic. I said, she she got into some magic. Uh, she's goodness. And I said, you know, Schlub's, I still can see Schlub. And I said, I can kind of see the other two guys. And I said, they're about to move in. And she said, silence, germ. And then I noticed her doing some spell-type stuff. She was going, calling, I don't know. And then all of a sudden she, she said, I don't know, I'm not, I haven't spent enough time with her. As a matter of fact, this might have been the first, uh, you know, big-time spell-casting thing. And I wasn't 100% paying attention because she had just, you know, snapped at me. So I was feeling, you know, when you turn red, when you, you you have a crush on someone, or you're obsessed with them, and also you're serving, you know, or, you know, you get embarrassed, make a mistake at work, you get embarrassed too. So I was feeling a little red. I was trying to, you know, I guess I was defensive, but all of a sudden, like out of her fingertips or something out of the air, oh shot! Like he's a electric razor, and there was already a hubbub in camp. And then I heard Schlub yell out, and, and there was, like, explosions. Not big explosions, but for a quiet night, I said, geez, was that an explosion? And then she shot him more, and I heard, I said, it was that sounded like Bert, because when he was yelling at me. And then I said, whoever the other guy was, he probably, I don't remember, he didn't say much. Uh, the doctor, I guess I would call but he may have said, and I said, what she said? They're gone. And she said, come with me now. And I said, where? She said, to Cortez. And I said, wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry, what? I said, Lady, Lady Wishbear, I'm totally confused. And she grabbed me by my arms and stared me in the eyes. And she said, I'm very disappointed in your germ. And I said, Lady Wishbear, and she said, I said, well, we were just trying to help you. And she said, we need to make things, fix things. She said, to Cortez's camp. And I said, to his camp, you just, I said, did you take Cortez out? And she said, no, I took out the cannon boys. And I said, well, that was what it sounded like, but I just thought that wouldn't make any sense. And she said, come on. And she grabbed me and we headed down. 
and she was kind of limping, so I was kind of, you know, she was exhausted probably. And we headed to, to, to Cortez's camp, but we'll head to bed now. And I said, that's what I said to the lady. I said, shouldn't we get a good night's sleep? And she said, no, we need it. But that's a whole nother debate for next week. So I'm glad you're here, and I hope I helped you fall asleep. You know, it was, uh, you know, dealing with, she's a lady, you know, but at least the lady which we is awake. So that's good. All right. So get a good night's sleep and think of the sea. You know, the best parts about the sand, imaginary sand, without grit, without, you know, living creatures, with, you know, with only puffy restfulness and, you know, exactly the right temperature, the lapping sounds, the blowing of the breeze, a restful night for you. Good night. Uh, over on Twitter, I want to thank John, Rachel, the Silvertone, and our buddy Tyler that e- emailed me. He put his podcast on hiatus, but we, you know, if Tyler, if you're listening, we know there's big things in your future. He was a great interviewer. That's the second podcast I've been interviewed on. This is not a joke. I've been interviewed on two podcasts. Both podcasts never made it past my interview, so I'm batting a thousand. It's like I put, I used to put companies out of business. Now I'm putting podcasts out of business. I don't know what, it's like, geez, I just put things to sleep. I think the vets should hire me. But they say, well, you, 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 and they say, well, maybe, maybe this might just work. Uh, but I want to thank, thank Tyler because he's such a nice guy. Over on Facebook, I want to thank Susan Shabby. And I think that I think that's it for right now that I can find. Let's see, iTunes. If you want to review the podcast, leave on me podcast.com slash iTunes. No, no, no reviews. So let's get on to the show. How does that sound, everybody? Uh, I want to thank Chris Posty Posterson from Sounds Like an Earful Podcast. He does our music. I want to thank Scotty and Jennifer on our artwork. On my honor. As a StarCraft, you know, joke that I haven't found a punchline for because there isn't one goes. And we have a Facebook group over at com slash nods, N-O-D-S, that's nods. And that's run by Alexandra and Laura. There are moderators over there. I want to thank them. Hey, you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble falling asleep. Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here to put you to sleep. We do with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. And common sense question, what is the rest? What are you talking about? I thought, isn't this a sleep podcast? Is this a guided meditation? Or, you know, are you going to lead me through a forest path to, you know, a chest filled with my innermost treasure? No, because you're the innermost treasure. I'll just cut, you know, a spoiler alert. You know, you, 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 or what you desire. I don't know what it is, okay? Maybe I'll be a sort of new podcast, guided meditation, spoiler cast. Well, geez, you'd have to read, you'd have to, I need a mind reader. So any mind readers that are listening, real mind readers, not uh, pseudo mind readers, not mind infers. 
which I think is what most people, they say, well, I'm good at guessing what's on people's mind. I mean, actually, I can't read it. And then they say an actual mind reader would probably say, you know, that's the most inaccurate thing I've ever heard. I'm a mind, you know, mind detect. They'd say, I'm not doing any re- reading. Of- I'm a mind watcher. You know, I'm, I'm wa- you know, or mind listener. And you say, well, geez, okay, this is my 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 imaginary assistant on the phone, uh, Bob, and he says he has a mind watcher and a mind listener. W- w- which would you prefer we we bring in for an audition? Well, if it's an audition, no, you need to hire one of them. Actually, I changed my mind. Why aren't you my assistant? Can't why? Well, I probably go with a mind mind listener and watcher. Well, are they watching with the volume turned on? Then it's an easy, easy question. And I said, well, geez, I prefer actually a mind novelist would be ideal, though, to be more time, you know, it wouldn't be efficient because, you know, in a novel you can, hear, you can read people's thoughts and, you know, once you get your imagination involved, you can see what's happening, you can hear what's happening. And you can get inside the brain. So, you know, if anybody's a mind memoirist out there, preferably you've got shorthand down and an ability to interpret shorthand. And, and you know, just summarize, you're really good at summarizing bullet points. And I'll bring people in. And I say, Jesus, to, to be honest, those of you that listen to the I don't even know what I started talking about that led me down this strange road we're on. I mean, I just paused for a second, you know, probably edited that out. I still can't think of what, how did I start talking about mind readers? And now I say, geez, that's a useless term. Now it's a mind memoirist with shorthand. So I don't know why I'm talking about it, but that's what the podcast is. Is is uh, The way it works is I get distracted by, I distract you by being distracting, I guess. And the way I'm, I'm distracting is I'm distracted. But I try to do it in a city. You say, well, geez, that wasn't terrible. You know, I've always, that was a somewhat salient discussion of mentalism. You know, from a, you know, from a non, you know, people outside the mentalism industry. Now, any illusionists out there, gurus, you know, true mentalists, faux mentalists, pseudo-mentalists, you know, yeah, no, I'm not, no, this is, you know, I'm talking about, you know, regular run-of-the-mill people. This isn't directed at you. So don't, you know, don't go knee-jerking, you know, at my proposal to create a, a new a new category of mentalism called, my, you know, live men, maybe just, I'll just call them MMs, mind memoirist. He'd say, well, why don't you call it a mind biographer? I'd say, buddy, haven't you ever heard of the, you know, using the two letters? I said, I forgot what it's called, but mind memoirist sounds lovely. Like, say it with me, mind memoirist. But so the way the podcast works, you say, geez, Scooter, I'm here. I feel like you just you just took my attention and maybe you, you say, I, I thought you were going to tell me how this podcast, well, I try to distract you from whatever's running through your brain, racing through your brain, whatever's got you up tossing and turning, thinking, worrying, planning. Maybe you're even excited. It's, you know, Christmas in July or whatever you, you know, I'm going to distract you from that. The way I'm going to do it is I'm going to create a safe place. 
And I think one aspect that I don't talk about about the safe place, it's a safe place where you can set aside all that stuff. You just listen to me and be distracted. But I think this strange journey we just went on for the last five minutes points out one aspect I don't talk about, which is it's a little bit of a lighthearted silliness. And and I said I don't I don't lack the ability to be embarrassed. I just say I just try to keep those things and I don't involve them with the podcast in my outside life. I'd say, Jesus, that was pretty embarrassing. I just went on a tirade about mentalism, and I barely know anything about mentalism. But there's still about a 64% of me that says, hey, I think you've got a good point about this mind memoirist. I think you should look up the URL and start selling it, you know, like you should be a preneur, whatever they call those, and sell a mind memoirist course, and, and, you know, but a little bit silly, and you say, geez, you, you don't have anything to be embarrassed about or worried about. I'll try to be as, uh, and I say, well, I'm as self-aware, I don't know what the word is, uh, self-critical. But, but there's another word for it where you're worried about being embarrassed or humiliated. You know, I'm not when I do this podcast. I trust you. And I say, well, geez, maybe 4% of the people that listen to podcasts are going to make fun of me. That's fine. I'm willing to accept. I'll, I'll, I'll accept 10%. I'll accept 20%. You know, I'll even accept a protest and my visage or visage or whatever you say it. You know, burned an effigy at the mentalism headquarters and, you know, the grammar, you know, grammar headquarters now, the visage, proper pronunciation of headquarters, dual, you know, roasting of my, my you know, my, my likeness. That's fine. I can live with all that because I, I say, geez, I'm going to put put myself out there. I'll stumble. I'll bumble. I'll talk about stuff that you're like, whoa, this guy. I, I say, geez, he, I don't think he has a jib to like the cut of, but he's not half bad. It's like half and half. You're like, what, what the hell is it half and half of? I never Is it half skim milk and half heavy cream? They want to just put milk in there. And I'm not joking. I don't know what the hell. And I don't think most people take the second to say, what the hell's a half and a half of? It's it's freaking, is it half? And I don't know. Cream and what? Water? That's milk too. Skim milk and cream? That's regular. You know, that's whole milk and skim milk? Honestly, I have no, I'm not even trying to be funny. This, that, and normally, you know, if I was at a dinner party, well, we have to get invited to a dinner party. Have to overcome my fear of going to dinner parties. But I say, geez, I wouldn't bring up, I'd say, could you pass that? Maybe I should start doing that at dinner parties, a half and half routine at coffee time. And say, what the heck is a half and half? But then someone would say, that's the kind of time sometimes... Everyone else in the room knows, well, she, what do you mean you don't know what half and half is? You didn't go to dairy, you didn't have a dairy education class? Uh, and, and maybe people would have a laugh at your expense, but there is a certain percentage of the population, people that enjoy this podcast, I think, that may either don't know what half and half is or have had a similar experience. You think there was a This American Life, I can't, about, I can't remember what it was, where someone told a bar- embarrassing story. I don't know if it was about Plato or dinosaurs. But where everyone was like, what do you mean you don't know what that is? So I think it's a universal thing, especially for people that can't sleep. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be up at night 
clearly, this is the kind of stuff that runs through my brain in the day. It gets worse at night, and that's why I do the podcast. I say, geez, if all this jumble and mumble and tumble, stumble, and, uh, you know, saying, you know, I'm really jazzed on this, uh, jazzed like the silver tone on this uh, me- mental, what did I call it, memoir? I already forgot what it's called, mentalist memoirist, but that's not it. Oh, mind memoirist. And you say, geez, if we could rent her, what do you, you don't need a ghostwriter. You need a mind memoirist. And then we'll have a ghostwriter. Because then we'll know all, you know, the stuff you're not saying. Uh, you know, fancy politician or whoever. And they say, well, then we're not going to hire you. And I say, well, another client lost. And you say, what would the name of my mind memoirist be? Darnelian. Is that a man or a woman? I don't. I can't tell you that right now. But that's the podcast. I'm not even. This is actually the metastasis episode. But for some reason, I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm I got mentalist on the brain, and that is a, an accidental pun. I think I don't know if that's a pun either. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to distract you. If you're listening to this gibberish that's coming out of my mouth. You can't think about all that other stuff going through your brain. And hopefully it will set you at ease. You say, well, this guy is a little goofy. I'm going to fluff my pillow up here and kind of listen to him. But clearly the points he makes are few and far between. So I don't need to to listen with rapt attention. And I do agree with you. No, you don't. You settle into bed. You kind of listen to me and say, every time you notice your mind drifting off to a spreadsheet or a checkbook, or, geez, I don't think I've seen it. I don't think I've written a check in about five years. But, you know, accounting software or, you know, anything involving what numbers or letters that stress you out, you just start listening to me. Or, you know, say, well, geez, I wonder if he's going to talk about that mental, you know, mind memoirist again. Probably not, because I'm going to talk about metastasis, and then I'm going to talk about Breaking Bad tonight, and then I'm going to talk about Spanish language. Maybe we'll talk about Colombia. And I tell you what, I've been working on my bringing this up to the most dulling, lulling uh, series we've ever done, because I know Breaking Bad can contain some, and I say, Jesus, this, this is a sanitized version they say they probably won't be projecting this podcast on churches, you know, in restricted areas. But 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 but, but you could, not, you know, you probably could not because the one podcast podcasts don't project. And two, at some point, I'm going to say something offensively silly. But that's all I want to do. I just want to distract you, entertain you, a modicum of entertainment from a man that doesn't even know what modicum means. And I want to help you fall asleep. That's why I'm here. I'm glad you're here. And I hope this podcast works for you. I hope it helps you fall asleep. Thanks for listening. All right, so we're talking tonight about episode four of uh, Metastasis. Ma, metastasis. Metastasis. And I'm going to do, I'm, I'm do both run-throughs. I watched it twice. My metastasis so nice. I watched it twice, and then after recording tonight, I watch Breaking Bad. But I have my red pen and my black pen that I use to record during the say, Well, that'll help me uh, determine what. But it starts out at a DPA meeting, 
Drug Protection Agency or something. That's who Henry works for. And he's writing on the board the name of their operation, Rompe Helios. And they're talking about it. Henry's looking at it. He's rocking this episode. He, he rocks some sweet shirts so that he's wearing this shirt. And he's really over the top. I'm pretty sure they were arguing about the name, but he loses, Henry loses the argument. And he says something about Amy, or Ami, 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 I think. And he said, is that the name? I couldn't, I couldn't figure out what the joke is. It was some sort of punchline against Gomi. He, I think he calls his partner Gomi, just like uh, in Breaking Bad. But they're arguing about changing the name of the thing around. Then they post Domingo's picture, Loco. And then they post uh, Molina's picture, I think. I put Molina. And him and his partner are really working the room and working each other. Abair, they say. Gomi, I put he calls him. And then he puts up Emilio Molina's picture. He shows off the crystal mass. Him and Gomi argue a little bit, but more of a slapstick-type argument. And they put about origin uh, in the question mark, and then the gas mask, and then poor Esto. And I noticed he took off the filter. I don't know if that was something important about that. And he has language in his shirt. I said, it looks like... He said, what language is that? It looks like his shirt was written in a, in a language. Like I said, geez, what is, what is, is that? Is that writing on his shirt? Like a little tiny design, though. And they said, well, that would be, be a strange turn of shirt choice. But he, his shirts get different. I mean, he, this is his only language-based shirt on the show. I think it was blue and white. But again, I'm not. don't call me as a witness because I'll be wrong. And they say his shirt actually was in English, and it was uh, white and green. And I say, well, see, yeah, that's why I said don't call me to, as a witness. Well, he takes off the filter, what language is in his shirt, while Henry talks. Uh, they keep his voiceover going, but then they start showing Walt getting ready for his day and their work. And then Henry says, really nice cristales. I liked how he said that. Probably he didn't say it like that, but... Wait, Stannis, how would you say? Lord Commander, Cristales, Lord Commander. Can you say that again, Stannis? Yeah, back up from Micah, like, like, Cristales, Lord Commander. I wonder if Stannis could learn Spanish. Spanish, Lord Commander? Yeah, but you just come back later, all right. Goodbye later, Lord Commander. Back into the box for Stannis. Yeah, you got it, Stannis. So that was that scene with uh, one set of pen. Let's see. In, uh, in red pen, I wrote Sabe, sabe por, por, por que. Um, something grande. Bar, bar bor, bore grande. Llegando. Uh, mythologicos. Mythologicos. I think they're talking about mythical creatures, like naming the operation after mythical creatures. And then he says poeta. I think he was calling somebody a poet. Laser, I think they said Operation Laser. That's always a good name for an operation. Sabian K Ami E S Yama Por Algo. I got to work on how to say my vowels, but that'll be the language learning part. Disento, dis, disenio, 
sapeo pedir un fuerte fuerte afuera that sounds like the same word sopolon uh, at least that's what it looks like cuenta yo encontré dos gramos so two grams uh, pregunto, which we know means you question. I think with an O, it means you question or something, or I question. A misma, no son pastillas, pastillas, I think, maybe. Misma suyas, ejemplo, la huele la yeta, en tanta pureza. Something purity or something. And then the next scene is Walter staring at a grill full of meat. And on the red pen version, I wrote, oh, that's a lot of meat for five people, because it was. And he's staring at, they got ribs, they got hot dogs, they even think they had burgers. And I said, who the hell's all this meat for? But he's staring there. The name of the episode is Cancer, or Cancer. I said, hot dogs, huh? And it made me curious about, and I don't know if this is jingoism, but I said, geez, how much of this is a gloss over of real Colombia? So if any Colombians are listening, I want to know. Or people have lived in Colombia or spent time in Colombia, you know, longer than a week or two. But even if you met, I said, geez, they have, would, would someone eat hot dogs in Colombia? Would they be having ribs and hot dogs at their house or not? I don't know. I'd like to know that, though. And then the next note I have is, and I'll quote it, I'll quote myself here, Henry Red Shirt, even sweeter. Yes, he his, his shirt is just awesome. And then I put Walter getting drinks. Cielo looks down. She's kind of distracted. Walt goes in the kitchen, grabs some beers. There's a ringing in his ears. Grab some beers, ringing in the ears. Uh, he lays his head against the fridge. I also put Kielo un pola. Maybe bring me a cold one or something. I don't know. And then we have, we have Walt comes back. Henry's giving a, a talk to Walter Jr. I think about women. Constante. I think he's talking about his you know per, per pursuit of women, his style. Walt sits down, he rubs Yellow's hand, she kind of glares at him. And then Henry pays Walt a compliment about how he picks up women, I think. And he says, says I think maybe Walter says, at cafe versus cafeteria. And he talks about picking up or meeting Cielo. And he's talking with his hands a lot, and he's really into telling this story. Which, you know, Walt's been a bit reserved to this show so far. And then Cielo starts to cry, and she runs off. Maria run, or no, she Maria runs to her side, and she's like, "Walter, what's up?" And then Walt Jr. glares, and Walt says, "Dingo cancer," and Henry says, "I know." And Walt Jr. gives a look, and oh no, then that's another scene, or maybe this—I don't know—I didn't write down the scene separation. But there's a shot of Walter Jr. in his room listening via headphones to music while the adults are in the kitchen in the living room talking cancer. 
And then you know, some owl collecting has been going on, ceramic owl collecting behind uh, Walt and Cielo. There's a reasonable collection of uh, ceramic owls. Most were white or off-white, but there was a couple of co- colored ones painted. I mean, we're talking like ten as a collection. I mean, there might have been five, but anything more than two is a pairing. Three is a few. Four or more is a collection. Unless you have two pairs, then you can say, well, no, I just got two pairs of owls. But if they're not pairs and you have four, you're owl collector, ceramic owl collector. Or hoarder, you know, you could choose the terminology. CLO or Walt, whoever collects owls. And I couldn't tell if they were doing it, if they were trying to find hope or blame in this scene. And then Henry, I put question marks, so I don't know what that means. And Cielo's like pissed at the lab. I think she was talking about the lab and chemicals. And then Cielo and Maria, they go off to talk. And then Henry and Walt, they kind of have a man-to-man. And Henry kind of makes some sort of point or offer. I wasn't sure uh, that that makes Walt actually think about it. And, and, you know, you get the sense with Hank and Henry. They display the fact that they're maniacs. One, Henry's got great taste in shirts. But they're really big-hearted guys, you know. They're they're probably a little bit brash and irritating, and you're like, oh, God, Henry's not coming over again tonight, please. I'd rather have Scooter over to bore us to sleep. Henry's too exciting and, and you know, crazy. But, you know, big, much bigger heart than this podcaster. Even though they say Scooter, they're fictional characters. I say, well, they're, but yeah. Bigger heart. And then the red pen for this sequence, I got una fila de muchas chitas detrás su, suyo. Dile, dileru, tu eres un príncipe. Oiga. Oh, constant and persistent, I noticed. Like, that's how Henry guesses women. Or did. S. Eso era, es un era un rogadera, un, una llamada y dele, ahí sentada detrás de la caja, mentria, mentria, levantor misma, realmente, también, oye, oye. Uh, se puede correr sin piernas. Uh, que la hiciste, ay no lloras. Toma vamos uh, la salud. Now remember, I'm reading this and trying to interpret it and trying to read my handwriting. Uh, que dicen uh, Walter Armano, that's what Henry says. So Walter, my brother. Quiero que sepa que pasalo que pase cuanto comingo. Uh, so that's the end of that scene with friendship. And then the next scene is for Jesse with his friends. Or Jose, well, excuse me, Jose Miguel with his friends. He's uh, hanging with his peeps. And there's a big guy in a white, white outfit. He was looking up at his tub. 
And then he's like, Jose. And then there's a tougher, rougher guy with a mohawk. And he's a big sweater. He's eating and he's, he's eating pizza and sweating profusely. And Jose has headphones on. I said, well, that's an interesting hosting move, uh, wearing headphones while you have guests over. And they put one multicolor, so I don't know if only one was multicolor. And they're all talking, but Jose seems, like, distracted or worried about the way the conversation's going. And then he's like, the big guy thinks he knows something about it. I think that, I remember this from the show, that they wanted some drugs. And then the big guy taps his head, and he's, they're on Jose Miguel's case. And then he tells him about this crystal clear mess. His friend, oh, he taps his, pats his friend's belly, but he says, I don't want to smoke it, man. And he, he seems like he's trying, he's like, you guys don't want to smoke it. Uh, but, but they threaten to leave and then he, he busts it out. He says, here's the good stuff. And the big guy kisses him, which was cute. And then there's a long shot of the city valley at night and then time passing with him and his friends. And then his friends stumble out. They literally look like, you know, they've been up for days. And Jose kind of begs them to stay. And he's home alone, he's cold, he's paranoid, he's, he hears helicopters and vendors on the street. Uh, and he smokes some more, and then some people come on a motorcycle. He's like totally paranoid, banging on the door. But it's just the phone company, the ETC. Uh, and as far as the uh, red version goes, let's see, we got uh, Way Guy Jose. Le Tapa El Hecho Pagame Sin Dizque Nadia Benga Siman Siman, you know, C M A N, not the other one. Cantado Egal Vidrio Agunta Tres Poros, something like Vian Dado. Entonces queda. And then the guy outside, when Jesse hears the vendor, he's saying, Abena, Alada, Abena, Abena, Abena. Oh, and I forgot when Jesse was really paranoid, he just decides to run from the phone company because he thought it was somebody coming to his house. And he does the most epic stash wipeout. He's carrying his big bag of, you know, 40 pounds of meth. And it's like this slow mo, awesome crash wipe out, you know, just run around the side of his house. And then he just throws the meth over, you know, it's the he didn't even close the bag, so there's meth spilling everywhere. So that was funny. And then the next scene is Walter, he's checking his cut, he's got a little cut on his leg. And he's making, he said, well, it's, it's healing well. But I noticed he was, like, worried about a stain on his brown pants. I said, Walt, stains, stained, stained clothing 101. You know, brown, leave the stain around, you know, don't worry. But he didn't, he was worried, he was scrubbing his pants. And they hear Saguro, uh, Cielo says, and then somebody, I think Walter says, Bale. And he comes out, she's on the phone, Walt's having a beer, and it looks like they're fine, trying to find a cancer doctor via Maria. And Walt's like, how much caso de seguir? 
Muy ambiale y salud. Uh, but it seems like it's too much. Cuanto vale? I don't know if that's like how much this is going to cost. And they sit down and they start having a long talk about it. Well, it's like, no, 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 no. And then uh, Cielo tries to sweet talk him. And he agrees to something. He goes to the toilet to get his uh, mad stacks, muchos platas, the cash. And Walt Jr. comes in now. Jeezy, what the hell? Like, you don't, you don't lock your bathroom door, Walt? I mean, I was like a criminal behavior or private behavior 101. Especially with a teen around the house, you'd think you would automatically muscle memory lock the bathroom door just for peace of mind. And then Walt Jr. is like, what the hell? Walt's like, I don't know, is this patriarchy? You say, hey, he's shaming his son. Like, I mean, he wasn't saying this. This is projection, but he's like, this is my castle. Don't open any castle doors without, you know, seeking the Lord's permission. And Walt Jr.'s like, I was just coming to, you know, wash my hands, Dad, and, you know, you know, think about, uh, you know, having inappropriate thoughts about Aunt Maria or something. I don't know, but he, uh, he said, geez, well, will you, don't shame your son. And then after he leaves, he kind of, Walt looks ashamed in the mirror for his behavior. Let's see, some of the words, uh, meses or heses or something, ademas, adelante, dejela, pongas, caucho, todo raro. And then Walt's driving, and then the police go by, he starts freaking out. I wrote down his license plate, probably incorrectly, but just in case you need it, it's DCE 718. I couldn't tell you the make, the model, the color of his car, the number of doors. Even if it had a roof or a headlights, I have no idea. But he sees the police, he gets all nervous, he grabs his money like a total amateur. And then he goes in the parking garage, and this guy steals his spot. He's waiting, helping some lady back out, and this guy comes and steals his spot. And I can't wait to watch Breaking Bad to see what this guy, but this guy in Metastasis was a wonderful actor. And he's totally, he's on his Bluetooth, and he goes into the bank, he's talking, the guard says, hey, don't talk on your phone. And he's like, what What? what phone? I don't know what you're talking about. And Walt's starting to get irritated, he deposits some money. And then Jethro, there's some Jethro Tall music playing, I noticed. Let's see the language. Oiga, imbecile. That's what Walt says, I think, when the guy steals his spot. Yo estara esperanto ese puesto figame en serio, or serio, that's what this guy's saying. Guevon, I think that sounds derogatory. Jurar, but he was just awesome. I, I put a star there for him. I gave him a star, awesome actor. And then he, Joe, I don't know when that came up. And then we have a a fancy-looking dude and a kid at a fancy dinner at home. And then we see a mom type. And there's even a maid, and the kid's a redhead. And then there's a crash outside, like something broke and dogs barking. And they go outside, and Jess, Jose's out there cracking up because he broke some palm planter. 
And you're like, okay, this is his parents' house. And then he just goes straight to bed in his bedroom. Lots of hand-drawn drawings on the wall. A red truck, toy truck. And then there's a city shot. And then Dad leaves for work in the morning in his Jaguar. And I said, oh, Jaguar, eh? And then he comes right back in the p.m. The day went by and Jose Miguel's still in bed out cold. And then his parents are talking about him by his back, but then they hear him, he's setting the table. Uh, some of the words, Joviento, Juvencinto, Quien anda ahí, Yavecita, Isi, La Miramos, Los Brazos, Heroina. I think she's like, is he on uh, heroin? Alumno destacho. Venia, or Vanina, muy bueno parasito, para ojo no, alejes, llavecita. And there's another city shot, I think, and then Jose's talking to his brother, the red-headed kid, I think, while he does his homework. He's looking at all his awards and his articles. It's funny, he picked up the cello, tried to play it like it was a guitar. And then the mom comes in and kills the mood. And then Jose makes fun of his mom after she leaves. I notice that his brother has very white lips. I say, does he, does he have makeup on or is that some sort of health issue? His lips are very white. But then he gets mad at Jose for making fun of his parents. Jose goes to his room. He starts playing with his old toys, looking at his art. He's got a funny picture of... Uh, Professor Blanco looked like he was passing gas, and his pants were down. And then uh, a little discrepancy in the jumping of this next scene, but uh, that dude, the big dude, calls Jose, says, we're at a party, get over here, it's a club full of girls, and bring some meth or something. Uh, some red pen stuff, uh, cello esabure. Sebas, Avisan, Viste eso, que va, perfido, nadie más, mareca. Hey, this was only part of Strangers. All of a sudden, after the call from the bar, uh, Walter answers his door and Jose's there. Walt's wicked pissed. Triesto, he says. He searches Jose. And he said, Jose's got a pirate belt buckle, so he's got, between him and Henry, there's some sweet dress dudes. Walt's pretty square, but Henry's like so, Henry's super square in a good way. And then Jose might be a little and say, well, I don't know about pirate belt buckles, Jose. And he said, I think Johnny Depp's got that. Uh, but anyway, Jose tries to talk uh, Walt into something. I'm not sure what. And then he busts out his stack of muchas platas, and he throws it up into Walt's pond. Uh, some of the language here, uh, S.L. Colmo, hey, que hacer las cosas bien, uh, deje la fija parece. And they notice a lot, like, I think Walt was so, he thought Jose was wearing a wire. He's, a que vino, vino, microphone. Deja la paranoia, and then they're at the ICCT, like the International Cancer 
concerned to, 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 to you know, someplace. And the doctor's talking to Walton CLO. And he seems to be a real calm guy. He has all the answers. Uh, he says, experimentar, and then the sound starts to fade out for Walter. And the second pass, I kind of put Calibre, Lemido Acot, oh no, this is still with Jesse, Lemido Acochini, Cuchinar, Largesse. And then this one, maybe Parcero, Asobine, Pagarle. Promesa Algunos. Then we jump back to Jesse, Jose's parents' house. And the maid finds a joint in a red, the red trunk. And his parents have one of those serious meetings with their adult child, and they kick him out. And he takes the joint, which was pretty cool, pretty cool move. And this brother comes out. His brother's got a dragon sweater, like a dragon uh, sigil sweater on, or whatever you call it, something. And I said, is that from Harry Potter? Is, that, is he a Hufflepuff or a raven's, raven's tooth? And I said, probably he's a Hufflepuff. I don't know. I mean, humble Hufflepuff and raven's tooth. But, but it was definitely very Harry Potter. That's what I put after very Harry Potter. So very. And then let's see, the language, poor, 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 drina, drina, siente nada, rino, rinois, rino, nace, que es esto, what is that? I think that might, you know, it might be learning some basic stuff. Uh, mismo, tenma, we should, we'll probably, hopefully we'll know mismo by the end of this episode. Uh, but Jose's pissed when they go outside it because it was his brother's joint. And then a taxi arrives. Strangely enough, this is the only time in the episode I was aware that there was porn music playing. It was when the taxi pulled up. It was almost hilarious, you know, porn music with a taxi. And then they go back to cancer treatment talk. Porn music still playing. And then Walt and Cielo are debating about their treatment. Walter Jr.'s listening in. He shames his dad again. And Cielo gives him a look. And then we have Walt in a parking lot. He's coughing like crazy. And he sees the jerk from earlier at the gas station. And he almost... The guy's in a fancy car. He's driving too fast. This lady, poor lady's moving her shopping cart. He's honking at her. And then there's this crazy pumping mad music, like, to, to make Walt into the Hulk. And then Walt uh, pops the hood of the car. He he kind of says, well, I'm going to short-circuit this car with extreme methods. And he walks off while the dude was buying a soda. And then that dude freaks out. Well, I also put in red pen. I said, Walter Strut, two exclamation points and smile. Because it was pretty good as he was walking. And I said, I like this actor. Different than Brian Cranston, but likable and enjoyable in his own right, without a doubt to me. And then some of the language. Decir nada. Pero que hace. La venas. We should probably learn that one too this week. Lierlo. Cantidad. 
Yamamo, Yamamos, Crieske Podamos, Cosas Locura, Funcone, if you went in CIONA, Walter and Tances, Porque no te rindas ya. Si lo que quiere seis Marte. That's what Walter Jr. says to his dad. He says, Walter entonces, por qué que no te rindas ya? Si lo que quiere seis morite. And so he says when he shames his dad the second time. Or he doesn't shame, you know, he gives him a talk, proper talking to. Ayo sabe hijo. De puta, that's a bad word for sure. Uh, bomberos, that's what the guy says about his car. Heal de puta and bomberos. And then ayuda. And then that's our language. I mean, that's our, uh, so that's this week in Metastasis, episode four. I think it's episode four. <laughs> I'm not sure. I think I wrote down episode four, so yeah. I said, wow, I've already been four episodes. I'm really enjoying this still. So, all right, let's move on. Okay. Can't read my writing in English here. Okay, so here we are. We're talking about uh, season one, episode four, I believe, of Breaking Bad. And it starts out with Hank and his partner, and they're talking about this mission that Hank wants to call Icebreaker. And they have this little back and forth, which is really nice. And is a, what is that? That sounds more like a breath mint. But it was a really funny scene. And it, it kind of, and it really contrasted with me not knowing Spanish because, you know, it was more humorous because it was in English. And I said, well, it was hard to tell. And they say, comedy doesn't travel. Uh, but I said, well, but it, it was it was funny scene. I guess that's my point. But then Hank, uh, Hank has this, uh, I don't know, is pressing in a word, but he says uh, Albuquerque just might have a new kingpin. And then they cut to Walt brushing his teeth. And I can't, I think I put happers, which isn't a word, so I don't know what that means. But Walt looked very unkingpin, like he didn't have a shirt on, bad posture. So it was a nice contrast. And then we go to the grill. Walt's staring at the grill. Some ribs, a uh, chicken is on the grill. In, in uh, metastasis, it was it was ribs. But, but Hank has some strong language. He 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 says, "Jesus, Walt, you're burning the shit out of them." What does this say? Oh, it's chicken. And then he's like, Hank, you want a beer? And he says, uh, hey, this was a funny line. He says, just so ridiculous. We all know guys like Hank. He says, does the Pope shit in his hat? And it's like the kind of thing you don't have an answer to. You're like, does the Pope? Let me think about that. I don't You say, probably not. So I don't know. Does that mean you don't want a beer? But Marie's like, Hank. And it sounds like Hank uses that line all the time. And then, you know, he goes in and Walt's not feeling hot, but then he comes back out. And Hank's having this heart-to-heart with Walter Jr. about confidence and persistence with women. But Hank still seems to kind of be 
living in a little bit of a fantasy world. And he's like, I asked your Aunt Marie out like 50 times. And she's like, yeah, basically he was a stalker. And then they talk about Walt and Skyler. And Walt was like, talked about how he rode his bike to the lab, which I liked. And how he developed, Skyler worked at this diner and he developed this thing for her. And then he noticed she did a crossword. So he started doing it. And it was the New York Times crossword. So obviously it's like, okay, these are two very intelligent people they're setting up. If we didn't know that already, because I mean, I'm not capable of doing it. They said, maybe, definitely not. The, I think it gets harder every day. But uh, he said, Skylar did him in ink. She's, so, she, she's got such game. She did her with crosswords in ink. That sounds like that should have been her next show after Breaking Bad. Crosswords in ink. Because she was an inspector anyway, I think, on her new show. But then Skylar kind of breaks down. I noticed Walt had a pretty uh, yellow plaid shirt. I said, uh-huh. And then Walt really, this scene plays out a little bit slower than in Metastasis, I think. Where it's a little more dramatic how Walt reveals he's, he's sick, he's sick. And he says, cancer, lung cancer, it's bad. And then they're in the house, and, and Skyler's really upset, not just about the, the thing, but how Walt was keeping it a secret. And, you know, how she, and then he made her keep it a secret for a couple days. And she's pissed, and I, and this was like kind of, but he says, uh, I really, I guess I really identify with Walt here because I was like, geez, I, I'm, uh, that's the kind of thing I'd rather not talk about. I'd rather keep stuff a secret than deal with it. And then Skylar's like, Walt, everyone just wants to help you. Why, why would you keep it a secret? And, and even Hank's like, yeah, buddy. And he said it very genuinely. And Hank's like, I don't get why you'd keep it a secret. I'm your friend. And then he and Skylar's mad at the lab. She thinks that's how Walt got cancer. And then of all people, Marie is the voice of reason. Everyone starts acting crazy. She's like, okay, can we just calm down here and let's talk about the next step? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, and she was very reasonable. Good in a crisis. Steals shoes. Good in a crisis. I mean, I don't know if those are two things that are related. But you say, well, geez, what do you think about me? You know, if Hank, we'd say, Hank, you're lucky anyone will marry you. But if it was someone else, it'd be like, well, she's a shoplifter, but she's great in a crisis. What do you think about her as my partner? And I'd say, well, she's good in a crisis. Uh, Like, what is her fancy shoes? I'd say, well, you know, you could, there's therapy for that, but you can't teach being good in a crisis, so... So probably you should you should marry her if she's good in a crisis, but she can, uh, you know, but she still shoes. Yeah, just get her some help. I don't know. That was a tangent. I don't know. But then they, Henry, uh, Hank and Walt have this little heart-to-heart, and it's an important moment because Hank says, Don't worry, Walt. Whatever happens, I'll take good care of your family. And, or no, he says, I'll take care of your family. And he, I think he really mean. I mean, he means it, but he also means financially and uh, in an emasculating, unintentionally emasculating way. 
And Walt really grimaces at this. He he says, I've been emasculated. Thanks, cancer. Another thing to thank you for. And then the next scene is uh, Jesse, just great comedy from Aaron Paul. He's trying to get his friends to eat. He's like, hey, Chet, you guys got to try these imported Pop-Tarts. Uh, they're from Canada, like they're the bomb. I, I thought that was like the funniest thing I'd heard in years. And then the guy's like, what's with the hole? And the, he said, Jesse says, it's just the house is settling, man. Don't worry about it. And then his friend's kind of like, hey, Jesse, you got some crystal. And then this was only an addict would say this. The other guy, he says, hell yeah, how about a Sunday night bowl of meth? And I'm like, well, clearly you don't have to get up for work tomorrow. Like, a Sunday night bowl for a regular person of meth is like the possibly the, that's like a nightmare. Even if you liked meth, so Sunday night's the one night you, you say, geez, do the opposite of meth. Jeez, hey, I, I don't know. Those guys, they probably must have not sleep problems because. But Jesse's like, this, I just made the best batch ever. He, he He's kind of quoting Walt here. He says, uh, it was a recipe, more like a formula, you know, some chemistry type shit. And then they're like, well, are you going to share it? He's like, no, no, it's too crazy, man. And he's like, he's trying to tell him. And his buddy says, if, if you don't want to share it, just tell us to piss off. We don't need no soap opera. And then we cut to the morning, and there's this funny scene with these two women. They're exo-walking. What do you call it when you're walking for exercise with the weights? Like mall walking outdoors, I guess. And then we have the Jesse paranoid scene. He also has a good wipeout when he runs. And it ends up that just these, uh, but it ends up it's just these pe- people from the Latter-day Saints, the kids on bikes. And I'm like, geez, they're always on bikes, those kids. And then I noticed Walt's in the bathroom, and I said, are those chuck-a-boots? I've always wondered what the hell chuck-a-boots are. Are those chuck-a-boots? And I said, that's a nice word to say on a podcast, chuck-a-boots. But they were some sort of suede boot. I said, Walt's got those. They seemed a little too... I said, maybe those were out of style when they shot this. And then Walt has khakis as opposed to Walter Blanco had more of a polyester brown pant. And khaki pants do need to be stain-washed. And then he comes out, Skylar's putting the hospital visit on a credit card. Now, this brings up a, 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 a research point that I don't have, that I'd love to put out to anybody if you watch this episode. So Skylar's worried about putting all the Wall Street men on a credit card. I said, what would the current state of affairs be if, uh, with Obamacare and the Health Care Act, like, would Walt and Skyler have not, would, would have Breaking Bad have happened? Or would have Walt had access? Because I said, is this a pre-existing condition? You know, maybe it's just his health care plan because of the school. He should be in a teacher's union. The Breaking Bad creators would probably be, it's fiction. Don't, over, you're overthinking it. But I said, well, geez, with Obamacare, I think that's the derogatory word for it, but I don't know what else to call it. Uh, the ACA, I guess. Uh, when they have more options. So, and I remember when, when, when it can be expensive having someone sick like this. So this is a very relatable thing. 
And then I notice that Walt, Walt, Walter White stashes his money in vents, Walter Blanco in toilets. I don't know. And then Walter Jr., when he shames Walt, he says, what the, he goes, what the hell's wrong with you? Why are you acting so weird? I always liked that because I act, I, I'm weird. I act, I act weird. And I've always been afraid someone would say that to me because it's, a, it's an incredibly shaming thing. You're like, well, geez, I, I'm just being myself. I don't know. Am I acting weird? And Walt would be like, dude, I'm, I'm in a crisis here. Of course I'm acting weird. I guess that's where I felt for Walsh. Like, he's the one with cancer. Everybody's on his case. Now I can see his family's perspective. They're like, geez, well, we, you know. So maybe I'm just taking Walt's side here against Walt Jr. for using that. I guess that's a pejorative, weird pejorative to me. You know, you know it's a knee jerk. But he says, why are you acting like nothing's going on? That one to me, too. I'm like, geez, I do that all the time. I act like nothing's going on. Uh, I said, these are coping mechanisms. And then we have the same scene with Walt in the car worrying about the cops. He's like, please, 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 no. And then we see the car, the jerky guy. His, uh, he has a license plate, Ken wins. So you already know he sucks. And this guy is more of like a, uh athletic douche, like a football coach type guy. Then the other guy was more of a slick, uh, like, like cool guy. In uh, metastasis, like a metastasis was a guy who was more flashy. This guy's just more douchey, and he's on the phone. He's like making deals. He's like, I'm not doing this for charity. He's got to be shitting bricks about me. And he, he says every sucky line. He says, "Hell's yes, brother man." And then you know that makes you want to punch somebody when they say that. And then he's kind of talking about women in the bank out loud. And then this line was killer, though. Uh, probably the funniest, funniest line in the episode. Funnier than the Pop-Tarts. He says, like, I just trying to imagine. He says, which dude? The dude that looks like a lizard? Uh, I don't know why I think that's so funny. And then I know it's Walt's getting a bank check. And then I put, I don't understand. So I don't know what that meant. Oh, I guess this was the scene with uh, Jesse's little brother and his parents. Classic, classic scene. Do yourself a favor and rewatch it because it's just a mastery. At uh, it's just a wonderfully. I don't know. You just gotta watch it. But he says, you know, there's so much funny stuff with the way the parents are acting. But they say you really shine on the oboe. And then they're like, well, how was soccer? And then there's the crash outside. They're like, what the hell? And then Jesse's stuck in their patio furniture. And he's like, right on. You guys got some new po... And his brother's name's Jake. And Jesse goes up to his room. There's more pictures of Jesse as a little kid, I guess. And uh, then drawings. But there's still drawings. He's in bed for a while. His parents are worried. They're like, is he on uppers or downers? Does he have any needle marks? And you get a, this was a good scene to feel the suffering of parents of having someone in the throes of addiction here. Because they're like, you know, even though the parents are kind of like Stepford parents, or I don't know, you know, super, the most nuclear family parents you'd ever seen, you can feel for them. Because they're like, do we let them stay? 
And the father's like, we're not doing this again. We got to lay down the law. And then they go in and the Jesse's making, you know, setting the table. And then we had a new scene with that wasn't in metastasis where Walt's at school and Walter Jr.'s in the classroom and there's this awkward silence. And Walt says, you know, things have a way of working themselves out, Walt Jr. And again, when Walt is in school, pay attention because there's usually a very, you know, thematic thing stated there like that. Things have a way of working themselves out. And then we have another scene with Jesse and his brother, which you should just watch. I don't even want to recap, so it's so good. But I did notice the brother has a Uno Stacko game, which is like a Jenga knockoff, I think. And then we have a new scene where Jesse's smoking a cigarette outside. And then he goes through his old toys. He did a lot of topless fantasy art of women on horses with swords, which I thought was, you know, I said, geez, Jesse. I wonder if he did any fan fiction. And then he finds a picture of Walt that he drew. And he says, why Mr. White loved chemistry? And his pants were down and he had a beaker in his butt. Beaker in the butt. And then he finds a paper graded by Mr. White. And it was an F. It said, ridiculous, apply yourself. And you could just hear, you know, Walt's kind of attitude there. But the picture, Mr. White looked like an eighth grader drew it, not a high school. Well, and I got I, I got in trouble a lot for drawing pictures like that. And then the Jesse, one of Jesse's friends, in quotes, calls. He says, "Hey Jesse, just wondering how you're doing." And he said, "You want to make some fat stacks? I, you know, when he's I got some meth I could deal." And then Jesse shows up at Art's uh, Walt's house, and they're arguing. And Walt's like, are you wearing a wire? Jesse's like, what are you, crazy? And he's like, well, why are you here? Another, Aaron Paul gets some really good lines and delivers on them. He says, well, I'm just here to touch base, you know, debrief. And then Walt's like, what the hell are you talking about, debrief? He's like, get the hell out of here. And then, you know, they argue about money and stuff. And then we have a, a scene with Walt and Skylar and the doctor and then the joint discovery by the maid, this time it's stashed in some cactus, some little mini, or I guess a succulent. And they said, well, that's a, that's a decent place for a joint, but definitely someplace in a grammar school or middle schooler would hide drugs. You know, high schoolers not going to put it, you know, where an adult standing over it could see it. And then his brother goes, like, the, Jesse gets kicked out of the house by his parents. And his brother comes out. He's in this. I don't want to be too critical. I don't like this brother compared to, I like the metastasis brother better, I guess. This brother's a little too, maybe it's too child actory. I don't know. But he has this stupid oversized rugby shirt on with his stripes. I just wanted, I don't know why I wanted to yell at him for some reason. I don't know. I, I, maybe he's just because he's so much better than me. I was jealous. But then he has a goal to say, hey, by the way, Jesse, I know you got kicked out, but can I have that joint? And Jesse crushes it. And then we have Skylar, Walt, and Walt Jr. back at home. This was a good, interesting scene. I don't know if anybody's like a total TV investigator. 
But Skyler's reading this guide, you know, to dealing with cancer diagnoses. And at first I said, Walton Wall Jr. watching something on TV, totally being disengaged from reality. And at first I thought it was a Twilight Zone. I rewatched it a couple times. And I said, it could be the Twilight Zone. It could be the day the Earth stood still, which I haven't seen. But I said, that's probably, it could be that. But it had a UFO on it, and it was in black and white. And then Skyler and Walter talking about money. And Walt's like, well, what if we pay all this money? You know, what are we going to do? What are you and Walt Jr. going to do? And Walt Jr. is like, you know, if you just want to give up, then just give up, you jerk. And then uh, we have Walt driving in the next scene. He has a coughing fit. He pulls off the road. He pulls into Clark's Pet Pet Emporium, which good news if you're in the Albuquerque area, because according to the sign, uh, I think, why did I put S38? But you can get an aquarium and a stand. Oh, a 38-gallon, S38. It's a 38-gallon aquarium in Stanford, 287. Uh, that's at Clark's Pet Emporium in Albuquerque, New Mexico in 2009, probably. But uh, anyway, then Walt sees Ken Wynn's car again. And Ken Wynn's at parking at a gas station. He's talking about a team of ninjas on the phone. So I like Ken Wynn's, you know, lizard people teams and ninjas but walt takes out his car and there's a great walk-off scene really booming music really good music i didn't have a chance to look up who did the music but it was wonderful and he's just slowly walks away and grins uh different than the metastasis scene but still really good and, th- and that ended the uh, episode there so that's the end of uh, episode four of Game of, uh, Game of Thrones, of uh, Breaking Bad. So let's move on to the language learning portion of our show, all right? Okay, guys, so this is the language learning portion of the show. Hey, and I got an email from our moderator, one of our moderators, Alexandra, and she said, hey, I just want to, you know, help you out. Now, this was all done in the spirit of being helpful. But she said, I think she, I didn't know Alexandra was fluent in, in Spanish. But she said, geez, you know, can I help you out with some of the pronunciation? And I said, uh, I said, this is great. In my head, I said, wow, this, is, this podcast is already working some magic here. But, of course, Alexandra said, she, she said, here's she said, here's some advice on the vowels. And she said something. Let me look at the email. It also said... Uh, and the syllables, but you know, that'll take me months to figure out even what the second-to-last syllable means. But I figured we'd try it tonight just to take one vowel. And the first one, she said, it was O. And she said, you know, it's a... I guess I still, like I said, I don't understand phonics. I had the worst time with phonics. Worst time with learning Spanish, but this seems pretty simple. So I don't know short word, long word, or whatever the hell... But she said, oh, as in, oh, dear. So there's no long or short vowel sounds. So just, oh, as in, oh, dear. But if you close your mouth while you're saying the, oh. So I think like, oh, 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 oh. Is that right? Oh. <laughs> that sounds so weird. I hope no one, yeah, they can be like, scooter buddy, what is going on there? And I say, uh, uh. Oh, oh dear. Oh, oh. So like that. Oh, oh. 
Oh, man, I did not think it would take that turn. So I'm going to try when we when I do the O's, because we got about 100 words tonight, maybe. Maybe less. Uh, no, maybe more than 100. But we'll go through those, and I'll try to pay attention to the O's. All right, so I got our big list of translated words here. And we start off with an O. Uh, sabe po grande. Oh, no, sabe. Sabe po que. Po, 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 po. Okay, you know why. And then this one's wrong. Boreg, boar, boar, oh, boar, grande, large boar. Llegando, arriving, ESC, and so. Uh, Sayama, it is named. Mit, oh, lo- logicas, mitologicas. Uh, mythological, poeta, uh, that was too much H maybe, but poeta, that was close, huh, poet, uh, laser, I think that's laser, por, algo, algo, uh, for something, Amy, that's just Amy, I think, there's a lot of O's in Spanish, it's good we picked O to start with, disencio, design, sapeo, snitch, snitching, uh, pedir un fuerte, ask a strong, probably wrong, afueras, uh, for you were, cuenta, bill, yo, uh, en, con, traere, dos, gramos, I found two grams, I think I'm starting to sound like a ro. like, are you a Spanish-speaking android, uh, pregunto, I wonder, La misma, the same. No, son pastillas. This is how people learn, though. It might be painful to listen to, but uh, are not pills. La misma suyas, very own. But to think about it, this is only episode four. At episode 14, like listening to me say, oh, if you speak Spanish, it'd be like, wow, Scooter. I mean, I can't believe that I know pregunta, I think means question. Okay, where are we? I forgot. La misma, the same. Pregunto. I wonder. No son pastillas. Are not pills? La misma suyas, very own. El ejemplo. La hule, la jeta. Uh, the snout smells. <laughs> so that's probably wrong. Uh, tanta pureza, such purity. I think I remember Henry saying that tanta pureza, that's a good one. Such purity. Uh, en caro, no, that didn't have a definition. En caro, I couldn't figure that. I think that's just car. In my car, maybe. Uh, this one's a good one. It's wrong again, My probably my handwriting. Uh, and spelling, un fila de muchas chitas. One row of many cheetahs. That's the phrase of the week by accident, but that should be the phrase of the week. Un fila de muchas cheetahs. One row of many cheetahs, my friend. Uh, Detrás suyo. Behind him. Dile tell. Tu eres un príncipe. You are a prince. That's pretty good, too. Wiga. I think I did that right. Wiga. Uh, here, 
Issel, Aaron Rogadera. That was a Rogadera. But that could be slang that Google doesn't want to look up for me. Uh, he sentada sitting there. Uh, Detras behind Mentriteria lie Misma same. Some of these words that come up a lot, so I got to learn them like Misma. Realmente, really. Tambien, that's another popular word. I'd like to learn that, you know, like pregunta level learning. Well, that means as well. I don't know, Tambien, as well. I guess I probably got to find this in a sentence. Oye, oye, hey, hey. Correr, run. Uh, sin piernas, without, run without legs. Correr sin piernas. That's a, that's a paradox. Uh, que le hiciste, you did. I no, yo das. I no das. I no das. Oh, no kidding. But it didn't mean that. It, it, that was what Henry said when, when he found out about uh, Walter. He said, I uh, no yo das. So it means you gotta be fucking kidding me, man. That's shitty news. Uh, base, you see, toba, toma, vamos, drink, la salud, health, uh, que dicen, what do they say? Uh, there's another thing Hank said that didn't get interpreted perfectly, but hermano, quiere que sepa que, brother, want to know that? But this one, maybe he said too, this is a good one. Paselo, que pase, whatever happens, oiga, here, le tapa el hueco, el hueco, okay, he keeps saying the H in there, hueco, uh, we'll cover the gap, uh, pase me, uh, pass me, seen, without, dizque, supposedly, venga man. Come if man, that's weird that Simon and come are in the same mistaken interpretation. Agal, egal, the same. Vidro agunta, agunta glass, that was wrong. Uh, Trace poros, three joints. Yeah, man. But that makes sense because he said porrito, porrito. To uh, Jose Miguel said that uh, um, Walt, like a little joint, having a little joint. And that's when he said, uh, tranquilo, what did he say? Tranquilo fresco, I think. Let's see, where were we? Entonces, then Gaeta remains. Avena Haleda, this says iced oatmeal. There's no way that's correct. Because the guy was saying, Avena, Avena, Avena. He's uh, he's like, hey, I'm selling some stuff, ice cream. Uh, Bale, that's a word that comes up a lot that I haven't learned, but it just means okay. Bale, Bale, I don't know, I got to learn V, but uh, let me learn O first. Uh, Caso, Caso de seguir y further, muy amable, very friendly. Y salud in health, cuanto, cuanto vale. How much does it cost? But Bali means okay, so that's confusing to me. Little Kubre covers. 
You know, what does your insurance cover, maybe? Messes months. Ademas. Addition. Adelante. Forward. Pongas. Pong. Oh. Oh. Pongas. Pongas. You put. Caucho. Rubber. Todo. Raro. Oh, weird. Todo raro. Uh, pasando. Oh, pasando. Nada. Passing nothing. Wiga. 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 I don't know how to do a do a short O. And then keep talking. Wiga. Here. Imbecile. You know, clearly I am. Yo estaba esperando ese puesto. I was hoping that position. Uh, Dígame en serio. Tell me in serious. Here's a good one. This one, this is the word of the week. And I think it means more graphically, but... Guevon. 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 Bird brain. That's the translation. But that's the word of the week. Guevon. Bird brain. That, I, you know, I'm totally... Uh, you are. Swear. Hobby ahead. Hijo. Son. Quien anda he Who's there? I think Walt says that when he answers the Quien anda he uh, Yavecita. That means little buddy, I think. It doesn't translate, but we know Yave in Colombian saying means friend. And we know Jose Miguel calls his little brother that Yavecita more than once. And I think maybe the skipper would call Gilligan that. He'd say something, my little Yavecita. And then Ginger would say, did you just call him the little key to your heart? Were you talking about little Gilligan? Or Ray, and, and Skipper would say, no, he's my little buddy. And she'd say in English, it still sounds weird you saying that to him. Uh, but I'd say, ye seer le mirmos. And if you look, los brazos, arms, heroina, heroin, alumno, descato, student highlights, muy bien parasito. Uh, well, Parasita must be wrong, but little brother, I think, or li- little brother, little buddy. Uh, pero, oh, no, be careful, not. Aleje, stay away. Yavecita, little key, but little buddy. Chell, here's a good one. This could have been phrase of the week, but I think it lost out to that other phrase I forgot. And then I can't find, oh, cello es abure. The cello's boring. Podcast es abure. Cello es abure. Avision, like notified, advised. Uh, viste eso? Did you see that? Per, per, pre, ferido. Uh, pre ferido. Uh, favorite, not a mas, nobody else. Uh, SL, como? Uh, that's too much. Uh, hey, K, I say to do los cosas bien, things right, day, hey, leave. La fija fixed, parece, it seems. Uh, deje la paranoia. Don't let paranoia, no, let paranoia. Uh, calibre, caliber. Some of these are like bad. La mido a cochinar, cochinar. I measure cooking. Uh, Larga say large is. Uh, so, 
Vine, I came to uh, pagarle pay promesa, promesa, promise, algunos, some, podria, podria, that didn't translate, siente nada, feel anything. That's kind of like me. I feel nothing. I felt nothing from a chorus line. I sang that one podcast because uh, that song really disturbed me. Uh, just because, you know, I'm one of those cold, shut off people. Uh, here's another mistake, I think. Maybe not. Maybe it's about Walt. Reno, Reno, Reones, 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 Kidneys. ¿Qué es esto? What is this? Mismo tema, same theme. Decir nada, say anything. Remember that movie? Decir nada, pero que abe. But unavailable, this says. Las venas, pods. Lirlo, read. Cantidad, quantity. Llamamos, call. Crees que podamos, vos, we think, cosas, locura, cosas, locura, locura, okay, crazy things, funcione, funcione, work, this is something Walt Jr. said to Walter, the adult, Walter, entonces, por qué no te rindes ya, Walter, then that note yields and, oyo, Pit, sabe, you know. This one's pretty bad even for Google. I can't believe it translated this. Hijo de puta, motherfucker. Uh, that's what that guy says after his car gets bro- bro- broken off. Bomberos, bomberos. Uh, firefighters, ayuda, help. And that's it. And I, and I got some ayuda this week for a pregunta I didn't even ask from my buddy Alex. So thank you. I don't know how my I did on my O's, but I think you know I'm getting. I'll get better with my O's. Uh, but probably then I'll probably mess up my English. But you can't, you know, can't make a problem where there isn't a, a problem. I think, but I don't know if that's the right way to say those because maybe I'll just keep practicing it all the time. Uh, well, we'll see. Because I probably then I'll say, oh, wait, I just said a bunch of O's and I forgot to do the short O. All right, thanks, guys. Uh, and I guess that's it. I don't know if this will come first or the Breaking Bad part, but if it is, you know, I'm just going to say good night, get a good night's sleep, good night. Oh, 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 good night. I want to thank Hyacinth for calling in. I want to thank, I want to thank uh, on Facebook, I want to thank Julie C. She's in Missouri. Right now, I think that's how you say it, Missouri, Missouri, with family. So I hope she's well. I hope we shared enough podcast episodes to get her there and back. I want to thank Chevy, Faye, Faye for letting us know about Silvertone was streaming. I want to, you know, wish Silvertone the best now that the jazz club that he loves so much is gone. I want to thank Jennifer, Babs, and Catherine for commenting. Over on Twitter, I want to thank Eli. I wanted to mention Pat Green's new book again. He, he said hi. And I should, should have a copy soon. That'll be cool. A hard copy and a soft, I mean, a hard copy and a digital copy. So I'll be covered. 
And that's Night Moves by Pat Green. And I want to thank Samantha for a picture of her dog or a dog that she was showing the podcast to. And the dog, like, wait a minute, the dog said, K? What? What's this thing? The dog was a little bit frightened, which I don't blame the dog. I want to thank Lodi, our buddy, our newer, semi-new listener. I want to thank Libby. Working her sleeper summer projects, Ted, you're letting me down. Libby's uh, pick picking picking strings around you, ukulele style. I want to thank David T for helping me out on PayPal and helping me out with PayPal. Thank you, David T. Your gentleman and a saint. I think Saint David T. Maybe maybe not a saint, but a, maybe not a gentleman. But th- thank you. I want to thank Boom Boom Brian, who I'm talking into a mic that's attached to a boom that Brian gave me. And I know, you know, I don't thank Brian enough. And then I want to thank Jennifer. I want to thank Jen with two ends, Jennifer Eccles. If you need a summer read, you know, pick up Pat Green's book and pick up a book by Jennifer Eccles. Uh, summer love. If it's in, if it's in the air in your house, you know, and you just check out, just check on Amazon or check on Jennifer's website. It'll be in the show notes. I want to thank Bab. I want to thank Miss M for the emails. And then I, over on iTunes, I want to thank Seacrass for their iTunes review. Seacrass, you know, doesn't need to kiss my ass. But they said, uh, there's all sorts of things to listen to at bedtime, but this one works every time. Barely ever makes it the story. But they love the boring sounds of the housekeeping stuff. It's like the podcast is, the breakfast part of the podcast is a breakfast, lunch, and dinner for Seacrass. So that's great. And thank you so much, Seacrass. Kind of like rhymes with seagrass. So Tommen would like that. All right, let's get on to the show. Thank you all for your support. Hey, you been like tossing, turning, mind racing. Trouble getting to sleep, trouble falling asleep. Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me. The podcast that's here to put you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. Tonight's trending Twitter Tuesdays will be a story guided by what's trending on Twitter. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. This is your first couple times here. You say, Jesus, what, what do you mean? What's, what's, what is the rest? Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to attempt to create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's running through your brain, racing through your brain. Whatever signals your body's getting you that are causing thoughts to think or feelings to... whatever. I don't know what feeling they bug, you know, when we... Sometimes feelings don't bug you, but sometimes at bedtime they do. Whatever it is that's keeping you physically, mentally, emotionally, it's keeping you from falling asleep, what I'm going to do is try to distract you from that. The safe places I'm going to say, Jesus, there's no expectations here. You're welcome here. And my goal is to hopefully help you fall asleep. But you don't really got to do anything. You just kick back and listen, and I'll try to... Uh, grab the attention of not only you, but all the other chatterboxes in your brain. 
I'm going to reach across the deep dark night and, and say, okay, I'm going to try to be your companion. And one more, I guess I'm more of like a nanny type, maybe not a companion. For, for the other parts of your brain, I'm going to say, hey, uh, I guess with, I guess with it being summer, it's kind of like, uh, uh, summer camp. I call, I call all those voices in my head brain bots. And they were invented by, uh, I think his name was uh, Albus Brainbot. Well, no, I just made that up. I'm not positive of his name, but he created these brain bots. And, you know, some sort of, I think this was a layover between the Greek, what are those things called? The, the Greek, the original Greek gods, the, 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 the Titans, and then the Greek gods, and then the Romans. At some point, there was a lag in there. And maybe the pyramids and future travels involved, but this guy, Albus Brainbot, shows up. He talks to the bigwigs, the human, you know, maybe some sort of demigod situation. And they say, we got to get these humans under control. He says, I got this invention, Brainbots. And they they say, do it. And he says, well, don't you want to hear anything about it? Consequences, what they do, anything. And they say, we got to, but now, you know, we're trying, we're all fighting to see who's going to be the Bacchanalian god. So just get to it. You know, get the humans under heel. Again, I'm not 100% on this, the facts of it, but this is my, so he invented these brain bots. Probably, who knows, but the thing is, they're chattery. They try to, I don't even know what they do, but they don't have an off switch or a sleep switch. And a matter of fact, for some reason, I think it might have to do with the inner ear. But when you lie down, they say, oh, we're time to activate. And they kind of roll out and they start squeaking and squawking, much like a bot, a, a bot you'd see on a Star Wars a droid. I'd say brain droids, but that's probably trademarked. So I don't want, you know, I can't mess with that. But they start squeaking and squawking. Now, un, unlike our D2, who is, I'd say, universally beloved of all the Star Wars characters? You got Chewie, R2, and C-3PO, he's irritating. I mean, I'd say 60% of people like C-3PO. Luke probably comes in about 60%. Han, probably 80 to 90. Lando, 99%. Uh, Leia, 75%. In the you know the rest of everybody, so Chewie and R two, probably the most beloved. And you know, according to uh, you know Star Wars Star Wars surveys I've conducted, but these brain bots are not like R two. I guess they didn't have a point, a useful point in there. They have all the irritating, the few things about it that are irritating about R two. Like when in the third movie he had that thing that came out. It's like when the hell did you get that R two? That antenna type thing. And the jets, if you have, did you have those jets the whole time? And I can just hear Star Wars experts saying, this guy does not know his ass from a freaking, you know, the, whatever that circular thing in C-3PO's belly is. But my point is, these brain bots are irritating. Kind of like a guy that's going nowhere with his Star Wars related metaphors. But it just happens to be, now if you notice, while this whole discussion was going on, 
that your common sense brain said, I don't what the hell is this guy talking about? All the rest of those brain bots, they quieted down. And I'm not trying to humble brag or brag brag, but I seem, I haven't mentioned it in a while. Uh, in 2014, I was Brain Bot Entertainer of the Year, uh, selected by a peer of Brain Bots. I said, well, geez, I'd have to be a Brain Bot for them to be my peers. But, you know, executive committees of Brain Bots, Brain Bot fans, it was one of those dual-weighted things between experts and fans, Brain Bot Entertainer of the Year. International, by the way, International Brain Bot Entertainer of the Year. So just because that's a made-up award does not diminish it. But they, they say, you say, geez, they are kind of quiet in here. They like your pointless meanders about R2's thingamajigs and whatever that, what that circle thing on C3PO, is that, uh, you know, is that, is that functional or not? And I think one thing both the brain bots and all of us can agree on is that we like Chewie. And you see, and, and you, you know, yes, your Uncle Barry does a great Chewy imitation, I agree. But my job is to, to I guess I was going to make a point about BrainBot Summer Camp, and it ended up being BrainBot Star Wars Summer Camp. It cost more this year because it was the BrainBot Entertainer of the Year. Myself was conducting it. But because it was imaginary, it didn't cost anything. And I happened to do it, it was three nights a week on this podcast. I say, hey, BrainBots, come on, it's your buddy. Scooter's here. Leave that human, you know, alone. We don't, you know, that's not the, uh, well, I guess it is the human you're looking for. But I'm going to take care, I'm going to listen to all your beeps and your blurps, your tweets and your, you know, twerts. And yes, you can move your, you know, but but I've got a couple tails to spin for you guys and gals. And I said, she said, never, never polished up on my brain bot anatomy. I think they're probably, well, they're not made up of cells. I said, and they said, well, they're an imaginary made up thing. You said it was created by Albus Brain, but, you know, they're infused with some sort of uh, ancient godlike magic. But I have... A non-magic of just a dullness, lulling, to, lulling tones, pointless turns, overindulging in points that are, you know, make no sense. And your brain bots, they say, Jesus, we'll bother you later. We're waiting to see if there's any more Chewy-related follow-up. Or ideally, the guy goes off on C-3PO at some point. And I would say I let C-3PO make his own enemies. You know, I don't need to do that for him. And then my my lawyer's here. He's saying Anthony Daniels is on the phone. And I'm, not, I'm honestly not sure if he plays C-3PO or Chewy, but probably not good. But that's what I do here. It's BrainBot Summer Camp this week, Star Wars-themed summer camp. All BrainBots are welcome. My job is to get their attention distract them from harassing you and then as soon as it's just like dropping a kid off at summer camp you say oh boy i say geez i just dropped the the brain bats off at summer camp what should i do first you know dirty stuff you know drinking stuff or, or go to sleep and say well this is a sleep time and then yeah you could do the rest but let's get a couple of good nights sleep while i got the brain bats under control then you can go buck wild if you want. 
because the brain, the brain bots really don't mind that. But but what they do mind is just your peaceful, uh, soothing sleep. So while they're at camp, you just sleep. You 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 you'll have an opportunity to party later. So that's it. I don't think. This is how the intros usually go. So you see, you could, I, I leave it in the time code so you want to skip these. But give this podcast a few, chan- a few chances. It works for a lot of people, helps them fall asleep, distracts them. Makes you feel at ease because, yeah, you know, there's no judgment here, clearly. Except, well, C-3PO, the kind of we judged. Brain bots, not, you know, they're kind of like the vermin of the brain. But, you know, more rounded and, and somewhat shiny. So, I don't know. What I do know is I, I want to help you fall asleep. This is the best way I know how to do it. For, it works, you know, for the people it works for. Yeah, I'm glad you're here to try it out or I'm glad you're back. And I hope I help you fall asleep. Hi, right, everybody's trending Twitter Tuesday. It's actually Wednesday. It is uh, 9.29 p.m. Hold on, I got to... Okay, I'm getting some screenshots here for Twitter. It's trending Twitter Tuesday. Okay, we got it. So we're getting what's trending on Twitter. And uh, so we have one of this episode. I don't know if it's a dedicated episode, but this episode's inspired by uh, the Sawbones podcast by... uh, it's by Sydney and Justin McElroy, and it's a, a tour. I think. Let me see if I can. It's a tour, a marital tour of misguided medicine. Wow, I got that. I said, man, I'm gonna have trouble and embarrass myself. Uh, but I say, I, I guess I always go on the assumption everybody knows everything that I know. Uh, but it's a wonderful, wonderful podcast. Uh, Justin McElroy is from my brother, my brother and me. And I've talked about him on the podcast before. And then Dr. Sidney McElroy. And they do a, a podcast where they talk about a, a medical. You, you should listen to it. It's really cool because uh, Justin's really funny and intelligent. And then Sidney's very smart and intelligent and witty. And they work great as a team. And they just talk about a medical issue and the history of the treatment of it and a lot of misguided attempts, you know. So this week they were talking about seasickness or motion sickness. And there was just this one wonderful moment in there. There was a, more than one wonderful moment. But where uh, Dr. Sidney McElroy, if I could be proper, was talking about her love for the inner ear. And she started to describe it with such uh, with such uh, appreciation and passion, and just you could tell the inner ear excited her in a way. She said, "Jesus is one hell of amazing piece of uh, equipment." I don't think she said that, cause, but that's the best I could do. But it was you, you should listen to the podcast. It'll be in the show notes, Sawbones. I bet you a bunch you already listened to it. But it just like was one of those little moments. I always talk about these wonderful little moments that I said, geez, I'm feeling something here. And it just, just something about her. I was already enjoying listening to the podcast, but I said, geez, I was ticked. I said, I wouldn't think I was tickled pink. But I, I guess uh, her excitement caught me. And I said, oh boy, the inner ear. 
And then I was thinking about uh, traveling, and I said, well, geez, maybe I'll do an episode about traveling into the inner ear. And plus, I know that occasionally Justin listens to this podcast to help him fall asleep, uh, to help him fall asleep. And I said, I never asked him if he listens to his headphones or if his wife listens. And they've got a somewhat new, I don't know how old their baby is. And I'm pretty sure their baby's name is Chuck, but it's a girl, maybe Charlie. But they have a young child, so that, you know, sleeping's a challenge anyway. But I said, I don't know if Dr. Sid is Sydney. I always want to, I don't know if she would go by Sid. It's funny, I don't know. Isn't there a Sid? Trying to think of other Sids in my life. But anyway, not important. I'm getting distracted here. But I said I'd like to do, I guess, so a little dedication to Justin and Sydney. We're going to do, they said, we're not going to do it. I had to call, you know, I called in one of these people that comes on the podcast. The guy, he does the tours, the tour guy. And he said, I don't know if we've heard from him. Like, sometimes I get him and the mall walking guy mixed up. Like, the tour guy worked on Lost Island. I think him and the mall walking guy are probably related or cousins or something. But I called I called one of them. I just, uh, believe it or not, one morning I woke up in the mythical ticker tape machine that I haven't talked about in a while. So I'll talk about it real quick because, you know, I'm already not making any sense. But we have uh, this... Uh, Mythical ticker tape machine, which is some sort of old contraption from the days of steam engines and stuff. And I think big shots, like the Monopoly man, that's how he'd check his stocks. I don't know how it work, but it's like a dome, glass dome, a lot of brass stuff. Maybe it looks expensive. The one I got, no, it's cloaked in mystery. But, you know, a normal one, I think that's brass. It's got those two things that look like balls spinning around, you know, stuff. It makes noises. But I woke up one morning, and the ticker tape was ringing. I said, well, that's not right. I thought it was a ticker tape. It's like, bup, 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 you know, Dodgers win the World Series. I think it would, if it was going to do anything, it would do that. And I might have the radio and a ticker tape machine and the telegraph confused or, you know, molded together in my mind. Probably. But this one's mythical. So, but anyway, so I woke up speaking of mythical or mysterious. They said, whatever. I'm not sure the functioning. But there's a phone attached to it. It's ringing. And I, I, I picked it up and uh, I said, hello? And then there was just a, it was a laughing on the other line, but good laughing, not the not the laughing. You like I said, oh geez, sounds like a direct line to heaven or something. And I think, I, and they said nope, and then they laughed some more, and then I was confused, so I put it down. But I said, re, I, I, when I knew I was going to do this, I picked up the phone. I said, uh, I, well, a couple of other times, I picked it up and asked for stuff. Of course, I didn't get it. And I'm pretty sure something else happened with it but that I forgot. But this time I picked it up, I said, you know, I said, hey, this is what I'm doing. And I think because I was like, this isn't really a gift to Sydney and Justin. I said, maybe, maybe it'll be a nice thing if I don't screw it up. 
And I said, maybe I should put it in the hands of somebody else. I said, so, so I told the ticker tape. And then I said, I said that we got it covered. So somebody's going to come in here to the studio and take over from me here. But it's trending Twitter Tuesday. And it's a journey into the inner ear. Why, hello there. Well, welcome. You must be my first customer. I wasn't expecting you, so I'm not really ready. Let me see. Welcome to Internal Body Tours. Have you cleared legal already? Well, welcome to our tour. Please, please have a seat, and I will guide you through. Oh, jeez, this thing. So, why don't you have a seat? I'm going to be your tour guide. This is my first tour I'll be giving for this uh Is this a multinational? Are there still nations because at my last job? Wait, I reckon that. Were you, did you, have you taken a walking tour of Lost Island that didn't involve any walking? Yeah, I reckon, were you on one of my other tours? I totally recognize you. Well, welcome back. Legally, I wasn't, I didn't work for any of those places, they say. And they say, you know, don't say, but but I'm so glad to see you again. You look great. But welcome, this, 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 this there's a script I'm supposed to say, but I, I well, actually, I'm supposed to memorize it. I did not. But we're going to be going on a tour of the inner ear today. And this is a, I don't know if they explain the process to you. They tried to explain it to me, and I kind of felt like it was like growing up with strict parents, like they were like, pay attention. And I said, I'm, I'm, I'm distracted by the shiny machinery. And the fact I said, I said, we do, that's a lot of pressure, the inner ear. And then I waited because I said, and they said, well, maybe there is no pressure in the, and I, because I remember my inner ear had pressure, I thought. That's why they said, you that's why you act like that. But welcome, we're going to be going on a tour of the inner ear, a walking tour of the inner ear, if you will. We're going to walk right into it. Now, as far as I know, you signed everything, but if you went on the tour of Lost Island, you'll be fine on this one. They say, I said, what, what do you mean radiation? Like, are we shrinking or is the ear growing? And they, I think they said it involves radiation. And I said, what? And they said, do, do you want the job? I said, of course, but I'm just wondering, you know, about my eyebrows. And my, I'm, I'm pretty attached to my eyelashes, if you don't mind me saying. They didn't laugh at that. They said, not that kind of energy. And I said, you said radiation, though, not energy earlier. And they said, well, different... And I think it was a fission or a fusion thing, but again, I think that's to keep us clean, but we're going to be traveling to a human area. I think it's more of like an out-of-body experience, but don't, I don't think we're going to be shrinking down. But I don't know if there's going to be some giant human ear we're going into either. And I think one man was shouting at me something about virtual reality. But they, then some guy named Merv, he said, it's better, better off. It's a real ear, friend. But we're going to be journeying into the inner ear, and I'm so glad you're here. To, 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 this is not this is a beta testing program, so I'm assuming they're paying you, or you're some part of, you know, some government 
cooperative where they say, well, we're going to loan our prisoners out here. That, uh, that, that was the whatever comes before Alpha. And then I think it was that same guy. He said that becomes before the lawsuit, boy. And he said, "Good." But he was. He said he he cashed out his stock already. But we're going to be going on an area. I hope you, uh, you know, take off your shoes and get get comfortable. Well, don't get comfortable because we need to go into this chamber. But you really do need to take your shoes off. You can't go in someone's ear. And just walk around willy nilly. Now, believe it or not, we won't be walking. We'll be floating. And I said, "What?" I said, "Can I float after the tour?" And they said. I think this might even make, I don't know if they're watching us or not. I said, I, I said, I, 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 I said, uh, I'm chewing, I have aluminum foil in, in my mouth and I put some in my nasal cavity. So I'm thinking that'll throw their sensors off. And, uh, so we're ready for our tour. We're just going to go in this chamber here and close the door. And they said it'll be flashing lights. And noise is red lights and it's comforting. That sound, do you hear that sound? I don't hear anything. Well, I just heard something. It sounded like, uh, okay. And then they said when the light turns green, I don't know, it's international sign. I don't know. They said the light turns green. But we we can go in there, and I think this will be... Now, i got to tell you, before we start the tour, they see they're pretty strict, like I said. They said, this is how we want the tour to be. And just read it off here. It's an anatomy tour. Might be for medical ear doctors. What is it ear doctor called? I called ear doctor. I told him what to do, but he talked back to me. I said, doctor, I cannot hear you. And then the ear doctor, uh, oh, yeah, I can't hear the ear doctor. Doop beep doop deep do. I, I sometimes when I get, I think they were listening to me. That's why I heard a fuzzing in my ear. But I was going to tell you they want me to do something for for, and I know I said what's a beta? I said what? I said guys, let me pitch on something here. Mythology of the inner ear. And they said, if your Nana, he said, she's involved in the multinationals somehow. I don't know. Nana's powerful. I think she invested in the the dog airbrushing business. Wait, you know, when they'd airbrush dogs on shirts? And Nana may invented that. And somehow, I don't know. But she she said, this is the last job I'm getting you. And it's you or them, I, I don't know. But, but so they they can't fire me. That's the good news right now. But they, I said, guys, because I always wanted to be a mythology student. I said, uh, I found that thing, the Greeks and the Romans, interesting. And I said, I would like to study mythology. And I, But I had problems with studying all along. And then I said, I'd like to be a mythologist. Is that a thing? And they, Nana said, you'll be lucky to do it, you know. She says, you, you're driving me, I don't know. She, Nana, you know, she's temperamental. But I think we should do, I said to these guys, so I think if they're listening in, this will be a pitch, a live pitch of like, a, I didn't study any mythology, but I feel like I'm a mythology, you know, I have an interest in it. So this, instead of being the journey into the inner ear, we're going 
to, uh, if, as we step through this door, we're going to float into the world of mythology of the inner ear with, you know, with, with some of the stuff they gave me to read. So I want you to take my hand and close your eyes, and we're going to step through this doorway here. And gravity, holy moly, gravity is going. We're floating. And we're floating in just like eons ago. I feel like I should be in a Disney ride. Maybe I should. I feel a little bit like Helen Mirren for some reason. But eons ago, there was once a world with just one god. And that god's name was Pina. And many times they thought that this god was all-hearing and all-knowing god. And the god accepted all things. And in the ancient people, they carved the likeness of this god just like a human ear. And you might say, well, that would be a strange god to run into. And I'd say, well, when was the last time you ran into one, you know? But this is a god designed to accept all things. And as we, we, we see a likeness, or if you believe in, in penism, if you're a penist, I think it is, and I said, geez, I, I, I'm really tempted to sing a pina colada song. If you like pina coladas, getting caught in an ear. I'm not into the helix, but can you hear? I'm talking about an helix and the auricular tubercle thing. I love my triangular fossa, but when I hear I use a C-wrist-type ring. But you might play the Simba Concha, uh, 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 or the Kevin Concha too, uh, 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 uh. And if you're feeling frowny, say Tragus when you're blue. Beep, bop, bada. Now don't be all anti-tragus, and don't be a lobule. I wonder if that will satiate Pina, but I feel like we're in some sort of gravitational pull because I look at my hands and my legs, and I feel like we're magically been transformed into sound waves, 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 like a like a desert breeze. We're gliding in now. As we float into the air, we're circling and it's catching us. And if we were an ancient people, we'd be praising Pina for hearing us, our calls for fertility, or love, or, or love, or someone like us just a little bit, or for Nana not to just say, what are you doing under those covers again? You know, and say, what, what, oh no, um... Well, we should remember the man. Now, the one thing I remember that the, the training was that the earlobe, I think they called it a lobule or something. I always wondered about that. And I said, geez, what is it? What's up with that? And I said, well, it's a, it, it, it's a reservoir of blood to keep the rest of the ear warm. Or, and I mean, you're not a reservoir, but the blood, you know, it, it's got a lot of skin, it's got a lot of blood. And it keeps the rest of the ear warm. So let's wave at the little earlobe as we float in. And say to Pina, we offered you a song, great Pina. Hear us, 
are we, we, you literally Pena can't hear us, so that's a strange thing. But these ancient religions, you know, they are as enlightened. These were, were all, but so Pena can't can't hear us, but in a, um, a theological way, Pena can. And now we're descending. Hey, you're right close to me. I don't know why I'm saying it like you're so far away, but we're descending into the middle ear. And as we descend into the middle ear, we're going to enter the ear canal, and we're still waves. We're, you know, can it, does it feel good to be a wave? It does to me. It was like this morning, my magic mirror told me. It, it, well, I told my magic mirror, I said, action 1D, buddy. I said, action 1D. And I said, what does that mean? And I said, I'm supposed to remember that. And that was the one thing from the training. I said, oh, it's my first day of work. One day, day one, and I'm an action man now. And that's how I, I'm just, I feel so active as a wave of sound. And I'd say, geez, but they said, don't oh, just stick with the script. But I will tell you that those that have moved beyond the world of Pina, we have entered a, you know, you can see the light in the darkness, but to us it does not matter, for we are waves of sound. Traveling at the speed of sound, I would assume. But we're going slower because it's a tour, you know. I just say, geez, you'd be like, we're already done, what? And I would say, yep, you just heard me. Did you hear me? It's over. Those are hearing-based Possible jokes. One day they could be jokes, you know. But we're floating in the eerie canal. But you're going to see coming towards us, or no, I guess we're going towards it, is a tympanic membrane. And don't be afraid. This is the way we praise in this world, in the middle, beginning, middle ear world. We praise the tympanic membrane with the sounds of a drumming on the membrane. We are insane on the membrane. Insane and in our membraning will go to this motherfucker's brain. But we don't want to make him insane, you know. I say, geez, what is the ethics? Are we really? So maybe I should, should I be quiet? Well, if I'm a sound wave, I guess I can make as much noise as I'm, I'm made of, right? Well, we're a simple folk, us praisers of Timpania. Us, the Timpants, the Timpanikers, I guess. Because we're panicking and we're drumming. And but somehow... Our, uh, somehow, our religion grew beyond, at some point we started to believe in more than just the tympanic membrane. And we realized there was more gods out there, more glorious gods of our middle ear. I wonder how much, I wonder if Middle Earth and the Middle Ear are related at all. You'd say in this guy's ear, it looks like he's, Jesus could use, it's a bit like Mordor in here. Somebody could sweep up, I'd say. But here we praise gods of three, along with Timpani. We praise Malleus. We praise Incus. And we praise beautiful but powerful stapes. Now, Malleus, 
is the most virile of our gods for the thrusting of man, you know, the, the pounding of the tympanic drums drives our fertile thrusting god Malleus into action. And Malleus says, I must move, you know, in a back and forth manner like a ancient fertility god would. Or in your ear like a bone, because this is the first of three bones. And we call these gods, as as the history would say, our auditory ossicles. And many a brave, never a brave wave has made it beyond the Tympanian Wall. But we are here. We've made it. We've transferred through because of the tour. Normally we just bounce off, but now we're another type of energy, a mechanical energy and a thrusting energy, like I said, because we praise the thrusting Malleus. And I said, I think Incus is kind of trapped in some sort. I said, this is a polyamorous relationship, I believe. They're gods. They do as they wish. For Incus both receives the, the powerful you know, creative energy of Malleus and pushes Stapes into action. And I said, they don't have, they, uh, they said, your pronunciation's off. I said, voice, you know, this is, you know, I, I, learn, I learn as I do. But to think, you know, with the thrusting of Malleus and the transfer of Incus in the action of Stapes is, is our auditory ossicles, who are able to transfer the sonic waves, or could it, it could be Jay-Z or Katy Perry, or Beyonce, or more, whoever's nominated, you know, all the Emmy nominations, I think, came out. Okay, but it, it, we could be, so, so we could be, you know, work, work, we could be music, or we could be, you know, powerful sound waves, you know, saying, we don't want to praise you, oracles, and it would be thank you, oracles. But then Stapy says, witness our power three. And when I tell you this fact, you're going to say, holy PJ Harmony five. When I finish this fact, you're going to say, PJ, look, five harmony, not three. Because we also have on the, the both sides the membrane type things. And then you say, well, why didn't they say insane in my membranes? And I said, well, it's not insanity. This is just ma- magic of the ear. That could be another tour. I should pitch them on that after this. The magic of the ear tour. Ladies and gentlemen. Okay, I better stick with this one because we're still moving. But what I was going to tell you was the initial power from the tympanic membrane of old Lord Tympanus as it's transferred through the fertile, you know, bony loins of Malleus and Incus and on the great stapes, the fertile power has been amplified 22 times. So not just five, harmony increased five times, or five plus five plus five, you know, five, more, 22 time increase in power as stapes 
Again, a more gentle thrust, I would think, but more powerful, so maybe not so gentle. Stavies says to move on and praise. Order. No, no, not praise, I guess. I see what well, I'm thinking. You know, when you can't, you just can't create a religion right on the spot. Like I said, but a Stapies says to us, dear travelers, you have you witnessed our power of three. Do you dare to continue ye? And, I, and to him I say, I can't think of that many Stapies. Yes, I say to you. Can we continue on and bid you adieu? And Stapies says, please, through the oval window step. If you, in reality, you couldn't step through for it's another membrane. For the oval window, and he's speaking of music, this was a confusing thing as a training, but the oval window is pressed up against the cacula. The cacula. I don't think I'm saying that correctly. I mean, I want to say Coachella, and I think that's a place where music gets played. Or at one point, I think it's just like a playground for the rich and famous now in the deserts near Los Angeles. But it always sounds, I say, oh, Coachella. I'd say, well, I wouldn't be welcome there, but I wish. And they, they, I think once I'm, Nana said, you could give a tour of Chacala, Chacha. Oh, no, she said, go. Oh, that was my birthday gift. I was supposed to go to a chinchilla farm. And she said, you wouldn't want to want to go there. I think, I don't know, but this is the old window. I'm off track. I'm so sorry. I don't want to ruin your tour. Uh, we miss out. So here we are, pentient servants. And we were once, maybe we're becoming a god in some sense. I don't know, because we were once sonic waves sucked in by the power of uh, p- p- Pina, sent through the dark canals. And to, you said to Lord Tempus, let us in. And then there's the three auditory icicles gave us some power. And now I say, well, this window's a little small. We're going to push you through in to the Coachella. Well, technically just against it, but, but we praise the Cacula. Maybe I say it in a French. Well, let me see if I... Cucula. I don't know that was in French. Cucula. It's so hard, you see, it's, it's a very aggressive word. But you've seen our little cocula before by the magic of tour guiding. You can see that it looks a bit like a, uh, a shell, uh, one of those shells you'd find on a beach. But more like a human, you know, it's got human stuff on it. But just like a person in wayward in the pines walks in and then they say whoa i fell we're we're gonna have a cliffhanger right here for the cacula will wait for our return to come praise it for all its facets of thingamajigs and liquid fillings but if we were really hanging off a cliff we would need our balance to hold our grip and someone might say no you're just being pulled i'd say you probably would want a sense of balance or if you're on the edge of it, let's see we're on the, then it wouldn't be a clip. Was a surprise that we'll come back to, just like if Wilco dropped a Star Wars album out of the blue, a surprise like that. We're going to take a trip up above, I think, 
at least in the pictures they showed it's above. And I would say, would you like to climb in a pretend boat with me and say to you, say, let's praise. I say, well, Jesus, this is like people that praise. They, remember when they thought there was canals on Mars? And they said, oh, there's canals up there. We're praising semicircular canals that are mysteriously above our cocula. Up there, shrouded in mystery that is soon to be revealed as magic. Well, the magic of evolution, I think. Oh, but we're pentient praisers of, you know, I said, Jesus, it's tough to be steeped in ignorance if I'm going to explain some of this to you. But it's a tour. Well, it can be both magic. of We praise the God Evolution, King of the Circular. What are they called again? Creator of the Circular Canals, a God, wondrous in mystery, Evolution. Boy, he's one of our gods here in the... Uh, the ear, you know, in our ear. We are the people of the in our ear now. For, well, I guess we're not because this is like a, a side trip. So maybe this is we're visiting a foreign land where there's evil, evolution rules all these parts of this kingdoms. But there's no sound here. I guess that was my point. In where it's a fluid, fluid-filled area. And our three semicircular canals, there's three goddesses so beautiful in their circularity, like the Great Lakes, almost as lovely, but better names, there's posterior, superior, and lateral, lady lateral, she's my favorite of those three. The semicircular canalis. Yeah, I think canal. Maybe we should just ditch the whole canal thing and call them canalis. That's a ear for goddess. Okay, could you, do you have a pen? Could you write that down for me? No sound here, for we're in the world of balance. And that's what these goddesses do. They maintain balance for me and for you. And without these goddesses, you wouldn't be able to dance like you're making love. Or tilt your head like that when I say, like the Chiara song, dance like we're making love. And then tilt your head like that and like, why? Because these goddesses, posterior, superior and lateral, they're the XYZ of balance. You see, I think I already used you see, though. Xes. Instead of sexes, these goddesses are full of Xes, or they are, you know, yes, they are lovely goddesses three. But inside our goddesses are where the magic kind of, or or, where the balance is struck. For they are membrane, inside I think are, Fluid-filled membranes. Outside, I think they're bony and they look very hard, but inside, they're soft and fluid-filled, just like a person, I guess. And you could call it the membranous. I think they maybe, I don't know if this is the part they said, membranous, labdermus. 
but there's so many parts it's filled with a little something I like to call endolymph, and that is, I think it pools, it's, it's, there's a sack of endolymph, and there's little other things at the base of our goddesses, are things called ampullas, and there's saccules and utricles, but inside I think the ampullas is the cristae ampillaris, and these are all, co- I mean, this is like serious, complicated God stuff, like being on another planet here. We've got bulbous, gelatinous heads, and we're swimming in this endolymph, and there's uh, hair cells, and there's uh, otholithic, there's things like otholipic membranes, and here, I think we are. We find ourselves drifting into a surrealistic world, or maybe we've been in one. But we're called to visit the macula of uticular, uticular, or utricle. I think. I think near. Once I lived near Utica, New York. I don't know if if they praise the uticles there. But these are religious, religions within religions that I don't understand. Just like I don't understand how, like, iMessage, what's the difference between that and texting? And they say, oh, like, Pushbullet's the new iMessage for Android. And I say, I'm sorry, my Nana took my phone away. But I'd like one of those. I'd like someone to, would you iMessage me when we get done? Oh, I should keep on the tour, huh? Yeah, it was the exciting part. I'm sorry to do that to you. We're at the macula of utricles. Here where the, you know, the magical balance happens with the Oda, Odaconia crystals, which weigh down the otolithic membrane and give it weight and heft. So that is the endolymph moves. The sensory cilia that sit upon the sensory cells. The membrane moves because of the weight of the crystals moving and the endolymph moving, I think. In an easier way to say this, this is just full of ear stones, they used to say. And those were the guys that just... Well, I guess they'd be more advanced if they were thinking about ears. But I'd say, wow, this is a lot of theology. These people practice have, uh, you know... But I'd say, well, it's probably pretty hard to keep the world in balance. Huh, maybe I should. Maybe we should think about this religion. Endomorphs. Is that what we'd be called? Endomorphs? Or endolymphs, I guess. I think endomorph is on, uh... You think, uh, is that what that green guy was in, uh... No, that was ectoplasm. Who was that, Slimer? Remember Slimer? He had his own show, I think, for a while. Oh, yeah, I forgot it was an exciting part of the tour. But I think that was it. I think, like, so the magic is, you know, I mean, is that uh, our three goddesses, the posterior, Lady Laterales, and Lady Anterior, they're on an X, Y, and Z axes. You know, it's three different angles. So when you turn your head, when you turn your head towards your shoulder, like you tip it and tilt it and look at me like I'm a loon, you're praising Lady Posterior, and she's using her endolymph and magical crystals and hairs to tell you, hey, okay, tell your body, you know. 
And then when you, you nod yes to me, yes, I will, I, I message you. You are praising Lady Superior. And when you're turning your head and you're saying, no, 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 you're angering Lady Laterale. And she's saying, switch to Superior. But that's how we keep balance. Now, all this goes into a nerve, which we'll talk about in a while. Well, what I found, and then they say, Nana says, I never have any good thoughts. But I said, geez, maybe they located the balance close to the ears because the ears say, hey, let's get the hell out of here. Evolu- we're back out of our lovely, out of our lovely goddesses, the semicircular canales, back with evolution. Who said, yeah, if you, I, you know, if I tell you, if you hear a, uh, you know, some sort of thing snap. You say, hey, book it, man. Listen, turn your head, and then go, okay, I got a break. So I said that to Nana. And she said, finally, we may have a good, just don't, don't go with the mythology. But I think she owns this company. So, but she did, I think she was an investor in law. She might have been one of the ladies on Lost. I don't think she had any screen time because they said it was based on Oh, yeah. Oh, no, that was a trial she was in. I think that that guy from Lost got access to the trial papers they were supposed to... Anyway, not important. Nana's not evil. Uh, She's just a bad person. It's it's different. Oh, no, no, no. Nana's not a bad person. She's evil. That's what it was. Mother explained that to me when she said goodbye. Oh... Anyway, oh, I'm sorry, I got lost there. I mean, I, I like, I feel like as lost as a as a sound wave in London, you know, uh, like like when Marshall surprised the world with a rock and roll smartphone, and I said, well, "Jesus, isn't any smartphone play rock and roll?" And they said, "Well, if you're in London, watch out for the storm. You know, the Mari Black Storm." Who's going to take Westminster by storm single-handedly? But why don't we pretend we're back? Let's go back to the let's go back to the oval window, and here we are back at the oval window. We're being pushed against the calcula, and by the magic of tours, just like if I was going to be Prince and say ka. Acula, we're coming in you for a tour. Acula, hey, what's up? You're very spiralific. I guess I shouldn't be Prince. And he's not Prince. Is he back to Prince now? Or is he still that thing? This is a ca- Maybe he's Prince is a Cacula fan. Because his, he had some spirals going when his name was that thing. But I would say to you, welcome to the calculus. It's another fluid-filled thing. If you look around, you're going to see the parts that make up the calcula. The out, we're in the tubular area. I like to say it's tubular in here. But it's really like a scalia tympani. There's things close by, like the tectoral membrane. In the vestibular membrane, which is attached to the something or other. And you may hear some things from the cochlear duct. I'm not sure exactly what that does. 
But we're, you know, you could be in the top or the bottom, the, the tympani or the vestibuli. And I think it's like room for one, room for the other. But much like what went on when we were talking about balance, the fluid in here in, in our cocula uh, is, is, is moving due to, to the, the pressing against us by the oval window. And it pushes it deeper, the fluid, deeper into the deeper, deeper, deeper into the spirals of the cocula. I say, I just, I don't have a religion for this one because cocula sounds like such a, a jerky god to praise. But so beautiful to look at, a strange, a, you know, a jerky guy must say, I said, Lord Cocula, I discovered it, I'll name it after myself. But as the pitches go deeper, they go higher. And hairs are being moved in a lovely place. Now, if you're a pentient servant of Cacula, a bit like Dr- Dracula, Cacula, but instead of taking the Cacula, it gives you sound. So there, Dracula, take that. But all the magic happens... I guess this is a bit like a movie because it happens at the organ of Corti, where we go to play our songs, our hairy tales of praise to, uh, the, I guess the nerves is where we're praising or where our praises will go. For deep but at the organ of Corti, we praise. You know, there's the tectoral membrane above us. Is the spiral sulcus in the tunnel of Corti so mysterious? Where sound, you know, the internal spiral succulent cells, things beyond dream like the Harambe Parforte, a little space for the great praiser of the organ of Corti, the player, Newell, Newell's space where Newell waits to play the organ to let the other gods know Cocula rules the inner ear uh, for sure. Without Cocula, without all the gods of the inner ear, we'd have nothing. But Cocula is like the, uh, I don't know, he's the most, he's so sacky, I guess. But they have in prison, you know, Henson's cell, Dita's cell, and Claudius's cell. Men that dead say, Cocula, no. Humans, yes, and Cacula said, well, you know, I'll pop you in these cells, see what you think about that, boys. But as here, the organ of Corti may, may or may not be played by that guy whose name I said, Ned or whatever, who has his little room, he comes out. Now, it's really just a moving of hair and different hairs for different sounds. Like, so as you're listening to me, your organ of Corti... Or organs, I said, is it one? Like they say the human skin is an organ. And then I say, what? I used to say, gay? Why? And they think I was using my intricate oracles or whatever because I was tilting my head or my uh, canals of Venus. But uh, but those, uh, the organ of Corti and all its messages are sent to the cochlear nerve where uh, our messages are transmitted, and at the same time, not far away, 
the prayers of those who praise the, the, the goddesses of vestibula. It's another you know, language term for their canal goddesses. They are sent to the vestibular nerve. Or vestibulo, 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 yo, vestibulo, yo. So what, so what, so what's the message for Ukrainian, yo? Because the messages are traveling through these two nerves, and I think they combine and come together somehow. At cranial nerve eight. Who is it? I say, geez, now we're getting very mathematical. I thought we were in the world of theology. It's somewhere in there is autolith. I forgot I wrote that down during one of the classes because I said, is that like an autobot? I'm transforming some information is it right? So I don't know if that's related to the cochlear nerve. I think it might be. And I used to say it, Autobot, Autolith, Aculate the cochlear nerve. But they're not in competition with the posterior. They need each other because one hears. Autobot, it would be like the Decepticons. Oh, I'm sorry, you're a young woman. So there were these toys I played with as a teenager. Or, okay, as a, you see, well, 20's not a teenager. Nana used to say, you know, well, anyway, she's she's evil. We've determined that. Now, this is different from the other Nana, just to be clear. But there was the Autobots. They were the good guys, supposedly, and the Decepticons, who I rooted for most of the time. And I said, well, geez, maybe I'm evil. I don't know. This tour didn't seem very evil. I mean, I made you take your shoes off and we're in some human's ear. But we, you know, we were irradiated. So it's fine. And I don't know how we're going to get back into your body that I forgot. I definitely didn't pay attention to the end of the tour. I think we're at the end of the cranial nerve eight. But I said, geez, what if the Autobots and the Decepticons work together to restore balance and safety? If only they praise the inner ear. If they started out, and I think at one point they did, the Autobots were a, a mono, what do you, they believed in a monomyth, or no, the monomyth is what, they were like a one god family. They think they praised a box of radiation or something, I think. I don't know, I wasn't big on you know, mythology then, mythology of the Autobots. I said, geez, this guy's a know-it-all, whatever the big rig's name was, Captain Neo. Or... I said, he's a bossy. And I liked that there was two bad guys. There was a bad guy who was in charge, and then there was his right-hand man who was kind of useless. But he was bad, too. And they were always at odds, unlike our friends these nerves here. You know, who would have the nerve to work together is what I would say to them. Well, the cranial nerve number eight would. And the cranial nerve eight is actually the end of my, I think it goes, oh no, I did, let me think. I think, I, I don't remember, but I think it, this is how we get out. I remember I made a song for it because the cranial nerve eight, I'm not sure what it connects to. So the cranial nerve eight, I know it connects to something, but then I remember I made a song. This is how we get out. So we'll just follow these nerves because we're going to the, in the garden of Maduna, in the medulla oblongata, that's how we exit this human. We walk to the medulla oblongata. So I think we're like electrical energy now. 
And that's quite, we were like a desert breeze in through Pina, the, the great Lord Pina. And they were mechanical thrusting energy, like the thrusting of a barbarian or something. You know, I said, she says, I've never. And then we, we entered the fluid-like world of mysteries. Mysteries, too, with gods of three or four. I don't know. But we were a fluid energy of waves and hairs and cristales, as Walter Blanco would say. And now we're electrical, chemical, energy, maybe. I said, are we a, uh, what are those things called that were always out of imbalance for me? My, uh, they say that's this endocrinic or, uh, the things like adrenal gland, they said that was broken. Testosterone gland, that was broken. I don't know those things. Hypo, no, not a, it wasn't a hypochondriac. I said, well, if everything's wrong with me, it's just wrong. But they have a word for that. It's not feelings, but it's like feelings. So I don't know if we're chemicals or electric, but, but what we're moving, and we're going to the medulla oblongata, and that's where I'll bid you would do, because this is the end of our tour here, and oh, yeah, there's a little chamber and we're just going to climb in there, the top of it. We're becoming corporal bodies again by some... And I think they did say the damage from this is irreversible. May, oh, is that what they said? Or may, but it was a wonderful tour. I, I, I think it went well. I don't know those men in suits standing there. They seem... Uh, uh, perturbed. Were you a VIP? Are you related? Because they said, geez, you, you look so familiar. Are you like an undercover agent that's been tracking me for some reason? Oh, okay. Well, it's been wonderful giving you this tour. I hope you learned how to pray, you know, the magic of pray, you know, the mythology of the inner ear. And you can't really say, well, those are not fact, you're factually, no, it's my belief system, I'm sorry. Please don't present me with facts about my belief systems that have changed over the years once I praise Pina. Oh, we went through that, but yeah, don't, don't, don't dump facts on my beliefs. Don't tread on my ear, ear-based theology, my friend. Okay, I don't think you were doing that anyway. I just, sometimes I to launch a preemptive strike. I say, don't shame me because I praise Timpani. And they, I think Nana said something about Timpanties. And I said, uh, they said, no, Nana, I did not. Uh, anyway, not a, nothing about Nana, they said. I'm just trying to say Nana so that the, those guard, the looking people, they say, oh boy, we don't want to mess with him. Well, thank you for your tour. You have a, um, we have a, 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 a little free snack for you. This is a glass of endolymph tea. It's not really endolymph, though. It looks, it's purplish, and I don't think the endolymph was purplish. But we see it's easier, and those are, uh, it's, it's like a bobo, what are they called? Bobo tea. Bobo tea. Yeah, so those are tapioca balls in a purplish tea. It's delicious. It looks delicious. They won't let me have any, they said. But so you have your glass of endolymph, and then, you know, you, you can purchase a cocula hat. 
And I said, you should sell shirts, like team, to, you know, for each uh, thing. They said, no. So thank you so much. And uh, I hope you, I hope you, they said, uh, you know, legally, just have a great night. I'm glad you went on this tour on behalf of uh, uh, Cyberdyne Systems. I want to thank you for taking our tour. And I want to thank you so much for being such a wonderful guest and of the inner ear. And I hope you you feel, you know, you say, geez, I got a new, I've got a new perspective on hearing. I'm going to listen. I don't know. I, they said, say, oh, I'm supposed to try to upset. Would you like to go on a tour of the nose or the eyes? We have a, a, another tour guide. Oh, and I would like to, we have other tour guides ready to take you. You know, while before radiation takes hold, I'd say you should go on it because you'll lose a lot of energy. So thank you so much, and I hope you are sounding asleep. Good night. You can get me on Twitter, at Dear Scooter, on Facebook. Uh, Twitter and Facebook where I try to post articles, bloopers, and all sorts of extra stuff there. Uh, we have a Facebook group. It's uh, sleepingmepodcast.com slash nods. And I want to thank our moderators, Alexandra and Laura. They run the Facebook group. A little more private, you can discuss stuff. And, you know, say, geez, let's uh, a little camp, more campfire-like without, you know, without the fire or, or the camp. But, you know, like that. That's why I said like. Uh, all our artwork, our wonderful artwork's done by Scotty and Jennifer. I want to thank them and all the T-shirt art that's coming in. And those T-shirts is all by them. So that's a huge help. And we got some special projects brewing. Believe it or not, not only is Jennifer and Scotty helping me with the yard, they are helping me figure out which new mic to buy. So, oh boy. So I thank them. I want to thank Chris Posty Posterson, who does our music. He's over at soundslikeanearful.com. And if you're awake right now, you're like, geez, how could I help this show out? Best way to help this show, review and rate us on iTunes. Or just review us, or just rate us. Or if none of that, just subscribe in iTunes. If you got any Apple-type device, uh, you know, subscribe to the podcast, even if that's not your main listening device. I, there's some algorithmic stuff. And, yeah, I know I have not finished the song algorithmic. But if you could help out with that, that'll be a subject for a sleeper summer thing. And let me get to the rest of the, uh, rest of the thank yous here. Ryan. I'm not sure which Ryan this is, but Ryan, I heard from Dan from Save It For The Show. And he said that we were thanking him and saying nice things to him. So I wanted to thank you for saying, uh, checking out Dan's Save It For The Show, Dan and Eddie. And also for, you know, it means a lot to podcasters when, when when people interact with them. And I know that's why I take, a, take a, this time to thank everybody. But I think maybe even when you do it through someone externally, it reminds me. It's like it feels so good because we're just sitting here alone behind the mic. I don't know if Dan and Eddie are together when they record or not. But So thanks a lot. It meant, meant a lot to me. I want to thank uh, Jennifer for her thing about light dims. I'm going to check those out. Those are LED block uh, type sticker. I want to thank David, my neighbor, more or less, 
uh, he was telling me about a storytelling festival he went to and how what a wonderful High Sierra storytelling festival. David highly recommends it. He says it was unbelievable. Hopefully next year I'll be checking it out. I'll have an unofficial boredom camp or something maybe, and then I'll get kicked out. That'll make a good for a good episode. How Scooter was banned from all of High Sierra and doubly banned from the High Sierra. But So thank you, David. Audrey, I want to thank you. Over on Twitter, I want to thank Ellie Plas L. But I always want to say Ellie L Plaster. I always want to say Ellie L Plaster. Thank you. Jennifer Eccles is going to give some of her books away to our audience, ladies and gentlemen. So keep an ear out for that. I want to thank her for participating in that and for her ongoing promotion of podcast support. I want to thank Lindsay L. I want to thank Billy for the info on Havelinas. Uh, skunk skunk boars or skunk pigs or skunk hogs, I think they're called. I want to thank Samantha. I want to say hi to Dave and his wife and Kiki the cat. That's key, key, two keys. I said it twice because Kiki's so nice. I want to thank Becky. She's laughing at Kiki still. I want to thank Fritters. I want to thank Dustin. And I want to thank all you listening. Thanks so much for your support always, your ongoing support. And let's get on with the show. Bob, Bob, Bob I'm going to get you a sarsaparilla here. I'm going to run out during the, I'm going to pause it. I don't know if anybody knows where you buy sarsaparilla, because uh, Bob's probably, actually now I think Safeway has some, some, don't worry, Bob, I'm just kidding. I'm just, you know, this is good uh, audio, you know. Don't give me that, but Bob, if you could see the look Bob's giving me. Don't worry, Bob. Sarsaparilla is on the menu tonight for you. All right, let's get on to the show. Hey, you've been like tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble falling. 